And it's me are just some of the things said by the titular character that we're going to be talking about later today on today's 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 fake nerd episode 322. This is the fake nerd podcast. Hey guys, I'm butchering this intro, but my name is still Ryan Eliopoulos and I'm joined by my favorite plumbers, Ben Magnet. It's me, Mario. Brandon T. McClure. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. It's a me, but I did it in spirit. And it's a him. Sparks of it. Mamma mia. They do a they do a stereotypical Italian accent in the movie. We're allowed to do it just in the intro, and that's it for today. Welcome, everybody. It's Mario Day. Not Happy- be censored. <laughs> Happy March 10th. It's Mario Day. Uh, just kidding. It's April 9th. Hey, guys. What's up? How's it going? How's it hanging? How's your donkey kangs? <laughs> oh god that freaking jack do they wobble to the floor do you time in a knot do you time in a bow Ooh, i haven't thought about that in a while hold yeah. on i need to like come out of my memory of being a child real quick hi uh, <laughs> guys what well, no, talking about mario it's the perfect time to think about your childhood no that's true well my mario was never a part of my childhood oh that's true that's true yeah that's true um okay hi guys how are you guys hello Good, Welcome. Good. Glad to be here. Always, as always, it's another episode of the Fickner Podcast, which means we have links. Not Mario's? We don't have Mario's. You know what? I probably should have done the bit and just said we have Mario's. No, that's okay. Let's rewind it. I have Mario's. Edit it. Sparks and post. Edit this one. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon said he had Mario's. <laughs> Everyone, if you if you talk to Brandon later, tell him I edited it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So um our new show has launched. We've talked about it already. The Real Score. Um, this is the brand new show on the Fakner Podcast. It's been christened. the The bottle of wine has struck the bow the bow of the of the show, and it has sailed into sea. Um, that is that. So you can check that show out. Please do the subs- the uh, subscription link to the uh, audio version of the show is still linked below. If you guys would please subscribe to it. Um, Worked really hard on it, Spark specifically, and uh, you know, be kind of cool if you did that. Yeah. We are proud of it. Um, continuing on with, let's do this first. Um, I've got two two links in the description. My CBR links obviously uh, are still linked below. A couple of a couple of things. I think only one thing dropped this week, which was uh, relevant to today's episode, which is ranking every single Illumination movie. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, as these sort of sites are known to do. Um, fun fact, it's not a top 10 because Mario wouldn't have made it. So um, if you want to know where Mario ended up on that list. Um, and then I wrote about Willow. We've talked about it before. And once again, because, you know, I'm late. I'm, I'm really behind on my articles. I'm still getting them out there. But I got a chance to talk about Willow. And it's maybe cancellation probably cancellation i guess i should say that we've talked about before on the show um that's just more of my thoughts in a more concise article place if you can check that out that's linked below on atomic geekdom uh, please do i worked hard on that and uh ben unfortunately ben doesn't have three links in the description oh he does technically yeah i'll count it ben has three links in the description once again however two of them are not grace and live oh uh, that's right yeah <laughs> yes Ben has a D, the Ben the latest episode of D and Dark released on yeah. Wednesday and is linked below. That it is. That it did. This episode we go shopping and talk about a little bit of feelings and prepare for the next adventure. So yay, preparation episode. 
That was a good shopping episode. It was a fun, funny episode. I enjoyed it. Especially just, <laughs> just every time Daniel, who plays Imhotep, whenever he asks our, our DM if he can cause chaos, every one of us just kind of goes, what's going to happen now? That was very funny, actually. It was. I, I just remembered what happened. I was like, that was, that was very funny. And <laughs> also, uh, when we were done playing above table, our DM says, you know, if you guys want to cause any sort of chaos, I'm doing it. You're going to do it. I'll let you. It's funny. It's so fun. It is. It makes it fun. Um, so, yeah, please check that show out um, if you'd like. And in the description below, you can also find shows for the network. Uh, I've already mentioned the Real Scores audio audio feed is linked below, um, as well as the latest episode of my Fickner's Watch series on Star Trek Picard that I do with Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. Bittersweet, you guys. I only got th- I only got three more episodes left with Cookie, and then he's gone. He's leaving me because we can now say it on the podcast. Congratulations, Mr. Cookie, on your upcoming child. Yay. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Little cookies. Um, he has a uh, he is um, having a child, and so he is he is leaving uh, just a little podcast temporarily. He hopes, um, but most importantly, he's leaving me. And I'm just I just you know what am I going to do with? Oh, I'm kidding. Um, I'm very happy for him, and, uh, and I'm going to be sad when he when he goes. But still, um, but yeah, so it's a very fun show. Really enjoy talking about it, regardless of how the show ends up. Um, this has generated some of the best conversations around Star Trek that I have had uh, from doing all of the Fickner watch Star Trek shows, honestly, it's been so much fun. Um, and I can't wait to see how, it, how it wraps up coming up. Right on. And then there are two basement arcade pause menu episodes out. Uh, we'll talk about the, the, the one that you did Ben with, um, what's his name? Jerry Trevino. Thank you. Yeah. He is a, a musician. You guys definitely have heard his music before. Cause I put his, I love putting his rendition of Sonic boom on top of a lot of my Sonic the Hedgehog stuff on Instagram. So yeah, it was a fun, we just talked about video game music, but most of the conversation was us talking about Sonic the Hedgehog music. So definitely go check that episode out. It was a really fun time. Highly enjoyed it. It is a cool episode. I heard most of it through the editing process because I wasn't like listening beat for beat because I was just trying to edit it through. But I did catch a particular snippet where Ben was really psyched to talk to this person because they're a very big Sonic fan and Ben hasn't really had a chance to talk to other big Sonic fans. (laughs) I was upset. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we didn't just do an animation station on Sonic Prime. Chew, chew, sir. Both Sonic cool. the Hedgehog movies. Just any chance to knock me down, just you guys take it, don't you? Hey, the drama worst part was the worst part was you were literally talking about the rest of us on the Fickner podcast in a different context, like three minutes before, and then you're like, I just don't know any other Sonic fans. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that on Twitter, I was not happy. I was when I saw that on Twitter, I was actually very upset with myself. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey man, I happens. was upset with you too. There's <laughs> <laughs> drama on the Victor podcast tonight. Uh, <laughs> I, it's one of those times where, like, you know, you're doing something, and then you, I, I was like, I was watching the 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 balance meter for the audio, so I'm just kind of like passively listening, but I'm more focusing on the peaks. And then I had to go like, what did he just say? Right, right, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, we have fun here. I'm half expecting to re-listen to that episode and hit, be like, hey, Editor Sparks here. Um, ben, F you. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. Um, I'm not that petty. 
nice uh nice nice reference to to the in dark actually just just then <laughs> um all right but you guys uh you guys did a, a basement arcade pause menu quarterly that is up to speed. did it's yeah. on time for i think the first time ever it's true yeah normally we do this like halfway through the next quarter because yeah, we have... got actually yeah, i'll take that, that back i do think that like technically our our second quarter last year was on time but our first quarter was bundled with it and that mm -hmm. one was late so oh, like, it's a dancing. half on time half late yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but this one was on time which was great yeah we talk about the games we're playing we talk about a lot of a lot of big news that happened uh, the quarter good, so good stuff lovely lovely discussions lovely quarterly oh yeah oh, definitely i started listening to this one uh because you guys talked about knockout city and so that was that's that's true that's what i wanted and to listen to and I'm still a little bitter at myself for forgetting about the um, change for all my, whatchamacallit, hmm. cosmetics. There we go. Yeah. Ben, I, thing. I, I assume you didn't read the description for the Jerry Trevino episode, though. What did you do? Uh, I, not, not what you think. I made a Ben and Jerry's joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cute. <laughs> I mean, I wrote the 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 description for that so i was like i didn't I put, put a line in i put a line in making a ben and jerry's joke okay that i'll, I'll live with that that's pretty beautiful fun. beautiful sparks wonderful love it thank you um all right so those are the links to the they can find in the description below um you know a lot of a lot of cool things that we think you guys would enjoy so please click around find the audio links if you listen to the audios find the video links if you listen to the videos they're all there um please do um all right who wants to go first of the week? I will. I will. I will. I'm useless. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should roll. We should roll for it. Like they do in Dungeons and Dragons. It's mm -hmm. so whoever gets the highest roll goes first. I mean, I do have a dice right here. So if you're serious, I'll, I'll roll. Ben, you go first. Okay. <laughs> so um, this week, uh, Media-wise, there's this, there's a show I really want to talk about because I haven't been watching this show through the regular avenues where you watch television shows. It's a show that has taken the internet by storm. People constantly quote it. There's snippets of it you heard everywhere. And it's a show from Australia called Bluey. And I've been oh. watching it through TikTok because apparently the episodes are long enough or they're short enough to fit on a three-minute long TikTok theme. And every time a full episode of Bluey comes up on my TikTok feed, I would watch it. And at first I thought, oh, it's just a, a kid show that just got really – it's one of those like, type of kid shows that just got really popular. It's just um, – a lot of people and parents are really enjoying it. It just – there's a few snippets from it that have turned into memes. Okay, it happens. That's what happened in Lazy Town. It's fine. No worries. But then I actually started watching the episodes, and my god, that show is legitimately – great yeah i've heard this it's There's, the most popular kids show in the world right now i can't necessarily describe exactly why because it deals with like there's this one episode of bluey where her parents are trying to build a swing and bluey and her little sister bingo are essentially going through ev the steps of evolution but bingo is also air quotes growing up and is essentially doing the journey of a parent and child where Bluey, who is fake playing the parent, goes with her parents on the swing, and the last sentence is, oh, this is happening, because she's like, after her kid goes off to do stuff, she's like, well, what do I do now? And then it's like, I guess I'll die. But it's like, hey, this is happening, because they're watching Bingo play in the yard. 
or you also you also have like these great um like these great life lessons of like hey learning to share but it's not you know shoved in your face it's very relatable and yeah blue is fantastic it truly is amazing it's truly is um worth every um accolade and praise it's beginning on the internet so awesome yeah it's some uh, good shit i'll i'll speak to what i think you're having a hard time describing ben which is that bluey is um it's teaching those very like young kid shows like very very small kinder children life lesson kind of shows but it's not talking down to the kids both the kids in the audience or the kids in the show mm -hmm. it's not that you know yeah talking down to them and that's the difference yep i think that's i think that's the perfect way to say it because not once have i been watching this show have i thought oh this is just a dumb little kid show there's even a um a scene where bluey um uh, where bingo bluey's younger sister is begging her dad because they have this little this wind-up routine whenever bingo goes to daycare and it's like hey let me wind you up like a toy doll like a you know like those wind-up toys and bingo was just begging her dad it's like come on wind me up he's like no i gotta go i gotta go and then the dad gives in he's like okay fine winds her up and on the car ride home over to Bluey's school, she's like, Dad, how come you wound up uh, bingo even though we were late? He's like, yeah, because I want to. And if I didn't, who knows? Something would have happened. And then we go over to Bluey, and it turns out if he hadn't wound up Bluey, uh, bingo, she never would have met her best friend. Mm -hmm. It's like those small, little, it's those small little acts of kindness you do for others that lead to something grander down the road. Because sure, it shows yeah. how, yeah, it shows yeah, how like Bingo is watching. I've heard it's sorry, real quickly. I've heard it's teaching parents too. Like it's 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 educational for parents as well. It truly is. Like yeah, I'm watching this, and like the parents are talking, and or the parents are going through some, or they're not going through some stuff, but the parents are also, um, that you know, they're going through the motions of being a parent and doing stuff with their kids. But then it's like, hey, this is a life lesson, and we have to stick through this together. Or, or even when they play a little joke, it's like, hey, parents are also it shows kids that parents are also infallible, but they are also humans and we and they have and boundaries isn't the right word. But this show just takes things to a certain level that I've never seen in a kid show before. Especially in a young um let's just say like a Nick Jr. or Disney play, or Disney Playhouse level. Yeah. Like, a kinder like a kinder age show. Yeah, a kinder age show. And quite frankly, I'm this show was like it's also relaxing. It might be the Australian accents, but this show is just relaxing and calming to watch and you get a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And also did they got some really funny moments in there too, especially when uh the dad the neighbor got a new pizza oven and uh, and the and the dad says, We're going to Hammer World, which is like their version of Home Depot. It's <laughs> cute. And it, it it truly is a fantastic, fantastic show. I believe it's awesome. I believe Bluey is on Disney Plus. I that's what I've heard. I mean, I've been watching it through it TikTok, so yeah, so, it is. Yeah. However, there are some episodes of Bluey that have been either banned or heavily censored here in the United States. But if you're, but there are, but those episodes are still up in um, on TikTok. So I mean, there's somewhere they're a little hard to find. So, what's that? That is it. That one? Yeah, that's Bluey. Bluey? Is that yep, Bluey? That's Bluey. Bluey. That's Bluey. Yeah, Bluey. Look at that. Oh, yeah, um, I would say, I mean, the episodes are three minutes long. Um, it's it's a great show, oddly enough. It is, I was like, oh, this is just something I'll probably watch a few times and I'll never see again. But every time it pumps up, I was like, nope, I want to watch this. It's mm -hmm. really adorable. That's really cool, uh, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things I was uh, want to talk about. The second thing is um, my PlayStation 3. Uh, Wait, did I, we go back in I, time? Yeah, a little bit back in time. I made the decision this week to sell some of um, sell some games in my collection that are very near and dear to my heart. Um, bills be like that sometimes, but I there are ways for me to play the game, so it's not like I was losing them forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And a friend, as you guys may have forgotten, a friend of mine from work gave me a modded PlayStation Three. Well, I decided to, to turn that sucker on and play around with it for a little bit. But like an idiot, I updated the software for it and it wiped out all oh, the mods Ooh. on it. Oh, no. That's rough. Oh. But here's the thing. All was not lost. Now, while it was cool because that machine would have been like one of the best retro machines I had, I'm not very good with that type of emulation. Mm-hmm. I'm a little decided with my PlayStation Vita because that sucker is modded to hell. It has a bunch of great shit on there, but once again, it's emu- it's uh, running a certain type of emulation that I'm still not 100% like good well with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know what? This sucks. I I'm went the old-fashioned route. I had to jump through some hoops, but now on my PS3 hard drive, I have Mega Man Legends 1 and 2 and Misadventures of Trombone, and also two other games that I had no clue were on there, and I'm saying this especially for Brandon, because I'm pretty sure Brandon still has a PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 Ooh. are on the PlayStation Store. The PlayStation Store is still open. I'll text me after the show. I'll let you know how to get those games, because it's you got to jump through some hoops to get it. It's a pain in the ass, but it, they're there, and they're under $10 each. So Hmm. I also have Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 on my PlayStation 3. Um, uh, And I still have my GameCube disc that I can play on my Wii. Um, Yeah. Uh, But I definitely want to find a way to stream Brandon playing Sonic Adventure um, for Basement Arcade. I have to look my PS3 down. If I have to look my PS3 to your house, I'm going to freaking do it. I don't care. This has to happen. But yeah. So... While I w- I'm kind of mad at myself for doing what I did to my PlayStation 3, especially since it was modded to high hell, um, the fact that I still am able to play some of my favorite games as a kid, and they're on there, they're on my hard drive, they're ready to go, as long as Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, I haven't been able to play or touch Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 in years since I let go of my Dreamcast. Now I'm able to play it, and I'm just like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Hell yeah. Hell so, yeah, wow. So while it sucks that I don't have the physical copies of those games anymore, I might have them again down the line. But at the same time, I'm still able to play those games. And a little bit of me still has some hope that Capcom will finally release the Mega Man Legends Legacy Collection for for consoles. Please, Capcom. I'm begging you. Did you make it one of your Christmas wishes? Not this year. Nope, it's not going to happen. Uh, Actually, he's probably got a higher chance of it happening now. Oh, that's a good point. That's the yeah, moment you was... make it not a wish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyways, that's my week. All right. Okay. One second, next. I will. I have almost nothing to report. Um, all I'll say is that I finished reading Venom up to King and Black, so I'm in the King and Blend in Black like whole, not the first issue of King and Black, but like the event ramp up stuff now. The zone. Yeah. Um. So yeah. It's good, good stuff. I'm happy to be there. Did you, who, who read Venom up until King and Black? Okay, uh, the the alternate world stuff. 
with crazy batshit old Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was that was not a turn I expected it to take and be like, yeah. And then they were there for a year, and I'm like, oh, sh- okay. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I can't, I can't wait to even get to the Ewing Randy stuff. Yeah, yeah, I want it. It, it, it builds on that stuff. No, in I want an insane way. I can't I, believe it. I, I, so, so honestly, like once I got there, I'm like, I see how Ewing can do something now with this yeah. character. Like yeah. it, it was kind of like up to this point before it got to this particular arc, I was like, what, what is Ewing even doing with Venom? And then we got here and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see the trajectory. It's all how, about like, his going kid on. and, and and Venom becoming very cosmic. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, it's it's very good. Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, there's nothing else uh, really substantial to report. Um, watch The Mandalorian. We're, we recorded an episode that's coming out this week where we talked about it, and I'll just make a note that like I think we had a very good discussion where people didn't agree with each other about the show, but we all had a great discussion about it, and nobody's feelings were hurt. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I've been feeling really bad. I thought I thought I hurt your feelings like all day. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> you know what? My feelings were hurt, Sparks. But you didn't hurt them. Disney hurt my feelings. You want to? Um, you want to hurt my feelings? You want to open this right now, Ben? We no. just talked about no, what you no, did no, to no, me. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm saying you didn't hurt my feelings. Oh my god! I, ben I, walked right into that. <laughs> All right. I'm just gonna go away now. Let me know when we start talking about Mario. I haven't. I haven't read. It's been such a long time since I read King of Black, but I remember really enjoying it. So I'm. I'm. I'm so I'm not I'm like I said it. I'm not a king in black one. The so road. I'm reading the like um uh like the and I just finished an issue that's about like um Talos uh and other scrolls being sent to a planet by Hulkling um because they lost contact and like it's an all on his That's way. A, that's like a tie in. Yeah. yeah 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 and like that that shit's really good. It's really building this feeling of like him traveling to like paying off on the he is coming. I specifically now that you say that I specifically remember talking about the tie-ins because I think they helped the event. Uh, uh, yeah, where I thought the, the main event was like pretty okay. It was especially like coming out of Absolute Carnage, where like I like that event more definitely because of the tie-ins. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm gonna do the tie-ins for sure for King of Black. Marvel Unlimited makes it easy. Yeah, it does. It does. They really do because they give you the reading guide, and so it's like all it's of the order. things are listed right there. I just look up King and Black reading guide, and then there it all is the way you're supposed to read it. And I'm like, fantastic! Here I go. <laughs> uh, is that it? Uh, yeah, I, I really, uh, you know, for one reason or another, I don't have a lot else to say this week. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, um, I'm sorry. One one other thing because you did it too, so maybe you'll talk more about it because you're a little further along than I am. But I mm-hmm. I know we both started reading. Battle scars. No, I've read one chapter and then I switched to Thrawn. <laughs> we still did it. We started. We both started, we both started reading, reading Battle Scars, which is the Cal Kestis book, the prequel book uh, to the game, leading oh. up to Survivor. Yeah. So okay, uh, you know, it's good. I'm enjoying what I've read so far. I'll. Yeah. I'm a few chapters past Ryan. Yeah, I got. We got a couple weeks. I'll have that. I'll have that book done. Uh, uh, I watched um, Continuing Yellow Jackets. Still my favorite show. Like of all time. Love that show so much. Uh, Succession. Still an incredible show. Uh, here is a banger episode this this episode this week. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I spend most of this week from the second that Ahsoka in the Ahsoka trailer said heir to the Empire. I have done nothing but absorb Star Wars content. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's been reading books, listening to books, watching uh, audio, uh, fan made like a uh, visual audio compendium of Heir to the Empire and Shadows of the Empire. Uh, I've been living 
nonstop in Star Wars. I was at work with my earphone hidden from my bosses, listening to Thrawn for almost eight hours a day. Um, I've been just so absorbed in Star Wars, um, mostly legend stuff. Um, and it's just great. Like, I forgot how much and how sad it makes me that, like, 200 books and, like, hundreds of comics and, like, so much stuff was just erased from canon. Uh, and it is still, it is nice that someone like Timothy Zahn is able to take a character like Thrawn, um, Mithran Urandu, you know, uh, Thrawn if you're nasty. Call him by his real name, please. <laughs> um, uh, that's my favorite thing in the book, in, in, the, in the Thrawn book. Uh, Palpatine, he never calls him Thrawn. He always calls him by his full name. He's like, yeah, Thrawn. No, Mithirandirandu, that's your real name. And I'm like, oh, Palps, you're, you're, you're so seductive. Um, just great shit, man. Timothy Zahn is such a good writer. Um, whether it's the 91 uh, Heir to the Empire book, which is the introduction to Thrawn, or 25 years later in 2017 when he's reintroducing, um, reintroducing him uh, in, in a book that is a prequel to Rebels. That book is about Thrawn, and it's about Lothal, and it's about the characters of Lothal before you meet them in Rebels and stuff. It's a, I did not know that what was the that was the, what the book was about. So it's really exciting to just be all back into this the Star Wars stuff that's that's both old and new, but it's all going towards the same thing, which is what Dave Filoni is building to, which is just really really cool. I think we'll but, obviously comment on it a little bit more later, but I did want to say just in response to what you were saying about like the legend stuff being wiped out, I do like that they've kind of made a choice of selecting things yes. out to say like this is canon this isn't canon yeah, yeah. adapting things because like i didn't love everything in Legends. No, so course. the fact that we're not moving forward with all of it being like no, specifically um the the chewbacca killed by a moon thing was always one of the dumbest things i thought no was yeah ever that's done in star wars sure. but like i'm just no, thinking of like i get you they're they're like again like i went i read so much i was reading old comics that i haven't read since i was like a teenager a little teenager like yeah Han Solo's Han Solo and Leia's kids, Jason and Jaina Solo. Mm -hmm. um, Jason Solo, who who is who? Ke uh, uh, ben Kenobi, Ben Kenobi, uh, Ben Solo turns into you know Darth uh, uh, Darth Darth Kylo Ren or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Darth Cadus in, in in the Legends comics, and I was just like, man, I was reading this as a kid, and I just forgot how much how much this meant to me and how much it was great. And then like I agree, like it is, it would be impossible to to bring again like hundreds of things into this new canon like i get wiping it clean that's why i am glad that they are cherry picking the best stuff from it um and just going back to it like reading mara jade again and like seeing all these characters that i haven't seen in a long time like man they they could show up again because those are characters worth worth investing in and they also allowed Th uh, zon to write two trilogies based around Thrawn. So he yeah. got to create the character and then got to recreate the character yeah. in, a, in different and unique and similar ways. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I want to, yeah, I want to yeah. read all six of those damn books. Uh, I'm go. I'm see, I'm actually going to, which is a fun thing because audiobooks make it so easy. Yeah. Oh my God. I can, I can literally read like two books a week um, with, the, with the amount that I work. Uh, it's just, it makes it really easy. Um, also the comics, there's a lot of these got adapted into a comic. So I'm diving into those. It's just like, God, there's so much legend stuff and i'm like man they like they never will run out of ideas because they can just take their old shit and repurpose it like there's mm -hmm. so much good shit there's literally a hundred years post return of the jedi stuff that they can do and just reincorporate it into the new stuff because that's what they're doing they're doing heir to the empire almost almost full sale um and we'll talk about it with the ahsoka stuff but like yeah i i am not watching bad batch but now i might have to because there's stuff from heir to the empire and bad batch and i'm like i wish i knew that um not, I, I'm probably not gonna watch that much long, I'm honest. Um, I, I got what I needed to from Wikipedia. Uh, but it's just really exciting. Like, it's I just like I with Star Wars celebration happening this week, 
I was just like, I was such in a Star Wars like fervor. Uh, and it's just like, it's great. Timothy Zahn, he's a terrific writer. Anything else? Nope. All right. Um, I will start off by saying that I finished Vox Machina. Couldn't put it down. Uh, incredibly sad that it's over. Not over. It's coming up for the, with, the, with season three. Um, uh, supposedly because the two seasons have already launched in January, um, that the season three will launch in January 2024. Um, so that would make sense. However, I really want it now. Um, it's incredible. It's very good. Um, I will just echo. I would have to say any more would just be echoing what I said last week. So I'll, I'll get off of it now. I also finished Destiny of the Doctor, which is the audiobooks um, for the Doctor Who's 50th anniversary. I, I was uh, listening to those on Spotify, and that was um, that was really fun. Um, it does wane when we get to the new Doctors, um, which I didn't expect. Uh, mostly because I think the ninth Doctor is the weakest one, because it's not written by any one of his companions. It's not written by. Sorry, it's not written by. It's not read by any one of his companions. Um, so it's not Billy Piper or even John Barrowman. And that was kind of a bummer because I think the person who reads it, which is Nicholas Briggs, who is the voice of the Daleks, the Cybermen, canine, tons and tons of, of um, alien voices in Doctor Who. Um, and, he, and he's the executive producer and, and um, he currently runs Big Finish. He reads the ninth Doctor one and he's a good voice actor, but he it's it, that you lose something that you have been re, re, with, that you've been capturing with these audio novels, with the fact that like, because you have a companion of that doctor reading them, there's the sort of charm and, um, and uh, interest in hearing these voices and specifically the doctor voices being done by their companions. And that kind of creates a, um, and that kind of creates a, um, a connection to 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 you uh, um not a connection it's um i can't think of the word but you kind of you kind of know what i'm getting at i hope um it, it just feels special to hear it in uh, in the voices of their companions but nicholas briggs it's a fine story it's just it just loses something at least for me and i was kind of bummed about that um however the 10th doctor one is read by Catherine tate and Catherine tate does a wonderful david Tennant. Um, as we heard her do in her final episode um, as companion of, of 10th Doctor. And um, that's that was really fun. Catherine Tate's really fun. And then the 11th Doctor one, this is a personal hang-up. There's actually really nothing wrong with the 11th Doctor one. It's fun. It's it's uh, energetic. It's well-written. It, it brings everything full circle, and you and you kind of understand why the Doctor did what he did to talk to his previous selves and send all these messages to his previous selves. It's read by Jenna Coleman, who at the time was the 11th Doctor's companion. But it's not about Clara. Jenna Coleman plays a different character. And I just thought that was really weird. Is it the other character she plays in because she's not just clara in the show it's none of the osgoods or oswinds or oswalds or whatever she calls herself and all and she because she shows up with the snowman and then there's the dalek yeah, yeah. episode uh-huh. um as different characters uh because of the wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing that happened at the night of the doctor day of the doctor death of the doctor i don't remember 
on Trenzalore. And it's not that. It's a different character, completely, completely not related to Clara. It is just this different character named Alice, who is a scientist who works, who's working on a time travel project that the doctor just happens to run into because the time travel, because we're not supposed to have time travel in 2013. And the doctor wants to know why we do. And it was just weird. There's really nothing wrong with the episode. It's fun. It's fun. It's it, Jenna Coleman does a great Matt Smith. Um, I think she really captures kind of the energy of that doctor. She was a really good companion for him. I think um, it was just, it, it just can't get, hope, get over how weird it is that it's just Clara just isn't in it. Yeah. It is um, weird to not when she played multiple different characters throughout time in yeah. space to not utilize just one of those in the litany of those characters even if it's yeah. not when on the show just like connected by the same branch to just say it's someone totally unrelated is like oh that's kind of odd you had like a perfect excuse to just slide in another jenna coleman as one of these other variations that exists yeah it's just again this isn't really a criticism on the episode itself it's still good and it wraps up the whole thing um I, I think I last week I said the seventh doctor was my favorite. That still holds true. The seventh doctor one was very good. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, the eighth doctor one, which I finished in the time between last episode and this, that was really good because I got to hear India Fisher who plays uh, the doc, the eighth doctor's first companion, Charlie. And I really like her. So that was fun. Um, let's see. I finished a book an audiobook specifically uh, that we've been listening to um, Zara and I have been listening to um, off and on and just kind of long drives. Uh, my best friend's exorcism, mm. um, which you guys saw the movie of, right? I did. I don't remember if you watched that with me. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Ryan did watch that with me. Uh, the book is very good. I really liked it. And okay. I think that, I think the, um, there's a butt coming though. Um, I think the 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 possession stuff, the setting is really good. It's um, you really feel kind of this gaslighting possession that's happening to the character, the main character. The main character is called Abby. The character that's getting possessed is Gretchen. You really feel Gretchen's possession as it's happening through Abby's eyes, and Abby not sure what's happening and not understanding what's going on and why this is happening, and then. And how this demon is like pushing everyone away until it can finally take over Gretchen. Um, and then when that happens about how this demon is not torturing everyone in, Gre in Gretchen's sphere, really good, really interesting, really fun, kind of horrific. Um, there's a sequence of the tapeworm that I'm not sure is in the movie because I haven't seen the yes, movie yet. It is. Yes, it is. It is. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Gnarly. Oh no. That's yeah, awful. Gnarly. gnarly. Real gross. Oh no! I gotta watch the movie now. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that 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 sequence is is so so. The thing, just real quick, like because you brought that up, is that like that's a cool sequence. It is very like horrific and like uh, and like then you meet the guy who wants to like help them do the exorcism after that, and like the tone of the movie tries to shift to like cut more comedic, and like mm. it doesn't work. Like it, it can't decide if it wants to be really like spooky or comedic. And it's trying to only do one of them at a time rather than like be a blend of both in a smart way. And right. like, that's why the movie gets so jumbly to me and doesn't really work. See, that's interesting because the book isn't, doesn't really have comedic elements. I, I wonder if it's entirely because of who they cast. Maybe. Um, because they cast, uh, 
Uh, I forget his name. Um, he's the, the guy, guy from Je How Jesse. How I met your father. Right. And uh, he's from other stuff. I'll look up his name. But um, he's good at doing more comedic performance and like he carries a good energy around him and i do wonder if they just like totally pivoted what they were doing around him but i'm like the rest of the movie doesn't follow that interesting so when he's not on screen it's not doing that anymore now i will say as much as i really enjoy the beginning of the book and even the middle of the book the end of the book falls flat for me um and it, it did for for zara as well it the 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 exorcism part is very entertaining and well not entertaining it's not really the word but um engaging and like you're really rooting for abby uh to 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 save her friend but it continues on for probably too long after that and i you know what i'll take out the probably it takes it continues for way too long after that sure um and i and i wish that it had been the the ending after the the, the the exorcism was was tighter because there was a lot of like and gretchen and i remained friends except when we didn't and then we did and then she came over to live and then she ran away and you know that's how friendships go because and that's 10 minutes and i'm like i don't i don't care about your begrudging friendship for the next 30 years yeah sure it, it did the ending fell flat too and that wasn't a total problem it just kind of just petered out into its ending sure. i wanted to like that movie more than i did i really did because like the trailers made it look like it was going to be really enjoyable and like there's cool elements there's pretty cool performances there's one scene that's like just truly i think heartbreaking about the possession i i remember bringing this up when i watched the movie that week but like the the actor who's playing the girl who's getting possessed has this scene in a car where she's trying to ask for help and the demon won't let her and it's you can you can really feel it in the performance and like i really yeah. really like that but like yeah, it has a lot of problems. Chris Lowell is mm. the name of uh, the the actor I'm thinking of who stepped in and took over that role, and and like they just started to make it more comedic around him. Mm. That's too bad. I just still want to check out the movie because now that I've read the book, I, I want to see what they did with the adaptation. Sure, it's not a a bad movie. It's just not as good as it could have been. Right. Um. Kind of feel the same way about the book, but it's interesting that they have different problems. Um. Anyway, um, I do recommend the book for the most part. It's got some solid horror. It's got some solid stuff in the beginning and the middle. And um, there's a, some, her some specifically horrific scenes that I will think about for a while. Um, I'm going to talk about Quantum Leap because I finished the new Quantum Leap series. It has ended its first season um, and it is good. I'm happy to say. Before you posted about it, I genuinely forgot it existed. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I um, also completely forgot it existed until he just mentioned it five seconds ago. Um, I'm glad the public didn't, didn't forget it existed because it is getting a second season. It did oh, surprisingly well for its budget um, and for being a network show that's trying to be sci-fi. Very few of those films, get, very few of those shows get, uh, get more than one season these days. Um, but yeah, it's it's solid. It was able to find its own identity from the from the original show. There are a lot of callbacks to the original show, kind of thematically, not necessarily in the sense that like you know they're talking about they're, they sometimes they they talk about Sam, uh, who is the uh, the person who leapt in the first show, played by Scott Bakula. They talk about Al a lot because one of the characters is his daughter, um, and that so that was really cool. The in the beginning. I didn't really buy the relationship between the leaper and the hologram, which is because they're a couple in this, in this season. Um, 
and leaper is the leaper is ben and the hologram is addison and they they have um not the best chemistry in the beginning but as the show goes on you do start to feel it and it and it helps and and it and it kind of starts to help this kind of like tragedy because as you as ben begins to remember uh his life because when i don't know if you guys know anything about quantum leap lore but when you leap you lose your memory um which makes it very difficult it's a horrible side effect from the original show just to be like we don't really know who this guy is so we're going to fill in the blanks as the show goes on um and so they did that for this show but so as ben starts to realize that his hologram that is in front of him this this girl addison is the person that he loves is the person that he leaped for um uh it starts to kind of click their chemistry starts to click and they start to become a very cute couple that you that becomes tragic and you do really root for um there's serialization in this season which i really appreciated of like there's a reason why why ben leaped he was um he was doing it for a specific reason he was doing it because someone told him that addison was going to die at some point in the future so he needs to leap to stop that from happening and kind of the and kind of there's there's more to it that he that even he's not aware of that we learned throughout the season uh so that creates another there's another leaper going around um i really i really enjoyed it um i hope the second season could get scott bacula because i think they mentioned him too many times in this season for them not to get closure on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the, the reason why this new quantum leap program exists is because the guy that um, mm, the ghostbuster, Ernie Hudson, um, Ernie Hudson plays is um, a character from the original show that Sam leapt into. And throughout his kind of throughout his time in the military, he starts to learn about a top secret program called Quantum Leap, and he realizes that this is what happened, and that Sam never made it home. So he starts to so he makes it his mission to bring Sam home, which is why he created the new Quantum Leap program. And then obviously that's not the case anymore because certain other things got in the way, and Scott Bakula didn't want to come back. Um, and, um, but I hope that they can convince him because having that closure would be really nice to finally bring back Sam, give him that happy ending that he didn't get in the original show. He'll never get that leap home. No. He'll never get, they said it at the end of that show, he never yeah. leaped home. Never. Right. Yeah. So there you Stay go. true to it. Um, Tragedy. Yeah. I, I, I ended up really liking it. It's got a lot of really cool characters. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next season. It's much more high budget. It's much more like high concept, not high budget, high concept than I thought it would be. Way more than the original show. And I appreciated that. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is Doctor Who Unbound. Uh, this is another audio adventure that I listened to. Thanks to my friend Sparks here. Um, this is, we talked when uh, David Warner passed away. And when the we were talking about the cast for this upcoming 60th anniversary uh, big finish episode um, episodes is that David Warner plays a character called the unbound doctor. This is an alternate version of the third doctor is what real quickly, what doctor who unbound is, is basically doctor who, what if um, so it's standalone audio adventures where they've created their, they've created new versions of the doctor. So for example, the first one is what if the doctor never left Gallifrey mm-hmm. and how that changed the universe, how that changed the doctor, how that changed um everything and it's always for the worse um and the second one the one that has david warner 
is what if the doctor ended up in the night and what if the doctor was stranded in 1997 and not the 1970s so when the second doctor was about to regenerate way back when he was being exiled by the time lords in the 1970s as, as in his third in his third body and then he was worked for unit and helped the unit fight all of these kind of alien invasions well what happened to the doctors not there to do that what happens right. to unit what happens to earth <clears throat> way worse so the doctor ends up in hong kong in um in 1997 uh the brigadier who was his friend that he met as the second doctor um unit like re- unit was a mess there's a hole in london because unit was like how do we stop a bunch of dinosaurs from coming up from the sewers let's nuke london as you do <laughs> as you do um there, there's no plastic plastic is outlawed because of the Autons, which are plastic men. Um, so, so they um, said so that. So it's like, they really think about like, okay, well, how, if the doctor's not there in the 1970s, how bad did the earth get? Apparently really, really bad. Um, and like the master has been stranded there for like 20 years because he showed up in the 1970s. The doctor wasn't there. He doesn't have a TARDIS. He's like, well, shit, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um but David Warner's a very good doctor. He's very fun as the, as this version of the third doctor. He kind of walks the line of making his own doctor as he should, while also kind of acknowledging that he was supposed to be John Pertwee, which right. is the original third doctor. Um, and it's it's very good. And he definitely goes in his own direction with it. And Nicholas because Courtney, Sorry, ahead. just for clarification, he should he still has John Pertwee's body. He just no. Okay. No, so he so he's a completely different regeneration. So it's a it's a different third doctor. So instead okay. of becoming John Pertwee at the end of season of whatever season the second doctor did, he picked a different face. Yeah. And that's why and that's not why he showed up in the in 1997, but it is part of that divergent timeline thing. Okay. Um but yeah, David Warner's awesome as this as this version of the Doctor. And Nicholas Courtney, who plays one of my favorite Doctor Who characters, which is Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, um, he becomes the de facto companion for this. And I'm like, oh, this is great because I really like that character. And I'm like hearing this different version of this character, much harder um, version of the character, work with this version of the Doctor, who is a much meaner version of the Doctor. Um, because the, things are way different. Things are way worse. David Tennant is in it which was really fun because I was, he shows up as like a unit general and I'm like, Oh, this is weird. The <laughs> is the 10th doctor here all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. I really enjoy it. He's the only unbound story that continued. None of the other unbound stories, as far as I know, continued. Um, so I'm very eager to hear where his story goes. Uh, Cause I, again, I, I just really liked it as well as I want to check out the other unbound books, uh, stories. But yeah. Sure. Really enjoyed it. And that's all I got. Okay. Shall we go into our bread and butter? Um, all right. So some sad news up top. Uh, Sparks, you brought this one up to, uh, to to the class. I shouldn't go up. Keep going with this analogy. Um, let me uh, pronouncing this right. Klaus Tuber. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the creator of Catan, the board game, right? Settlers mm-hmm. of Catan. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he passed away at the age of 70 uh, due to after a short illness. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to make note of it because Catan's an incredible board game. I love it. It's a classic game. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people love it. And uh, this is just you like... got any oh, stone? Dang. You got Shoot. any stone for me? You got any bricks? Who, any has, uh, who has wood? I need wood. I got Build wood. that road bigger. 
Yeah. A, a revolutionary new style of play was created with Catan. And like, mm. uh, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of incredible board games out there, but, you know, it's not often that you get like someone I would call board game genius who really changed something in the, in the field. And like, this is definitely one of them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I did want to highlight it. Catan, I would argue Catan was definitely my gateway into more, I don't know if this is the right term, but broader board games or board game or the different types of board games. Cause we're all grown up. We only, we know like Monopoly, mm -hmm. Game of Life, very specific to classics. I the classics for the reason. But then I hear about something about Catan. I see all the pieces and the tiles. I'm like, oh, that looks too complicated. But when I finally learned how to play it, I'm like, yo, this is actually like really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Catan took over my house for a while. And then we started looking into other board games. And then my roommate started getting different games. Fanny and I started buying more different games. And all of a sudden, we have a decent board game collection. We still have some decent Monopoly sets here and there. But when we have board game night, we it's like, let's go. Let's play Villainous. Let's play Catan. Or let's play um, all these other games that are fantastic games. And I think I have Catan to thank for that. Because if it wasn't for me playing Catan, I wouldn't look at all the other board games at, on the shelf at Barnes Noble or Target. Sure, yeah. yeah, it is. It is a common bridge to more adventurous, like gateway board board games, and um, I think that it's it's a super great game. Mm -hmm. um, and I I had a specific thought, but I was listening to Ben, and I kind of lost it. But like, uh, maybe it'll come back to me. But like, no, 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 it's fine. I was listening to you. Um, I I think that like what's so special about Catan, um is the, the there's a level of expansion i don't know how much you played the expansions any of you but like um the the versatility of like these build the build the board kind of games mm -hmm. um and so like that created a variety that that i think in board games at the time was far less common um i can think of a you know there's a french game called carcassonne which is kind of uh, oh, yeah. another, it's another like build the board as you go game, but mm -hmm. that's very different from Catan. And, and um, this was like, this was like risk meets a, a board builder. And it, it's really, it, I just really love it. Um, it reminds me honestly, cause like I play a lot of like uh, PC strategy games. It reminds me of like civilization. Yeah. Of like you have to, you have to get, uh, you know, you have to get wood to build your houses. You have to get sheep to feed the people. Like it is a video game, but it is a multiplayer board game version of it. Right. Um, we that's why have, we have the Seafarers expansion, the Knights and Barbarians expansion, and Ooh. we have definitely mixed all three and had this giant board on our table playing Catan, trying to save, uh, trying to stop the Barbarians. It's like praying that someone doesn't roll the Barbarian ship because it's like if they roll a Barbarian ship, I'm going to lose stuff and I'm going to lose resources. And yeah, Catan is, it is a truly, it truly is a special game. Yeah, and that's, it, that's what you just described as the dream to me of like i i, I still want to play a Catan game where that happens i have the expansions i just haven't had the players who want to commit um uh, I'll, co I'll commit uh, uh these days we'll come over we'll commit it's been a while since i last yeah Catan, but... like you say that then you get here and you're like ooh, but like one night ultimate werewolf or like i kind of want to try that marvel i'm just like not that those are also great games i'm just like you know Catan. Catan sometimes is a commitment that not no no if we like, set a day for Catan, i will come over fully prepared to play Catan. We will uh, notably, a, a, a Game of Thrones version is out there. Mm -hmm. um, that is, uh, we gave really that cool. to one of uh, we gave that to Jeff for Christmas this year. Nice, I understand. Cool. Yeah, just worth worth noting. A very very cool gaming genius. Yep. Yeah.
Uh, Norman Reynolds passed away this week also. Uh, he was the production designer for Star Wars A New Hope, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Mission Impossible, as well as others. Um, he passed away at the age of 89 this week. Oh, he's a Lucas man. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's kind of the reason why Star Wars looks the way it does. So Yeah. <laughs> like, big deal. You know, production dude on Star Wars and, and you said Indiana Jones too? Yeah, Raiders. Yeah. That's man. That's a that is a that's a big old legacy. That's a dial yeah. of destiny right there. Big deal. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, Mission Impossible too. Which, that's a good movie. Hey, that movie looks looks fine. Um. Uh, yes, and then Bill Butler passed away this week. Uh, he is the he was the cinematographer for Jaws, Rocky, many, 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 many more. He passed away at the age of one hundred and one. Damn. Good yeah. for him. For context, he is uh, the reason why we have that shot of on the beach, the zoom in and the pull out shot. It, yeah. That's his shot. That's kind of yeah, his most shot. iconic shot. Yes, the the one where it's him sitting the uh, the sheriff on the beach and and pulls in on him. The, yes, the rack shot where uh, when he thinks that he knows that the boy's in danger. Um, no boy. People have said that like he could have never done anything else, and he would have committed like film history was made with that right that shot single right there movie, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that single shot, that single shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's one of the most uh, famous shots in cinema yeah mm-hmm. and again and 101 damn well mm-hmm. done yeah rachel pollock this we kind of saw coming neil gaiman big uh friend of friend of hers uh, has been talking about this was on the horizon so rachel pollock is a a uh, prominent writer of um, Doom Patrol specifically created the first transgender character uh, Coagula in her Doom Patrol run. She is trans, uh, transgendered uh, writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she passed away at the age of seventy-seven. Yeah. Um. So she did incredible work after Grant Morrison's work, and very much was um, <clears throat> forgotten by not by people who read the book. People who read the book love the book. But uh, mostly just because it was a woman, and then people who found out that it was a trans woman writing this book decided nothing, didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. As was that, you know, unfortunately the time and the era and whatnot. Um, but since then, you know, especially in the modern era, specifically with like the co- the Doom Patrol comics coming back, the TV show coming back, like uh, uh, her comics being reprinted into omnibuses and stuff, like the the love is 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 like being overwhelmed since uh, you know the last couple of years. So um, it is unfortunate that they they they, they pass away, but like. The love that they should have gotten from a long time ago was like they were they were receiving it. She was receiving it. So right. like uh, that that is that is a silver lining. It, it is a silver lining, yeah. Because like to write not just any book after Grant Morrison, but to write Doom Patrol after Grant Morrison, and to leave your own legacy that is as strong uh, is 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 incredible. Is is an incredible piece of work. Um, so like heads off, big legacy. And yeah. she, um, her uh, Doom Patrol omnibus had been solicited for a number of years and was kept being pushed or canceled or what have you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you you said you said a really a, a really good thing there that like while she wasn't forgotten by the readers, DC certainly wanted as a company certainly wanted to erase her contribution to Doom Patrol. It felt like yeah. um, until very recently, in which case maybe they were just stopped at every turn trying to get this omnibus out i'm not sure if the omnibus omnibus finally did come out i kind of lost track of that but i hope it if it did and if not it's coming yeah it's definitely i remember them talking about it like like yeah coming out so like uh, yeah the, the legacy is there to, to be read yeah um cool all right uh moving on five nights at freddy's finished filming i'm out by <laughs> ben 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 uh yeah 
not only did it finish filming, uh, they also released that it will be um, coming out on Peacock and th- and theaters on the same day, October 27th, Ben, of oh. this year. Ooh, so close to Halloween. <sighs> so Damn. part of me, I don't know why. I don't know why I want to torture myself with this damn thing. But part of me is, re- they're probably not. Or if they do, it's not going to be for a few years because that's not, they, they tend to do that, especially with the new movie. I really hope there's a Five Nights at Freddy's maze at Halloween Horror Nights this year. I don't know why oh. I'm saying that. Mm. I don't know why. I honestly think because it's coming out so close to Halloween, a Five Nights at Freddy's maze would be some of the best marketing yeah. ever. Not only. And it's universal, Not, yeah. So exactly, Five Nights at Freddy's is already a huge phenomenon, though. So like, it's already big without having a movie. Oh, you're so it, you're dead. Ben. There's a good chance, <laughs> Ben. That's that's a that's a good thought. They might have it this year. Not we'll only do, hey, Not ben, only you know, do. Honestly, if there isn't a maze, we can give you the next best thing. VR. VR again. <laughs> no, I I was showing a friend of mine uh, me playing Five Nights at Freddy's VR and talking about how terrified I was. I don't want to go through that experience again in VR. That was too bad. I'd rather play yeah, Security yeah. Breach. But um, cool. That's awesome. That's coming out close to Halloween. I think that's going to be a great Halloween movie. Obviously, we're going to watch it. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. I'm pretty sure we're going to review it for the show. Here's here's the thing, Ben. Here's the thing, Ben. I'm super excited to watch it. I'm hoping it's good. I think it gives you a fun, spooky time. Nothing is going to make you shit your pants more than Evil Dead Rise this year. Probably not. <laughs> I promise you probably not i showed that trailer to my wife earlier this night and she was like i'm not watching that (laughs) (laughs) more specifically the quote that she said was that might be the thing that would give me the most nightmares out of anything i've ever seen in my life (laughs) like that that was like the scariest thing ever i'm probably gonna Uh, watch evil dead rise at noon i know i'm gonna be in the middle of dark movie theater but i want to go out and see sunshine dark theater ben time does not matter it's gonna get you it's gonna get you (laughs) and but yeah uh cool five nights at freddy's now i gotta say I'm shocked that Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out this year. I mean, it's a small, it's a low budget movie, so like, yeah. it like it like again. I saw Willy's Wonderland, and like that movie's awful. So like, if the, if I can get a good version of that, uh, I'm really really excited because like the idea you... of like haunted uh, mechanical monsters eating you after midnight is like just really really funny. I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, Matthew Lillard, they're, the bad guy. Huh? They're. Uh... The original, not the knockoff, because Willy's Wonderland was definitely a knockoff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I what was I thinking? There's like very little VFX that needs to be done because they use practical puppets for the for the for the for the monsters. That's awesome, yeah. man. This is gonna be a good movie, you guys. Yeah, it's gonna be low budget, gory as hell. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna hear that mother effing music box theme. I'm oh, gonna man. hate life. You're gonna, see, you're gonna see all your friends. Remember the fox? Remember the fox band? He's gonna be there. <laughs> all right. Gotta go some hunting. Do some hunting. What is he saying? Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Just comes in and screams at you. Yeah, he does that and then I scream. (laughs) He shouldn't have done that. Uh, (laughs) All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Shrek. Donkey. <laughs> wow. Oh that, no. That, that was too easy. That was perfect. <laughs> that was What is there a new movie Brandon? Is that the new It was today? the culmination. It was it was the combination of Sparks doing the 
and then running <laughs> the donkey. I was, trying, I was already holding in the laugh from the squeal. <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> all right, Shrek. Yes, there is a... So, okay, so Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, and Eddie Murphy are all in early talks to return for a fifth Shrek film. That makes sense. Didn't we, like, report last year that, like, they were going to, like, reboot they've been, it? They've been talking about it for a while, yeah. but I think, like, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish... You didn't see it. No. But, like, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, but basically confirms there was going to be another Shrek. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, right. At, and um, honestly, if they want to continue the Puss in Boots trajectory uh, of, like, just making a, a fairy tale and making in this kind of art style, I'm 100% here for another Shrek movie. Sure. Um, Absolutely, especially if the director for Puss in Boots hops to Shrek 5. And especially if they decide they want to retcon Shrek 3 and Shrek 4. Totally on board. 100% on board? Let's do it. I mean, I doubt that, but you can just also just ignore them. You kind of can't because if you're retconning them, that means they don't have babies. Well, they're going to... I think it's going to... No, I think it's I mean, gonna, you, can, you can make them have children. <laughs> I think it's going like, to be like teenage, like 20 years here's later. The thing, here's the thing. Parents. Here's the thing. In Shrek 4, they have like eight babies. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want eight kids of Shrek. I want like three at most so like they can actually have characters. Well, here's the thing. Like, yeah, like there will be eight, but we'll just focus on the ones that are actually important. Sure. The yeah, other ones will just maybe. be like dumb. Um, Apparently, there's also been talk of a, um, <clears throat> a donkey spinoff. Donkey? I'm so. surprised there hasn't been a donkey spinoff sooner. To be I think it Puss in, I think it Puss in Boots did better the first Puss in Boots because it didn't do as well as the Shrek films. Here's, yeah, there would have been. Here's my thing: um, Donkey going and being in a Puss in Boots story with Puss, so so Puss in Boots and Donkey spinning off. I get. Yeah, Donkey by himself away from Shrek, not really that I interesting. I don't really Donkey and that. Puss they can work together without Shrek. They can Donkey alone. Yeah. Not so much. Donkey's a yeah, good, like, uh, a good companion, companion foil to, like, someone straight man or whatever. Like, him Just on his own. Just another character. Like, him, and, him and Puss have, like, a good energy. Him yeah. and Shrek have a good energy. But him by himself, eh, no. No thanks. Unless they just give him a better companion. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, the, I'm with you. I don't... I think the... I think the donkey spin. I think a donkey spinoff is not really there, but you know that's unlikely. It's unlikely that it'll happen because uh, they just they just said they're just kind of working ideas, seeing if there's a possibility for it. But I, I I'm here I mean, for a Shrek Five. Hey, they're always keeping their doors open. I remember when they said that there's at least seven chapters in the Kung Fu Panda series. So, I hear, well, we're getting Kung Fu Panda Four. I know. Are the other three on Netflix? Those count? No. Oh. The shows. Those are all. That's that's all extra. It's bonus. It's bonus features. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know. Cool. Um. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. I wrote that street wrong. Fighter. It says Street Fight. <laughs> street, but street Fighter. What street, yeah. street, street Fighter news? Legendary Pictures is developing a live action movie. Okay. That's all we know. You know, everyone's bracing for. There's going to be more video game adaptations. We're yeah. for them hardcore for sure. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We're. I don't want to say we're in the golden age, but hey, Sonic the Hedgehog, Last of Us, really, they've been putting up numbers. People have been saying you think uh, you think The Last of Us is part of the golden age, Ben? Ben, you got to stop stepping in it. <laughs> Did you? I just want to know. You watched it? You liked it? Okay. I'm talking. I'm talking about. I know you're aware. Like it's a, it's a very known thing that like it's been received very well. All that. I'm just giving you some shit. <sighs> cyberpunk it's only because Arcane. i it's only because i want you to watch it ben i know i know and i will watch it i promise you i will watch it by the end of the year it will happen 
uh, Grayson that? live in the chat. Uh, do, do we get old Van Dam? No. no, no, probably no. not. God, no. He's no fun. Van anymore. Dam. Yeah, he's no fun anymore. Yeah, he was fun. Like he was fun. He's no fun anymore. He's he's too serious about. He doesn't want to have fun. He did a movie called JCVD where yeah. he played himself. Yeah. Uh, in a in a bank robbery situation, that movie was awesome. Yeah, uh, but that movie was also like ten years ago. That's uh, yeah. That's not necessarily what I'm referring to. Like just in general, he's 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 not interested in coming back and doing something for fun. And so he, wasn't he in the Expendables? Yeah. yeah, he's in one of the Expendables. He's a bad guy, Villain. Yeah, 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 Villain. Yeah, and he big. talked and he talked shitty about that experience later on because he's still like, good in that movie. Like, like, no, he is. He could be a that jerk. Was the thing, <laughs> that was the thing that kind of killed him on wanting to yeah. come and do ha- do fun things anymore. JC just shut me Um. Same thing happened with Chuck Norris, strangely enough, in the same movie. Jean Claude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I had something else about this about Street Fighter movie. Uh, no, I, think I, there's I, an, I think there's an anime. No, that's no, that's Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is coming out with an anime. I mean, Street Fighter has had many animes already. No, I know, but there's one coming. There's a, a fighting game being turned into an anime soon, and I think it's Soul Calibur. Oh, please tell me that's real. That makes sense. That's oh perfect. god, that is my. I don't rubbish. recall hearing about Soul Calibur anime, but I, maybe I'm gonna look that up real quick because I really sure. freaking hope it's true. Because Soul Calibur is my one of my favorite fighting games of all time. Nightmare. I mean, honestly, it could be it could be Street Fighter, and this is just parallel adaptations. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Game of Thrones news. Oh. A new prequel series about uh, Aegon Targaryen's conquest. Aegon. Aegon. You're welcome. Uh, Conquest of the Westeros is being discussed. Okay. I hope it's a movie. Yeah? Yeah, like a theatrical movie. I'd like one theatrical Westeros story. I think that could be really cool if they wanted to do like an Aegon 1 is a perfectly fine... Like, I think you can tell a good story there. In a, sure, you could definitely like milk that shit into a, a small series. Yeah. But like, wouldn't it be cool if they just put the budget into a big Westeros movie for and once, like, I'd be down. I don't... Sure. I guess, like, you can only go, like, before a path. Like, I don't need another prequel to the prequel that we just got. Like, Especially because it's more Targaryen. Because it's more Targaryen. So, like, yeah, make it a big movie so it's, like, this big event. You're with me, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that, like... Yeah. Because, like, I don't need those events... Like, yeah, like, split in the three seasons. Like, I, I'd agree with that, yeah. I don't... We'll still see. Sign I, I don't think there was ever a good reason. I'll, I Like, people talked about, like the original game of thrones the the books and everything like that they should have done a movie for like the end of the series or anything like that i'm like no the show works because of the way they pace the show and everything there there's no reason to do a big movie um for it but these other stories that are filling in parts of the history there's definitely room where you can just tell like a very good tight version of that and it's a film yeah and like put a good budget behind it put it in theaters like I'd love to watch the Westeros version of like what they're doing with fantasy big on, a, on a big dragon budget oh, yeah. thing in, in theaters. I'd, I'd do that. That'd be fun. Pull a Mandalorian. Yeah. In reverse. In reverse. The thing that uh, everything descends from instead of the thing everything builds to. Yeah. Ben, you were trying to say something? Uh, yeah. Uh, Street Fighter 2 anime is not happening. That's not a real thing. There's no legitimate um, article about it. Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Calibur. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, now you got <laughs> Street Fighter, though. So it might be Street Fighter then. It was definitely a fighting game. We talked yeah. about it a little while ago. Guys, it's <clears throat> Astra. Astra almost never visits when we're oh, podcasting. Hi, Astra. Astra. She gave me that scar the other day. Oh, no. Oh. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's love. Yeah. 
<laughs> looking sadly looking at scars. Cats be cats. I'm, I'm actually. I'm gonna stop talking. Oh, la di da. Um, uh, uh, Moana news. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Remember what we were doing last week? <laughs> so, <laughs> a so Disney is developing a live action remake of Moana with both the return of Dwayne Johnson and I cannot pronounce her name. Please, Spark, say it. Uh, Ali Cavajo. Yes. I will say Only this. On power, which is being received pretty well, actually. The power. That's good. Oh. I will take this and I will say this and only this for the next five minutes. I will take too soon for $200, Alex. Um, yeah. Um, and like, I don't know if y'all watched like the whole video that he put out with his family. That, yeah. like, man, that felt kind of gross. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. I like, I, I really love. Like I like The Rock does love like his family and his his you know his his people and all like I I really love that I have no problem with that yeah but man like it really feels like man I just screwed up my DC thing what's a quick money thing I can do ah I could do Moana that movie does like literally I feel like that, that that's less than a decade right why couldn't, less you, than just, a decade? Why couldn't you just announce Moana yes. and yeah, make Moana too just do a sequel yeah because he's got to make an animation team go do that <laughs> make a story for me. The thing about that video, just to kind of keep us centered around that video real quickly, is that's so disgusting about me, uh, for, for, for me, um, is that he never mentions his co-star. Yeah, Ali Cavajo. Yeah. yeah. Never once. Bother me, too. The titular Moana. Yeah, it's all about him, how great Maui was, what Maui did for him, how Moana, how Moana is about is important to him because of his thing and his whatever. And never once in the whole movie, in the whole little thing, does he mention the girl who plays Moana. Yeah. Yeah. So, it... so Moana came out in 2016. Yeah. It is. Listen, if we were doing the podcast and your movie came out, you cannot remake it. That is that is a that is that's the law. That's so recent. It came out so soon, and mm, yeah, it's mm. just yeah, Mac. It, Mac is saying the right thing. He said, yeah. "I would prefer Moana two than a live action, and not wait for twenty to thirty years for a sequel." Yeah, yeah. yeah well, give would. it with Disney. It would be like ten years. Let's be real. Um, I would love a, a sequel to Moana. I would I would be all for a, a sequel to Moana, a straight yeah. to, uh not a straight to DVD, a theatrical sequel. I'm in. Bring it. Let's do it. Not a live action thing of a film that came out. Um, fudge. What, what are we? 2023 now. Yeah, seven years. Seven years ago. Don't need it. It's less than a decade old. I I understand Disney's trying to like when they redo. This has still been my argument with a lot of the Disney reimaginings. Remake the remake or live action remake the older films, the films that we have that have not been have been around in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, hell, the 70s even. Right, like Pinocchio, Black Cauldron. Well, one of those I'd like to see actually. One of those <laughs> I actually would like to see. Like, all I mean is I actually don't think Disney owns the rights to the Black Cauldron books anymore. No. Um mm. I don't think so. Uh I'd have to check, but I don't think so. Um uh you know, we talked about it last week a bit, like the the Aristocats and the potential to like improve on something. Mm -hmm. Even Princess and the Frog, honestly, honestly, 
if they wanted to do a live action, I'd kind of be on board for it. That is more recent. It's not as recent as Moana, but it's more recent. But the thing is, like, there is room to, like, do more mm-hmm. and go further with the representation because, like, Prince of the Frog is good. It could be better. Like, yeah. I like it a lot. It can be better. Um, and I'd be down for that because I think there's room to, like, change and grow. Moana is a perfect movie. And there is nowhere to improve it. Um, So there's no need to do this. But I'll tell you real quick, this is my number one problem with this. Um, For the Polynesian Islands, there's a lot of body positivity about men of the body type that Maui is, Mm -hmm. which is like bigger, wider, huskier guys. And that is not The Rock. The Rock does not look like those guys. Mm -hmm. There are Polynesian actors that look like those guys. And The Rock is not one of them. And I have a big problem with them changing Maui into looking like The Rock rather than looking like a body positive representation of a lot of Polynesian men. Do you yeah. think they would? Do you think they would? No, I don't. I don't. I think he's going to look like The Rock. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if like The Rock is going to do some really shitty thing where like, you know what? I just saw Brendan Fazier put on a fat suit. I could do that. I think that that is a lot harder when... A, you're the rock. No, I know. And B, and B uh, that he's he's shirtless like the entire movie, yeah. right? Like, I don't think that's going to... That I don't think so. I don't think so. I wonder genuinely if they're even going to do the hair. But, like... Ah, they got to do the hair. The thing is, like, there are Polynesian men that look like Maui. And one of them <laughs> should be cast in the role visually. If you're going to do this, then one of them should be given the opportunity to be Maui. Because, like, they are far more... <laughs> body positive about that than our culture is, and it's frankly and it's the same thing with 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 the lead actor like she's seven years older now right so she's like she's not playing a teenager but she's just gonna be playing like a like a like a 15 there, year old again like that's not there are yeah. right like yes i agree there are dudes that like because i'd rather her play nani yeah um let's a new actor <laughs> take this role on yeah. uh th- but there are guys that like they watch moana and it makes them look cool like yeah. uh from from these Polynesian islands, like that, that are of that body type, and like makes them look cool. They get to be the demigods, and like The Rock doesn't need to be a demigod here. Yeah, sorry, like he's great for the voice of Maui. I'm not knocking that, but there's no reason he should be the live action version. There isn't. There's none. That should be someone who actually looks like Maui. The thing that really bugs me about this, more than really anything, like maybe I feel di- a little differently if 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 The Rock centered the conversation around the the actress uh returning um as well it just feels to me like this is just a vanity project for him and i'm kind of getting tired of seeing those and i don't necessarily need to see it done through this lens because the we we know this the rock likes to take control creative control of every project he's a part of it's why so many people have it's why so many franchises have such a hard time with him and to do to have moana now being produced by The Rock, I don't think I'm here for it. No, you know what? I'm not here for it. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago the How to Change a Dragon live action thing by getting the same director. Yeah, like, that's just going to be that same movie again in live action, and like this is just going to be that movie again. Yeah, like with literally the same actors again. It's like that's not even like it's. That's just redoing it again instead it's of actually. Be, it's just going to be a worse version. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It was there's. It's just going to be a worse version of it. And it's like we will always have Moana, but then like let's watch Moana. Oh, you mean the good one? 
I don't know, that's not a conversation everyone is, should ever have to say. Let's watch the good one. Like, no, Moana is the good one. That is the movie that should be there. Right. It should yeah. be getting a sequel. Like, I, I like, and like, I just wish Dwayne Johnson, like, go pressure them to make Moana too. Just like, I'm sure they can find a good story. Like, yeah. that would be better. That would be better. Like, I'd rather them come back and make Moana too than make this. Yeah. There's um, a wealth of mythology involving the Polynesian islands and in Polynesia and the entire South Pacific yeah. that can make a grand story. You can do amazing things. Well, look, and yeah. I don't want to pretend I don't want to pretend like I'm ignorant and I've forgotten things because like they're they're making a Moana show. So like there is a Disney animation oh sure studios. They're making two sh- sequel shows to Princess movies. One is Princess and the Frog and one is Moana and they're going to Disney Plus. Oh I you know what? I did forget yeah. about the show. Yeah. No, yeah. No. So like they, they are making like moana content that is following up from the film but like it's still like i know disney animation studios is doing it and it's going to look good but it's still not going to look as good as like the time they can put into a movie yeah and so like i still wouldn't hate a moana 2 even if a moana 2 took place longer after this show or whatever yeah but like really for me like it is upsetting that it's this soon but really for me i keep coming back to like there's just no earthly reason that the rock looking the way he does should play maui maui was designed to represent a particular person within that culture and the rock does not look like that person sure (laughs) just he doesn't and it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous but that's the direction they're going to go with it yeah there's just nothing about a moana remake that interests me um mag pointed out that there are articles that just say they reacquired or were trying to uh reacquire the rights for i'm assuming black cauldron years ago for a remake so cool um i mean that's not a uh, yeah, like they said, or we're trying to. Who knows? I don't know. But like, yeah, I guess it's in the conversation that they want to do Black Cauldron stuff. That's like a five book series. It'd be interesting if they wanted to like live action that. That's a full blown fantasy adventure. Like big Disney that'd be fantasy. A, that'd be a swing. Nobody's yeah. ever made all five of the Black Cauldron books in a good way. So like, they, I don't know. Yeah, Disney's big fantasy franchise. Well, they are also Disney Plus is also making the Aragon series too. Oh, true. And Percy Jackson. It when I see it. Yeah, yeah. No, and Percy Jackson. Yeah, that I do believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the inheritance cycle, Aragon. I'll definitely believe it when I see it because I'm like, uh, good luck. But um, seriously, good. I don't luck think it'd way. be hard to adapt those books. No, no offense to the writer. No, but dragons. Yeah, all you need is money. Disney's got money. They can make CGI. Yeah, I'm confused by the good luck. I, I, I admittedly, like, yes, they do have a hurdle to get to get over with uh, Aragon remake, which is just nobody. It's very, getting very difficult to staff t- uh, streaming shows right now, um, and and that's probably their only hurdle at this point. Um, but it could also just end up in in development hell. But if they put their mind to it, that show's coming. I I, I hope so. I want it. I want a good Aragon show. That movie did us dirty so bad. Don't do Moana. I mean, they're doing it. I mean, yeah. the thing is, like, I wish it's kind of it's wild to me that we're still at this point where like studios think the best way to market something is to have Dwayne Johnson get out in front and talk about it. I know, and like be the person that announces it. I'm like, this doesn't work. No, like people do like seeing Dwayne Johnson, but it's not like it's Van Lathan pointed this out on the Ringerverse, where like it's not like Dwayne Johnson pulls in banger box office numbers. Not anymore. He does. He does well. Not 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 for a while. Like Rampage, Skyscraper, Jungle Cruise, Black Adam. Like all of these are Dwayne Johnson led projects, and like 
they do fine. I think the only one, but I, they don't do like insane. Jumanji, I think, is the only really big one. Jumanji, yeah, uh, is like mm-hmm. the only big one, really. Yeah. That, yeah. that in the Fast and Furious franchise, but part of that is the Fast and Furious franchise more than him. Which he's no, he's still part of. Wait, no, he's been out. No, of he's right? he's not he's not a part of That's it anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, man, rip. Uh, um, yeah, I just think that like for when it comes to when it comes to Dwayne Johnson, like. Uh, just don't do a Moana show. It's oh, a movie. Wow. Do a Moana show. Do the Moana show. Please love it. Yes, don't do this remake. The Rock, the the I just, I just don't care about another Rock vanity project, frankly. Yeah, he does. Um. All right. Got some, got got a little bit Harry Potter. Um. As Sparks has left. Um. So Harry Potter. This has not been confirmed by Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, so they did not come out and say that this is happening. But insiders are reporting that a Harry Potter TV series is in the works at HBO, um, with each se- each season developing one of the books. J.K. Rowling uh, is not going to be the showrunner; however, she will be heavily involved to make sure the books the the show remains loyal. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, why would they make her showrunner? <laughs> that's insane after, to even have to clarify that after yeah the fantastic beasts movies and stuff yeah. um this is awful well yeah well here's the thing like this was inevitable this was always going to happen i didn't think it was going to happen this soon like like the week that it was announced that like she's dropped like 74 percent of her profits or whatever like <laughs> well and like yeah but no you're 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 right ryan because like sure inevitably there would be another version of harry potter yeah it was like, going it's just to too big of a franchise yeah but the thing is like we're still so deep in a generation that like still loves those movies or you're kind of like you did love those movies but you're maybe done with you harry got, potter you got now, bad feelings with it and you yeah. don't and you don't want to engage with it anymore and yeah. that's okay too but like people still love those movies and love the actors that were in them and i'm like i don't think people are that eager to see other people play those roles in another version of harry potter right now um both because of like the trans stuff with jk rowling but also just because of like i kind of still have the harry potter i want to watch if i want to watch harry potter friends yeah (laughs) hi i'm one of those people who kind of is done with harry potter and not not wanting to jump in um do stuff with it anymore um i'm just I, i'm not saying that it was it's because of fantastic beasts films it's just like the more harry potter stuff harry potter doesn't spark that give me that imaginative spark that it did when it first came out obviously when it first came out it was a huge phenomenon it transported me to an amazing world that i wanted to be a part of i absolutely loved it i love reading the books and everything but i don't want to say i grew first, up those first two films are phenomenal Honestly, oh, okay. they are three is also awesome. It's a really good film. That those first two are phenomenal in their the, in their filmmaking, and three I think is very good and the, hampered by Alfonso, studio involvement. Alfonso Cuarón made the most interesting uh, uh, Harry Potter movie. I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. I will still say that. Well, my favorite is all, will always and forever be Sorcerer's Stone. Nothing could take away the sheer literal magic that was the Sorcerer's Stone film for me. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm done with it. I'm yeah. I'm okay. I'm I'm ready to do other stuff. I'm still gonna say I still like Harry Potter. I still like the story. I still like the franchise. And someone throws on a Harry Potter movie, I might watch it. But other than that, I'm like okay. I too think honestly, I too think that this is too early for it. Another thing that's too early. It's a big franchise. People are still talking about it. It's still a big thing. 
And yeah, we don't need another Harry Potter thing for a very long time, if, in my personal opinion. The thing is, this is really only happening because Fantastic Beast 3 failed. Like, yeah. if Fantastic Beast 3 had succeeded, I don't think we'd be here this quickly. Um, this was inevitable. A new version of Harry Potter, of a Harry Potter adaptation, would happen inevitably no matter what. But if Fantastic Beast 3 did well, like really well, then we would have gotten 4 and 5 and probably would have gotten Cursed Child if J.K. Rowling had never opened her mouth. Um, but she has so successfully tanked that brand that now Warner Brothers thinks the smart move to do is to reboot the franchise this quickly. And that is frankly the dumb move. Well, and like you just said it, which is the third Fantastic Beast film bombed. I'm like, I ha- doesn't that prove there isn't really an audience for the Harry Potter stuff that that exceeds past some of these issues right now? Yeah. And maybe you just let it lie. And and also like, it's this is this is a lot of like like hearsay, internet nonsense. But like it, it is a, a testament of how open all of the Harry Potter actors are, especially our our, our trio, how much they are anti. Uh, what JK has to say, yeah. right? And like they probably wouldn't return for a cursed child thing. No, I don't right. think they would. So because their cash cow is no longer a cash cow, they reboot it and they reboot it with new kids who are young and ten years old who will be signed on for twenty years of their life and they don't know what they're signing themselves onto. But that's got. But I, on that, on that, I, I will say that should be liable for child abuse charges because yeah. the abuse that those kids are going to get yeah don't put the don't put new new kids through that yeah 100 yeah um but that's the thing like it just like any any character in the 21st century gets casted like there's vitriol and there's anger but like harry potter is different because like like these are know, like 11 year old kids but mm-hmm. and like and like the, the core is rotten because jk rowling is, is an awful person so like yeah. there it is an unfortunate thing where like this is going to happen and it is going to be really hard. And there's going to be half the audience who watches it and loves it and doesn't care about the other stuff. And then the rest of us are going like, we're just not going to touch it. Uh, Hogwarts legacy, the game, none of us played one of the highest selling video games of all time. Yeah, yeah that's true. So like it, uh, what we say in, in the grand scheme of things, like Harry Potter still, is still huge. I still huge. think that's, I still think that's different from like saying, we're going to do the books again here with a different cast. And I'm like, I, I think most people still, don't really want that right now sure i think people who are 20 years younger than us uh, uh don't care about that and they will watch the new harry potter thing there was always kind of the idea that with the the because warner brothers branded everything um you know this was like the wizarding world they had like a logo for the wizarding world i, st- I think that, i'm sure the original intention before david zaslav showed up um was to make other projects within the wizarding world and stay away from harry potter for as long as you can yeah one for each wand <laughs> one for each wand and um i think i think what's what what i think back to what zaslav said when he took over um warner brothers and he talked and he was asked about jk rowling and he goes we are really excited to keep working for jk rowling for many many years to come yeah uh, and I think, me, I think <laughs> with the with the renewed success of House of the Dragon and and Game of oh, excuse me, a Lord of the Rings, and like HBO was like, we want we need we want a big big fantasy esque show. What do we have? Oh my God, we have the biggest one of all time with Harry Potter. I mean, I I mean, look, I'll say it. Like a couple of years ago, before J.K. Rowling opened her mouth, like I would have been jazzed for this. I still would have think it, thought it was too soon, but I always yeah. kind of thought I always wanted a 
a, a Harry Potter adaptation that was a series. So you can a more include... like properly adapted, like yeah, 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 yeah more racism in there. Absolutely. Hell yeah. I mean, but you know, then I got older and J.K. Rowling opened her mouth and you started yeah. hearing seeing all the stuff like that. And it, it's just I'm sure look, I'm sure like I'm sure Ryan is making a very good point here that this this the show will do well. It's just unfortunate that this woman is still spouting all this horrible shit. Yeah. And, and it, being rewarded and, for it. And and I, I just wish I just wish she would take a George Lucas approach and it's like to sell it all off. But like she yeah. she doesn't want to go away from it. She wants to still be involved in it heavily. She still wants to be the person who directs the course of the franchise. And that's just like well, now it's now it's that she knows. Like, if she doesn't keep her grubby mitts on it, somebody's gonna come along and make a version that has trans people in it, and she's gonna freak out. Exactly. So she'll never allow that because she'll like some someone's gonna be a smartass. And, and as long as she has any involvement in a show, I'm just not gonna be there. No. It's just that simple. Like, I I would love to live in a world where in ten years from now, like she sells the rights and I can get a brand new Harry Potter thing that I can actually like. Like, I don't feel bad about consuming it, right? Um, but until then, like, sorry, like, I don't need to give you any more money. Like, yeah, I think this is the other thing. And it's there's like, so many other magic things I could watch. There's so many other magic right, yeah. Things. But I mean, like, if you were to do Harry Potter books again, like at this point, I would rather like sure do the things that weren't done in the films before. Yes, but maybe also do better than what the books were doing. Yeah, and like that that won't happen as long as it's still under her purview. Like, if you allowed someone else to like take the books and riff on it then it can be something new and add and like maybe something that you can like yeah um but that's not going to happen as long as she's in control yeah yeah and she's not like a rick reardon who is willing to learn from their mistakes god no he's if the best if only he's just right. the best let's move on we got some pretty we have we, we have uh good news from here on out i hope uh barbie barbie has cast john cena that's cool. I didn't, not, I, he's not going to be. I don't know how we're going to be able to see him in the movie. I didn't see him in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool three. Miranda Baccarin is in talks to join uh, to join the film. However, the talks might not be going good from her interview. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Yep. I hope she does return. That would be a bummer if she doesn't. Honestly, kind of would kill some of my joy for Deadpool three because like. I think he, I think Deadpool two is made worse in hindsight if she's not back. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it only kind of works if the next movie is allowed to let her thrive in it. So here, uh, yes. Uh, did you guys watch the interview by any chance? Yeah, I did. When you, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it. she also said that it's a movie about Hugh Jackman and like her role. Like it might not even be really big. Right. So like, it's it's still a money thing, but like, uh, if she's gonna return just to be like a, a side character that doesn't have any value in it, like we'll see but like i i do agree like i she should be in the movie she is a mm. character in that here's the thing like i don't even we don't know exactly what would happen in the movie but like if he comes over to the mcu i want her to come over to the mcu yeah. like he, he, that's what i want i want for wade to still have her in his life I agree. if deadpool 2's story is going to be about him bringing her back if it was that important for him to do then i want her to stick around that's a good point yeah. that's, that's that is the call it really, really comes down to so like if he's porting over and he has any say in it then she should come over too yeah so like even if she's not a huge influence in this film, as long as the door remains open for her to still be in Deadpool's future appearances and still engaged in his life, that's all I give a shit about. Yeah, that's good. Otherwise, yeah. Deadpool 2 gets worse by proxy, which is unfortunate, but like that was always kind of the thing. It was like, this was before we knew Deadpool 3 was definitely going to be part of the MCU, but when Deadpool 2 finished, I'm like, well, I'm glad they at least brought her back to life, so in the next one, like they can do better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
than just like killing her off and motivating him through her her murder but yeah. like at least they gave him the opportunity to undo all that shit and like especially if you're doing the tva plot that they're saying with the owen and stuff that was all for her so like yeah it should be part of it yeah i agree um frank grillo has said that he has a role in the D- in the new dc film universe yeah okay who do we think as who i don't care no. okay Clayface, he could be a good Clayface. I thought I oh, real quickly. I only put this one in here because I thought you got like Frank Grillo, so we don't have to spin on it if we don't care. I like Frank Grillo fine. He's crossbones. He like, went. Yeah. He went off this week in talking about moving to the DC, where he's like, "Yeah, I just think they really shortchanged crossbones in the MCU. Fans wanted more out of that character, and like they didn't. They underutilized him and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro." I think you seriously un, un, like misunderstand what Crossbones was in the MCU, and like I, I, if I, think I he's fine, but like yeah, he's post Civil War been in a lot of straight to DVD films, so like, mostly straight to DVD. I, I like if I, I had know. to guess, it's a similar level of a character like Crossbones. I don't think he's a big character. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think he's like I'm gonna be. You know, who's not a Batman? I don't think he's like Apollo or Midnight or anything. I think he's gonna be like someone smaller. He's like a creature commando. That's who he is, by the way. Frankenstein. Sure. Yeah, he's gruff. Gruff man. Yeah. Um, welcome to Dairy. Like, you like Frank Grillo a lot, Brandon? I like his Purge movies. Sure. He's okay. in the Purge movies. He's in the he's in the two Purge movies I love. So I haven't sure. seen him. He is good. Uh, He's Purge basically Anarchy. the Punisher in those movies. <laughs> he's like just the Punisher. Yeah. Um, and Election Year, he, I think he's very good in it. I mean, I like his crossbones too. He's great in Winter Soldier, I thought. Got big hands. Um, <laughs> welcome to Derry. Oh. Come on in. Now, um, real quickly, uh, Taylor Page from Zola, Joven Adepo from Overlord and Watchmen, Chris Chalk from Godzilla vs. Kong, and James Rimmer from Black Lightning have been cast in the upcoming It prequel. Ooh, I recognize James Remar. He's an old man. He's an old man. Yeah, I but like him a lot. These actors, I still, still don't, don't know if I really want this. And Bill Skarsgård's not showing up, so I definitely don't care. Well, he's not showing up yet. We don't know yet. I I still don't care. <laughs> I definitely don't care. <laughs> oh, but it's your best friend! Yeah, but it's not it's not canon to the books, and that's what Ben's all about. Ben's about what was in the books. It's not Stephen King, it's Jonathan Queen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Boy, I really hope the showrunner of this is Jonathan Queen. <laughs> That'd be if man, imagine that. Wow. <laughs> I'm a psychic. Um oh Grayson says he already has a favorite Frankenstein. Very cute. Very. Um X-Men Days of Future Past. Doomsday, a new series written by Mark Guggenheim with Manuel uh, Garcia on art, will tell the story of the events leading up to the original Days of Future Past future. Spicy. Okay. So, you know, like all the stuff like, you know, Trask getting assassinated, things with Magneto and the Sentinels, all that up until we get to the beginning of Days of Future Past where they are like, okay, let's send someone back in time. Right. The stuff we saw in the movie. Yeah. Um, Astonishing Iceman. We talked about some of the Fall of X books uh, coming earlier, and we're going and we got some information on three of them now. Astonishing Iceman will be written by Steve Orlando with art by Vincenzo uh, Caruta. Caratu. Car- 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 um, this will be Iceman going up against Orcus 
in a way that will push his powers to a new limit. Hell yeah, and he already pushed his powers to a new limit by terraforming the planet of Mars. So uh, this is really cool. Uh, we'll read the rest of these solicits uh, because there's only 12 more, but it's interesting where all these X-Men are living because none of them are living on Kokoa. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dark X-Men by Steve Fox with Jonas uh, Scharf. Oh, uh, we'll, see... we'll see Madeline Pryor lead a new team of, of, of X-Men consisting of Havoc, Archangel, Gambit, Azazel, Zero, Albert, and Emplate. Yeah. Albert, everyone's favorite Wolverine stupid clone that no one remembers. Hell yeah. I love it. It's great. Uh, Madeline Pryor rules. Dark uh, Dark Web was just a recent uh, X-Men Spider-Man event. That was awesome. And then Realm of X by will be written by Torun uh, Gronbeck uh, with art by Diogne, Di, Diogenes Neves or Neves. Neves. Um, this will be Magic with Danny Moonstar, Maro, Dust, Curse, and Typhoid Mary as they find themselves on a mysterious mission that they aren't familiar with, they don't know what the mission is, on uh, throughout the Ten Realms. Yeah, so uh, the the first realm they were visiting is Vanaheim, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, there is a really cra- classic, great X-Men run called... Um, uh, oh, God, what's it called? Uh, it's a journey to Asgard, but it's basically a huge X-Men event in Asgard where Danny Moonstar uh, Mirage becomes a Valkyrie. Um, so like she's been doing Valkyrie stuff for like for decades now. Um, but then, but the X-Men doing more Norse stuff, uh, is really cool. And it's just, them going back to old school storytelling, uh, like Walt Simonson stuff. So like, that's really, really exciting. I love this again. All these stories are not happening on Krakoa. This is the fall of X. So something bad is going to happen on Krakoa. This isn't the end of the era, but this is like the Empire Strikes Back of the, of the era. So like something terrible is going to happen to Krakoa and all our homies are leaving. Uh, so Iceman's in Antarctica dealing with Orcus and these guys are in Vanaheim and other people over here. You know, people are um, still the Marauders. Dark X-Men is on um, Limbo. Yeah, they're in Limbo. Because uh, yeah. um, Madeline Pryor is now Queen of Limbo after uh, she's, after Magic succeeded her, her crown to Madeline Pryor. God, oh, good. That's nice of her. It is. It was very sweet. Um, uh, yeah. And then Batman Beyond is getting a new miniseries uh, called Neo-Gothic, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, uh, with art by Max Dun- Dunbar. Um Real quickly, children are going missing and being swallowed by the city's old bones. Batman Beyond will have to go underground, led by a mysterious splicer named Kyle the Catboy, to find <laughs> the children and confront the city's buried sins. This is seen as kind of a more like neo-horror comic where uh, Terry has to go into kind of the, the seedy underbelly of what was old Gotham. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it sounds cool. I haven't honestly read a Batman Beyond comic in a while, but um, this writing team, who is the current writer of the Captain America comic, and they're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy comic coming out, so it's a great, great team. So like, this gives me uh, insight to want to read it, uh, excitement to read it. Yeah, I didn't know they did the the last Batman Beyond miniseries with, with Neo Gotham, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. that was the one where it's Bruce Wayne had died, and then Terry became like the only Batman. So this is a sequel to that. Um, oh, okay, got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I'm interested in picking that up now because I I'm interested too. in this. Yeah, because I, I really like this writing team. Uh, they're 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 hot stuff. Uh, and I definitely yeah. want. I would love to read more Batman Beyond. It's been a long, long time. Their their Star Trek book is very good. They're all over the place, man. They're doing yeah. good work. Uh, they're running the Star Trek line at IDW, which is Hell great. Yeah. I love it. Um. Okay. Uh. Now we're at Star Wars Celebration. Do 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 do. Um, this was held in London, so every time we woke up, there was tons of news, um, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, so we'll just read through some of the stuff, and we'll 
discuss. Tales of the Jedi is receiving a second season. We do not have a release date yet. Or do we know who will be in it? But that's cool. I like that. And I want to see more Tales of the Jedi. Sure. Um, Star Wars Skeleton Crew has revealed its directing team with Jack Schrerer, who is the director of the current Netflix streaming series Beef and the upcoming director of Thunderbolts. Um, John Watts, David Lowry, as, and David Lowry and the Daniels, who we've talked about before, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Lee Isaac Chung, who directed the Oscar-nominated film Minari. Oh, shit. That's awesome. So they will be directing episodes of Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which is the Jude Law centered show these are a lot of film directors yeah yeah which does make me go back to i do wonder if each individual episode is going to be more like its own little movie uh Maybe. during during celebration it was described as like like an 80s amblin adventure that we use like goonies and stuff like that so like um i don't know because th- there are a lot of like really high class directors for each of these things and if it's going to be just like an hour like i'm so curious what that show is yeah because like it sounds like they're doing, yeah, like every episode will be a different thing with this, with the amount of interesting directors you're getting. Um, yeah. Even if there's like a larger narrative, yeah, yeah. sprawling thing for like, it does feel like we're going to get something much more, much, much more like singularly separated as we go through. Yeah. Um, as we know, Jude Law is in the series, but uh, Carrie Condon, um, who has been in a lot of things, I didn't recognize her as anyone except for Friday. In, in the MCU, Tony Stark's second AI. Yeah. Um, that's who she is. Um, Ravi Kobot, um, Kobot Khan years, uh, who played the little boy in Encanto. Uh, Kiriana Cratter, who very new, done a bunch of shorts. Um, and Robert Timothy Smith uh, from Mythic Quest. Uh, they will star in the show with Jude Law. And it will follow a, a group of kids who go on an adventure throughout the galaxy. And as Ryan said, uh, more of an Amblin-style adventure. Amblin! Oh, uh, Carrie Conan was in the Banshees of Inishiran this year. Nominated for a lot of things. Oh, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah uh, uh, and the series will be released this year. Love it. So. All right. Star Wars Acolyte. Ooh! Did any of you see this trailer? Because I did. No, I didn't see any of the leaked trailers. Nope. Internet's it's so easy. It's so easy. Right? Um, I, I specifically didn't didn't go searching for it. I'm sure I could have found it. Um, but real quickly, the news is um, Star Wars Acolyte has ca- uh, we 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 know about some of this casting. It cast Lee Jung Jay a little while ago. And now we know they're playing a, a Jedi Master. Uh, this is the gentleman from Squid Game. Uh, we now know that Yunus Watomo, um, who took over the role of Chewie in the Star Wars sequels. Um, from Peter Mayhew, uh, he will play a Wookiee um, Jedi in this. Uh, and then, Re- yeah, and then Rebecca Henderson from Russian Doll, Werewolves Within, other things uh, will stall as uh, Vernestra Rowe. Hell yeah! Which is a character, a pre-established character that you're familiar with, right, Ryan? Yeah, she was in Charles Soule's Light of the Jedi. She yeah. was a 15-year-old teenager, one of the youngest Jedi's ever to become a Jedi. Uh, Jedi. Uh, she will be 115 in this show. This place will be 100 years after the Starlight Beacon incident. So this will be 100 years before uh, the Phantom Menace. Wow. Uh, lots. They are, they are, they're doing so much time stuff. Specifically this Star Wars celebration. Uh, 
I was jonesing with just how far into the future, the past, the middle. We're just going literally everywhere. Uh, real, real, real exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, the series was described, was, was apparently pitched by Leslie Headland as Frozen meets Kill Bill. Hmm. Insane. Um, it's the Frozen because they're dealing with like royalty and stuff, but Kill Bill because they have to murder each other. That's, that's, I like it. I'm into it. I, I read some of the, go ahead, Sparks. I was going to ask Ryan what he thought of the footage he saw. Uh, it was, it was a very, it was like a very quick. Um, it, the thing that most excited me was, um, it doesn't look it's the first time it's Star Wars has not looked like the prequel or the sequel era. It looks like the High Republic era. So it, the costumes, the sets, I was like, holy shit, it's actually like, it's actually different. Um, it was really cool. Uh, again, it was like a 30 second short thing, but like, sure. it, it, it was exciting. I'm like, oh man, they're wearing like, if you've seen any of the outfits from any of like the, the teaser posters from the, from the High Republic, like the garb that they wear, like, oh, they're wearing all that old school shit. Uh, it's just really cool. It's really cool. Um. Yeah, I I read some of the descriptions of the footage from Empire, uh, they, because they're like, oh my god, we saw Carrie Ann Moss fighting another Jedi, and it looked really cool. And I was like, that does sound cool. Um, looking forward to this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Star Wars Ahsoka. Um, we now know that Genevieve O'Reilly will return as Chancellor Mom Mothma. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah, indeed. Lars Mickelston, we now confirmed, will be. Thrawn. Mickelson, on accident. Yeah. Okay. Mickelson, Mickelson. I did. I did stumble that. Uh, Mad yeah. little brother. Yeah. Lars Mickelson will return as Thrawn. There was no other good choice to make. Nope. Um, David Tennant will return as the droid Huang, he- he- um, which is a-, a droid from a very good episode of the Clone Wars. Um, this is for those of you who don't remember. It's the episode, and just kind of get Ben context. This is a droid who trained Jedi how to build lightsabers. So, like, he took them to Elam, where the uh, crystals are, were, are mined, and told and taught them how to make uh, Jedi lightsabers. And Ahsoka was part of that episode. Very good episode. Um, and so, uh, uh, so David Tennant was the droid in that, and he's returning. We see him in the trailer also. The directors for this episode will be for this episode for the series will be Dave Filoni. Makes sense. Uh, Steph, Steph Green, who directed episodes of Watchmen and the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Peter Ramsey, who directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and uh, episode five of The Mandalorian. Cap- Pirate Captain Gorian Shard. Yep. Um, I didn't know that that was the director of Into the Spider-Verse. And I didn't. And I, and I took that to, to, to realize that he did not return to direct Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so he's going to direct the episode. Jennifer Getzinger. Uh, directed episodes of Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Uh, Gita Patel directed episodes of House of the Dragon and Runaways. And Rick from Uyawa, who we've seen direct episodes of Mandalorian before. Right on. So yeah, so so all old and new new people coming in, love it. And uh, Kevin Kiner, who was the composer on Rebels, Bad Batch, Clone Wars, will return to score this series. This will be his first live action Star Wars show. He's directed like Law and Orders. I mean, it's composed like Law and Orders, tons of live action shows, but he's never composed live action star wars until this moment that's awesome very cool yeah. uh i like the trailer music i don't know if it's indif- indicative of what the music will be in the show but uh, i thought the music was pretty good uh i'll be honest y'all i popped really really hard for this trailer more than i thought i was going to um and it's not just well it's a lot because of rebels because i just I, I freaking love rebels. it's a lot it's a lot of rebels. there's a lot of rebels it's a lot of rebels but i think just like the the production value the quality it looks better than mandalorian it looks higher higher quality in every way in my opinion um 
and yeah, like it is again, like them doing the big swing of bringing in Thrawn is 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 huge. It's huge, and like the ramifications of that are massive. Right. Um, and it just looks like well, again, whether the show, like with the Star Wars show, like the, the trailers can be great and they can be hit or miss, but like like I I'm I'm really digging the vibe they're putting out with this first trailer. I really yeah. dig the vibe of it a lot. Yeah, I, I go ahead, Ben. No, I was gonna say I um, echo a lot of what Ryan said. Now, obviously, I don't know much about Thrawn. I'll only probably talk to you guys. What little Rebels I have seen does make me excited because I've seen Hera was made me happy. Seeing Sabine again was like hell yeah. Um, yes, I know. I'm on notice. I need to finish all Rebels until that show comes out. <laughs> you um, have it till August, Ben. I August. Till, I got until August. But I'm very excited for Ahsoka. And I feel that a Star Wars show trailer, it's been a little, it's been a minute since a Star Wars trailer, especially for a Disney Plus show, has gotten me this kind of like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to pop off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like I, I'm, I really, so, okay. So the fact of the matter, I want to get this out of the way. I have yet to see Rosaria Dawson be a good Ahsoka. Of the only two times, admittedly, we've seen her, I have not been crazy about her performance as Ahsoka, and I'm hoping that under the under the kind of the the, the strict tutelage of Dave Filoni in this episode in this series, we'll get something a lot closer to the Ahsoka I'm familiar with, and I hope that is the case. Um, and so I'm willing to so I'm willing to to give her another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very exciting to see Chopper again. Yeah. I'm so I look. I'm really excited to see Hera and Sabine again. But man, I saw Chopper and I was like, I miss that psychopathic droid. I he can't wait to see droid. him be psychopathic. He's the greatest droid. Uh, doesn't that droid commit war crimes? Oh, many. Bro, he <laughs> he should be in jail. Yeah, <laughs> he tries. To, he he just tries to kill people in that show just all the time. And he's it's like, like the, it's fine because it's a kids show, right? But like, he's like the one droid in all of star wars is like if there is a droid that needs to be disassembled thrown into the lava pits of mustafar it's that one they'll give you a thumbs you know up on the way down r2d2 r2d2 is like chaotic good yes, yes. and chopper is chaotic neutral yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Like he will it's border borderline towards evil, but <laughs> mostly neutral. Like he 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 will he helps the he helps the homies out, but sometimes like he'll also do something really really messed up, and he'll put everyone in danger because like he's I, just got a couple screws loose. I'll I, like I'll always go back to like there was a moment where he let a stormtrooper fall to his death and laughed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's a little he's a little maniac. Um. Okay. Seeing Lothal in live action was really cool yeah yeah i see the, the big tower yeah um i'll be honest because like we didn't talk about it but the, this was also where we learned who mary elizabeth winsa is playing oh my god she's playing Hera. oh that yeah. made me lose it dude <sighs> i'm torn because yeah. i'm excited because it means Hera's going to be a really good role yeah because it's winston playing her but this is another one we've talked about before where i'm like this could have been vanessa marshall sure Sure. There's 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 no reason this couldn't have been Vanessa Marshall. Like we we get Lars Mickelson, we get Katie Sackhoff, but we can't have Ashley Eckstein and we can't have Vanessa Marshall. Yeah. Uh and I'm like, eh, eh. and like they have yet to do pull a last of us and give Ashley Eckstein or Vanessa Marshall an appearance somewhere else related to the properties of these characters they originated. Yeah. The Eckstein one, to be honest, bothers me more because there's a bigger legacy there, but like 
also Vanessa Marshall's very good and like created a great Hera character. And like, I do think Winsett's going to do an incredible job. Yeah. And I appreciate her because she's a serious actor. So she's watched Rebels. So she'll embody Hera. I'm not worried about it. But like, yeah. I I would have also been happy to see Winstead play someone else and see Vanessa Marshall play Hera. The, yeah. That 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 is true also. Yeah. The the thing of the the fact of the matter is like the idea in an ideal world this show is animated, <laughs> and as and as far as we we know up until a point up until Dave Filoni started working on the Mandalorian it was, um and then it and then it evolved into this and I I, I, I don't I sorry finish your thought sorry. Well, I just think that like. I personally, I would have preferred to continue the story in an animation in an animated format because it kind of gives us more room. It gives us more episodes to play with. This is going to be eight episodes with a, with a big budget, and we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff. But it does kind of limit you character wise. Yeah. Um, and I think in an animated format, you wouldn't you wouldn't have the same limitations. And so I do lament that we're not getting an, an animation. However, I do like what I'm seeing here. I don't think this should have been animated. And the reason yeah. I don't think that is because if you're tying it into everything that's happening in the other parts of this time with Mando and everything, this needs to be live action. And Thrawn deserves to be taken seriously. And mm. Thrawn's not going to be taken seriously if he's always an animated villain. That's unfortunate. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not going to do it. They're not going to take these characters seriously unless they make the jump to live action. This show does deserve to be live action. Rebels was good enough. And the ultimate conflict with Thrawn, especially if Thrawn is tying into the building of the First Order stuff, yeah, that should be live action. So I do feel that way about it. I just think like there's room to, and then there still is room to do right and at least give Ashley Eckstein and Vanessa Marshall their flowers and allow them another character inside of these properties so that they at least appear somewhere and get their recognition because this is something last of us did very well the original motion capture voice actors for joel and ellie are incorporated into the live action show very well even the side characters too yeah uh there's no reason that the same shouldn't be done for marshall and Eckstein here I yeah agree. i mean i think you're i think you're right i personally because of my own person because of who i am and who we are i didn't think about the fact that Thrawn would be taken more seriously in live action because I personally, that's not how I think. Like I would, I see Thrawn in animated format. Like he's just as threatening as any character in, in live action, but you're right that the general public is not us and they would, yeah. and they, and they do look at animation. They do look down on animation. I can't make my wife excited about Thrawn stuff being built up in Mandalorian because she doesn't know who he is yeah. because she doesn't take the show seriously enough to watch them. I love her, but that's true. And uh, live action is going to make her care. It's, yeah. it's it just how it is. Yeah. That is a bummer. Yeah. That's a really good point. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Like we hear online, like, Oh, I have to watch a, I have to watch a four season kids show in order to understand the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series one. No, probably not. But no. two, uh, uh, so what? It's a good show. Right. And um, uh, also three, how dare you? I, but I think like going back to what Ryan brought up earlier when Thrawn was first created in the 90s, like fans have wanted Thrawn to be in live action for a long time. Mm. That character is cool. He does deserve it. It was one of my fears when he first appeared in Rebels that I'm, is that I'm like, I'm this really glad it. they incorporated Thrawn, but this is probably all we ever get of him. Yeah, 100%. And so that's why I was so thrilled by the ending of Rebels because it left the door open for this for him to show up not only show up again but show up in a way where like all of the star wars media has to take him as a serious presence because he'll be in live action yeah and point. like i agree with you it shouldn't take that barometer for star wars fans like like all fans to engage with it in that way but that is what it is and yeah. like 
it, the character does deserve that. The character does deserve to like have the standout moment in live action. So I'm thrilled to do it. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm I'm sure Winstead's going to be great. Yeah, going back to the point of Hera, I just uh, I I I wish that like we weren't doing this like pick and choose about who gets to bring back their anime character and who doesn't. Um, There's a couple of dark yeah. Jedi in here, guys. Well, real quickly, it's to be Zeb yeah. also. So, like, sorry. Anyway, yeah. I mean, but but to kind of reinforce your point, real quickly, like, it would be like if we like we're getting a Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, a Star Trek: Lower Decks crossover this year, and it would be like if if those voice actors weren't their live action versions. Yeah, yeah. And they are, and that's good because that show is developed in a way that those actors could play their live action versions, and kind of you could do the same with Rebels. Uh, we did see Ezra, though. We now have a confirmation of who is playing Ezra. Uh, we the see hologram. the we see the the hologram image that Sabine has. That's dope. Love it. I love it. But you you mentioned the two dark Jedi. One, Ray Stevenson. Yeah. So um, Ray Stevenson's playing a guy named Balin, and then he's got a lady named Shin. And in this trailer, again, uh, I brought up way earlier in the podcast, but uh, Ahsoka calls Thrawn heir to the Empire, mm -hmm. and that is a very heavily coded thing because that is the name of the original Thrawn trilogy. It's the first book is heir to the Empire, and when I see um a dark jedi and thrawn returning from the unknown regions i'm like okay you're clearly doing something from heir to the empire um in heir to the empire uh there is a secret palpatine cloning facility that's being guarded by a guy named joris uh Sabauth. and he is a clone of a jedi who was killed he was cloned by palpatine and he's an evil dark jedi guarding uh palpatine's clone facility um that's not what's happening in this show but he is a dark jedi from the outer regions that thrawn helped that thrawn found and he's bringing him into the into the newer regions to see what's up because that dude is a dude who's been a sith or whatever for you know uh, uh so far out the galaxy he doesn't know what's going on in the inner rim in like in this the galactic war right he's just a sith from a billion light years away that thrawn found um and that's really exciting i think that's really cool um i have not watched the bad batch y'all but there's some Heir to the Empire stuff happening in Bad Batch. There's a, something that happened in the Bad Batch season one finale, um, Camino Lost, where they mm -hmm. go to a place called Mount Tantus. Does, do you guys remember Mount Tantus? It's, it's a Camino cloning facility. Yeah, so that is Palpatine's secret cloning facility from Heir to the Empire that yeah. they're setting up. Um, this is all, it's all, they're all doing so much Heir to the Empire stuff. Like this trailer unlocked like so many things. Again, I've read, I've listened to so much Thrawn stuff in the past uh, a couple days, uh, new and old. Um, the, the way that they've been building to it has been, you know, execution wise, maybe a little sloppy, but now I like, I, this trailer is out. I see the vision, like they, they're doing Thrawn perfectly. They're doing it good. I, I love it. I think it's really cool. Um, the clone stuff, like they're not throwing that away from Mandalorian. Like I see, I see, I see the vision. Like, like it's really cool. Um, the movie that they're leading up to, like it could be more of that, or it could be something different. I doubt it. Like, um, with Thrawn being in live action, mm -hmm. uh, I think that he looks from what we see of the back of his head very good how they kind of frame that it, he it, it feels like thrawn like lars mickelson was obviously the clear choice to bring the character to life in live action um it, and it, you know you see you see that kind of walking like oh there there he is like before i even before i even saw the because the first time i saw this trailer was on my phone so really low res i didn't see the blue skin i mm -hmm. was like oh that's thrawn yeah. Like there was no question in my head from the way he presented himself to him, the way the pre it, it, it presented that that was Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just really, it's just really 
I love that they're taking the heir to the Empire story and they're like, okay, we don't have Luke and Han and Leia, yeah. but we do have Ahsoka and the Rebels crew that we can just replace them with. Because uh, they, it is the same time period, just with new characters. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's awesome. It shows that Dave Filoni, and again, I watched like all of the the celebration interviews and like the Dave Filoni one, he was getting emotional. I'm like, y'all, like, I get it. Like, y'all are so excited. I get it. If I wasn't on the stage, I'd be on in the, in the, in the crowd with you. I am here for you. I love these guys as much as you do. I get it. Uh, and I can't say the same for all the other creatives. And that's not to say that like, they don't love Star Wars, but Dave Filoni gets Star Wars. That dude knows Star Wars. Right. Uh, and I'm just hoping that everything he's building to with Ahsoka, it's able to be pulled off. Cause like, if Ahsoka is not super great, man, it's that's that's gonna be a lot of. Oh, we did a lot of building up for what? I mean, yeah, it's Ahsoka's his baby. Yeah, um, like he would, like he created that character with George Lucas, and and has shepherded that character's entire evolution um, since. And I just, if he messes this up, I'd be shocked. It's gonna, frankly. yeah, I I have su- I have such faith again because like them doing part rebel stuff, which is his baby. And then just like using Air to the Empire stuff, which is already there, and you could just adapt it differently with Thrawn stuff. Like it's so perfect, it's so well. You have a slam dunk on your hands right here. Man. It feels like a slam dunk. Um, but again, like these eight episode miniseries things, like who who knows? You know, like I want to believe so bad. I want this is the one that's like, oh man, this I I need this one to be good. I need this one to be good. Yeah, I really. I mean, I've been I've been looking forward to a Rebel sequel ever since we started hearing rumblings about it years ago now. So, like, I'm yeah. God, I, I really hope this one is good. Yeah, um, it just yeah, it's gonna be really cool seeing all those characters again in live action, like with the with the guy who made them. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it's just it, it is an exciting time. Like, it, it's nice to like because uh, you know you can sometimes like you know we get old enough, like sometimes we can get cynical about things. But like this, like I really did pop for this trailer, and it felt really cool. Like, man. Thrawn is such an O, such an OG school Star Wars character uh, that is going to be reintroduced to so many more people, and I'm just right. really excited about that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that in a minute um, because uh, they announced the upcoming new Star Wars movies. They had a big whole hullabaloo. Mm. Like, here's the directors for the next three Star Wars movies. Um, so James Mangold returning to the Star Wars universe. We know he was trying to do a Boba Fett movie ages ago before that was before they abandoned all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll he'll direct the movie set um, set around the first ever Jedi. So set at the dawn of the Jedi, it will be about the first ever Jedi. Twenty five thousand years. New, yeah. new point on the timeline. It is the first. Yeah, it is. It is the old, old, old Republic. Well, I don't think there's a Republic at this point. It, it, it's the old is what it is. It's just the old. It's just the old. Um, this will be set the in the... The opening crawl will just be a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's it. <laughs> Nothing happened. That'd be really, <laughs> that'd yeah. be really clever, actually. Um, uh, this will be set in the Dawn of the Jedi, which was a new era that they've added to the timeline. Um, uh, and will um, is described as a biblical epic that's inspired by Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. Love it. Love it. Um, he is currently writing this as well as his Swamp Thing movie. So, oh my God, could you imagine the life he's living? Man, at, this morning writing Star Wars, at night writing Swamp Thing. What a life! Finishing up my work on uh, Indiana Jones. On Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's Scott Logan um, in the can. Yeah, I'm really happy he's getting another chance to do a Star Wars movie because 
honestly, I was kind of bummed he never got to do that Boba Fett movie. I thought he yeah. could have done a really good Boba Fett movie. Um, but yeah, now now that he's coming back and do and like we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when I'm done reading all these. Um, so Sh- uh, Charmin obeyed Chinoy, uh, who we've talked about is directing a Star Wars movie. This is the one that Damon that Damon Lindelof was a part of who and left. Mm-hmm. Uh, now um, Stephen Knight is writing this one. Um, this is going to be set 15 years after Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker in a new time in a new point in the timeline uh, called the New Jedi Order. It will be about Ray Palpatine. Sorry, Ray Skywalker. That was a that was a slip. I did not mean that. Uh, which will be about Ray Skywalker. Daisy Ridley is returning to the role. Um, and will be about her developing a new Jedi Order. Then was the whole point, like the last Jedi, about maybe we don't need to do to build a new Jedi Order. Well, it's no, and it's not necessarily. That's not necessarily the point of the last Jedi. The, the point of the last Jedi is to trying to do the Jedi Order as it was again. Yeah, was the mistake. And well, so, that's, yeah, I mean, like, but she's making another Jedi Order, right? And but the hope is that she would learn from the mistakes of the previous two and would build a Jedi Order that's far more you know, that's capable of attachments or that's not going to uh, fall to the same corruption that uh, the first one did. Um, So I think, I think that's kind of where I hope that's kind of where they go with it. Not trying to make the Jedi order as it was, but try to learn from the mistakes of the original Jedi orders. Finally, where Luke couldn't. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be about that. Like there still should be a, a Jedi order right like there still should be people who are helping guide force uh sensitive users to engage with the light side of the force but not necessarily teaching them the rigid structure that the jedi used to live by in the time of the republic but like um and i think that will be eventually right bridged with grogu yeah because there's no way they're not bringing grogu to ray he'll be a crisp 98 yeah um, and then Dave Filoni will direct a live action Star Wars film um, that will cap off the Mandoverse. There's also real quick, like there's no way they don't at least ask John Boyega to come back for that same Ray film. I'm sure they I'm ask. not sure if he'll say yes. Yeah. Uh, they'd have to probably really do something for him for yeah. that. But like, I, I have to imagine they ask because there's no way you just like ignore that. I, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll ask, but like I... Unless it is like a substantial role and a lot of money, like I unless just, he has a lot of control. Yeah, I just don't know if that dude, the way just how outspoken he's been and where, where he's at in his career now, I'm just like, I don't know if he would come back. But like, hey, crazier things. Have I think the most important thing that happened that could be a path to that is that thing where when he talked very openly about the problems with what happened with Star Wars, that Bob Iger mm-hmm. and some others called him in for like a discussion, not not for any like pull this back or like we just want to talk and we want to know like how you feel about this because we want to know how to do better yeah and like boy i guess that that was a really like helpful and, and important conversation to him so like that can yeah be a bridge to the possibility that he would return but like i i'm not holding my breath i just for the character like you want it because like he should be there because if she's making a jedi order he's force sensitive then he should be part of it yeah, yeah. let's let's hope that they to go through with that um I am really excited for all three of these. Mm-hmm. I think all three of these have a lot of potential. Yeah, I'm actually mostly excited for 15 years of in the in the future and 25,000 years in the past. Yeah, because it's unknown. I, That's why I'm excited too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
I well, it's also nice that Daisy Ridley is coming back. I do really mm-hmm. like her as Ray, um, and I'm I'm happy to see that character return. I've, I've been waiting desperately for anything that was going to wash the taste of Rise of Skywalker out of my mouth, so it's not the furthest point in the timeline anymore. So, like, I'm happy to have something where they can, like, not necessarily fix Rise of Skywalker, but yeah. they can at least start to path correct of, like, hey, let's make you feel a little better about Sand, where we're at at this point Sand in time. Like, down, smooth yeah. it down the same way that they had to do with some of the prequel work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Would you guys... Show and all that. But, like, just real quick, man, like, uh, that's nice because, like, also it's something where I was, like, I hope they don't wait too long to try to move into that space. And it's like, how do you not bring Daisy Ridley back for that space? I'm glad she doesn't feel so burned that she wouldn't return. Yeah. Because, like, you have Grogu, you want to move Grogu into that space. It just makes sense. Yeah. While Daisy Ridley would be willing to return, like you want to tell that story because like they would meet. That's the thing that that, that would happen. And yeah. And I, that's, that's not, it's not to say that's exactly what they will do in the first movie, but that is the, tra- that seems like the trajectory. And that is like Yoda started training in like when he was around a hundred and that's, that would be around the same time Grogu's age. Like that doesn't seem on like a, not a coincidence. Um, uh, but Ben, you were trying to say something. You said, uh, what would you... Would you guys think that Ray's, or the new movie, 15 Years in the Future, will be called Star Wars Episode Ten? No, um, because that's the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, the, so it's the, the, the Skywalker saga is the prequel original. And these all feel like they're meant to be standalone. And okay. I say that because they put up this timeline where they added the two new eras. Um, and, they, and they said every every project will will span these eras so we're not going to be stuck in one era anymore we're going to move around specific eras and that just kind of feels to me like while sequel potential it could be there at this moment they're being conceived as standalone okay i i do think eventually ben there will be an episode 10 but i think we're a long ways away from it yeah 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 when they're willing to divorce themselves from the idea that the episode titles mean skywalker Okay. I think they're going to want to keep the the main core thing generational. So I think we will get a bunch of Star Wars movies, but we won't get ten for a while. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then that will be like a big deal. Like, no, this is Episode Ten of the saga movie. You know, they can make a whole a whole thing about that. Yeah. Um. Uh, real-, uh, real quick on the Filoni movie, like, I hope that they don't rush to this conclusion. That's the that's my only thing. Like now that they're announcing it now, and the Ahsoka show hasn't even come out. Like I don't want them to drag their feet through it either, but I don't want them to rush. Yeah. yeah. Uh, towards it either. I'm like this should be this should be fully filled out if you're gonna bring all these Mando characters and Ahsoka characters and uh, yeah, Luke. I described it because he you. will. Oh. Yeah. I described it to look. I, no, I get right. it. Yeah. I get it. But objectively, Luke should be part of this story, even if only in a minor way. If it's fine. I agree. I agree. Recast him. I mean, I agree with that, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, just... I, here's the thing. I'm happy. You want to bring in Luke because this is doing Thrawn stuff and Luke needs to be a part of this, about a part of the story? Great. If you, and if you cast him, great. I'm so in for it. I'm not here for CGI Luke. Or bare minimum, at least. Just don't use the voice thing. Just yeah. let, let Mark Hamill record the lines, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talking to Sparks about, like, I don't think this movie is going to be... It is the end of the Mandalorian saga, right? I think this is, like, the end of the phase one, basically. Because, like, mm-hmm. the Mandalorian will go on forever, right? But, like, whatever they're building towards, it's not even ending in Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is, like, is like the match that will spark whatever happens in this movie, right? This is a question, like, do you think Ahsoka is a one-season show? No, because in not the interview, in the interview, she was like, and y'all, if you like the show enough, we want to do a season two, let's get it. 
Yeah. So like, I think it's built yeah. as one season that can be more. But we're also a few years out from this movie anyway. I don't think yeah. this is the next movie. Um, oh, no, think, yeah. And so like, because of that, I think that we could get two seasons of Mandalorian, two more seasons of Mandalorian, maybe two more seasons of Ahsoka. Skeleton Crew is part of this era as well. And they, they did talk about Skeleton Crew being in the Mandoverse, quote unquote. <laughs> um, so like, we're, we're, I still think we get seasons out of it, but I do agree with Sparks. I, really, I want them to take that time. I want them to yeah. take that room, not rush to this movie conclusion. Because I've seen... I've seen this happen with comic books a lot where like, if you got a destination in mind, you decide that you just want to get there as quickly as you possibly can. And you lose something along the way. And I don't want to see that happen with this, with the, with this story. Yeah. I think there will still be a story with Din and Grogu post this movie. Yeah. And post the Thrawn stuff. But I do think this movie needs to be probably the epic conclusion of Thrawn. Right. Like, and so I want them to take their time getting there. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. That excites the movie should be the conclusion of like, well, yeah. this is the big final that's, thing with Thrawn. That's the thing that excites me about this movie more than anything is that it's Thrawn on the big screen. Yeah. Right. So like we get, let's say we get the season of Mandalorian, right? It, they already, even if Thrawn isn't like a major factor in the last couple episodes, like he is a factor of the season in some capacity, right? That will lead into Ahsoka. We get one more season of Ahsoka. We get another season of Mando and then we get the movie. I think like three seasons, like three seasons of, of a Thrawn, you know, uh, uh, might be it might be enough. I think. Yeah, I agree. I I also really really hope, um, kind of going way back, but like that we get much more Mothma across all this because I think Mon Mothma is a very easy way to give us this insight into what was going on with the New Republic and the ultimate like shift to the Resistance splitting off from that because you can't do it with Leia easily unless you're willing to recast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you can do it with Mon Mothma easily easily um yeah i think she's I doing think such a great job the fact that genevieve o'reilly is in ahsoka is very exciting um because i really like her as mon Mothma, obviously from andor but uh for that very reason that you just said sparks that like we can get more about the new republic because they, they even said on the stage like it this would be the new republic against the remnant empire um which is what they call the empire around uh that's still around so like this so like genevieve o'reilly has to be a big part of this and that's really and that's really cool because she would because she would be the one being like her, her politicians are the ones where are the ones that are kind of telling her not to worry about the remnant empire but she knows what's up she just can't really do a lot about it. her hands are tied which is why she sends leia to the resistance yeah um and so we could we could see that we could see that happen um uh, that's just really exciting to me it's going to be really, really interesting how much of Air of the Empire they actually they actually take. Because, again, like, the Mount Tantus stuff, like, that cloning facility, the stuff that's happening in Mandalorian, like, it is, it is like, so interesting that, like, the trajectory they're going is that Thrawn's going to have, like, a huge-ass clone army. Uh, that's what he does. And he not only has a clone army, he... He, Mr. Sinister, puts his own DNA in clones so that they are smarter and more tactile stormtroopers. You know what's worse than a stormtrooper? A stormtrooper is actually good at their job. Uh, that's why Thrawn is such a threat. Um, God, I'm so excited, y'all. Like, even if, like, I like, I don't know. Like, Thrawn himself will be dope because I got the actor. You know, uh, Filoni knows how to write Thrawn. Like, he did himself in Rebels. So, like, I'm, I'm just really excited. Like, this was a really good Star Wars celebration. Like I, these are projects that are all probably actually going to happen. You know, they, they, like I'm not worried about these ones not happening. Right. Uh, uh, my only other thing is um, looking at the Ahsoka trailer, like where is Rex? Is he safe? Is he, <laughs> is he all right? <laughs> yeah. Same. I, I hope I, I'm, I'm sure we see Rex. We gotta. Um, 
Uh, Grayson in the chat, however, I do want to I do want to acknowledge Grayson's uh, latest comment. Was it just a fan casting when someone mentioned Sebastian Stan could pull off a young Luke? Yes, it was a fan casting. I'm not sure if I still am on board with that casting, but I wouldn't mind it, frankly. He's definitely got the look. Yeah. I, I don't know if I... I'd have to see more of what he what other roles he's done if he could play like the Luke type character. He's definitely got like his face down. Yeah. yeah. But like can he be Luke? I don't know. I don't know. Um but that said, like I all three of these projects, all three get of these movies Sebastian, get Sebastian Stan, Alden Einerick, and Billy Lord all together. And there you go. There's your Luke oh, Land. Oh my God. <laughs> that's my dream. Smart. Dude, that is for real. Like I just want those characters to be around with new people. Just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's well, the reason why I also said uh, Ahsoka could be animated because, I mean, I've talked a lot about, like, you can have Luke, Leia, and Han's stories continue in animated format post-Return of the Jedi, and that would be really easy to do. And, you know, you could have done that in an Ahsoka show. That too. is that is the, unfortunately the hardest thing about, like, trying to do post-Return of the Jedi stuff with your OG cast because they're all either dead or, like, 80. Yeah. That's just the unfortunate I thing. Think, I think, honestly, like, we're going to reach the point where they're either going to decide like we want them to be directly involved or we don't yeah and like you you bite the bullet and you bring in alden Eric and you recast luke and you bring in billy lord i i i want to believe that that's that's what will happen well or or you don't make that decision and you don't involve those characters but if you are going to involve those characters then you have to bite the bullet and make that decision yeah so, yes we're committing to our recasting here's alden Eric picking up han solo again deal with it because there's so yeah. much story potential that you're just ignoring because you don't want to deal with like the the, act, the acting of it all like not having those three guys around like what are they all doing they're all that's we the, know they're doing stuff and that's the problem and that's the problem with using like these 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 cgi doubles uh these uh, uh deep fakes and whatnot that you're only using them as action figures at this point you're not using them in any meaningful way and if you you like spark said you gotta you gotta just finally be like no more half measures are they going to be in this store are they going to be a part of the story or not and if they are you need to recast them because that's the only meaningful way that they could be yeah um but anyway i'm really excited for all three of these movies i think this i think this lineup looks really great i'm kind of with ryan here like i think the celebration was awesome uh there's a lot there's a lot here that i'm very positive on um i think that uh at the i think that this is i do feel confident that all three of these can be made um and i i feel confident for the future of 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 projects set in different time periods you know that's why i was that's why i was always been excited for the acolyte because now and here's the thing the old republic was on that timeline we could potentially see either an Old Republic movie or series somewhat sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's not just that. It's the fact that they were willing to say, like, the timeline now goes past Rise of Skywalker and the timeline now goes past the Old Republic. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're going beyond all those things. Um, so the, the whole galaxy has opened up. There's a lot more storytelling available. And, like, we're not going to get into it and talk about all the tiles, but, like, they're still pushing very hard on the High Republic book yeah. and comic oh, world. Yeah. And, like, they're still publishing a lot of stories that matter to the material that we're seeing in the films and television shows yeah um yeah. the knights of the republic remake which got which got shelved for a little bit that because most star wars games if they come out those games are canon like that would have been the canon retelling of that original game uh but now yeah. that's four years away probably god i hope that still comes out yeah um the the, the timeline for those of you who don't know um i did write it down it will be the two new eras so dawn of the jedi is the new era added and then it will be then it's the old republic the high republic the fall of the jedi reign of the empire age of rebellion the new republic the rise of the first order and now a new jedi order um and i think that's really cool i liked everything here i like timelines um 
some updates uh, happened. Uh, we don't know. There are other Star Wars movies um, that we've heard about over the years. Sean Levy, obviously, but Taika Waititi was one of them brought up real quickly. Lando, apparently, they didn't. They, they announced the Lando show a while ago. Um, and Donald Glover spoke about it and said that they are still talking about his return as Lando. Um, it's just got to be the right project. So I'm really happy that he's kind of being protective of that while also willing to come back because he is perfect casting for Lando yeah. Calrissian. Um, Taika Waititi Star Wars film. Uh, they talked about uh, he, she, uh, Catherine Kennedy was asked about that. And she did say it's still in the works. Uh, he doesn't really want to bring others into the, that process, and I don't blame him. He has a very unique voice, so we want to protect that, and that's what he's doing. Sure. So, uh, so the Psycho ITD Star Wars film is still happening. Um, IG, IG-11 story. What happened to his body after they left his body massacred on, on in, in Navarro? Became a statue. What? Why? Why are they so crazy? Who would do that? Uh, Grayson live in the chat says, "I'd love to. I'd love to see Sam Witwer as Starkiller, even if they water him down. But I really uh, did have fun with that character in Force Unleashed. Yeah, Star Starkiller is interesting because Dave Filoni tried to adapt Starkiller as one of the um, Inquisitors uh, for Rebels, and Sam Witwer was going to play him. Yeah, I'm at the point where I'd rather see Sam Witwer come back as Darth Maul and like follow up on whatever the end of Solo was. Yeah." One thousand percent. What are you doing, Crimson and Dawn? It, Read the comics. No, I don't want it to happen in Andor. <clears throat> Never mind. Um, Ryan Johnson, Star Wars film. So also asked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, so Kathleen Kennedy said, Ryan and I talk all the time. He is unbelievably busy, so we're not actively involved in anything at the at the moment because he's doing another one of the Glass Onion movies. And then God knows what else. But he really wants to step back into the space. It's a big commitment of time, so that's really on him. Which translates to me, stop asking me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I believe that. That dude is busy doing his own thing, and when he's ready to work on the next one, he will. Like, all I care yeah. about is that like, when Ryan says he's ready, they'll let him. Yeah. That's all yeah. I care mm-hmm. about. That's what, that's what I interpret that as well. That's like... We already knew that he said he wanted to explore something very far away from the the common core point of like one through nine era so like the the galaxy is wide open as we said so he can come in whenever and tell whatever story he wants to yeah i really hope he does i really hope he does because i i i mean obviously i love the last jedi um but i i gotta be honest i i do not believe he'll ever do that star wars another star wars movie um i'm i'm happy with whatever he wants to do um, and I do still want it. I just don't believe it's ever going to happen at this point. Yeah. Um, Whatever makes it so you can sleep at night, my friend. <laughs> I mean, it's better than just constantly, constantly begging for it. At any rate, why I'm excited. <laughs> just, Ryan, why? Outside the poker face studio, like he's making a show. What are Star Wars? Um, but you know what? If he wants to just keep making murder mysteries, murder mystery Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Do, let's do it. Um, there was a Jedi Survivor trailer. We just saw that in Mando. I so, I mean, you know, <laughs> be, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. That's true. There was a Jedi Survivor trailer. Did anyone watch it? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ben did not. What do we think about this? Ben did see it. I mean, again, I'm really hyped because of that that very key factor about, like, there's a High Republic Jedi here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that that 
immediately makes this all very very fascinating like what the angle is going to be in this story and all that kind of stuff like we know this is a high republic jedi we don't know the circumstances entirely of why they're here but like we know we know and like that's cool. frozen. we see them we see them like using up the force and stuff and i'm like oh man what, what where where is this story going i'm i'm thrilled i'm thrilled and i'm also excited this is another thing because i was going to bring this up so but i was waiting for us to talk about jedi survivor i'm also excited because like you kind of can't convince me right now that Cameron Monaghan's not going to be part of that movie. Oh, sure. Like, you don't cast Cameron... We talked about before when Cameron Monaghan first came on as Cal. But, like, you don't cast him without the intention to bring him to live action. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure eventually he becomes part of all this Mando Thrawn stuff as well. They're going to have to age him up a lot. Do you think he survives? Uh... I don't I don't know that they really will because Cameron Monaghan's, like, aging pretty well as is. And, like, they've already, like, he's far along away from where he was as a Padawan apprentice when Order We're 66 still happens. before episode four. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, and so, like, he needs to age another 15 years to get to Mando time. Look, they put, like, they put 10 years on uh, Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us. I think you can put the extra yeah, 10. Yeah, but he was already 40, not put, 20. You can put the extra 10 years on Cameron Monaghan when you get to the point that you want to do this movie because he'll be in his 30s okay. like you can you can take him up to looking like he's in his like early 40s and sure. i think it'd be fine with I not mean, a lot of makeup work hey if bo-katan could be in her 60s then anybody can look like anything exactly yeah i was just about to say yeah, bo -Katan I'm just is saying, like there's no way like you're you're building up camera monahan you don't want to bring him no, of course. So, you, so you don't think his story ends with him dying before a new hope i do not i do not there, you cannot I don't think he I get an fundamentally like don't believe Cameron Monaghan was put into this role to not get a live action appearance somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, somewhere. it could be. I mean, it could. Uh, they could put him in any live action show set within this time period too. So. Yeah. Again, like whatever the future of like the path is, like I think that will be part of this game, which was yeah. in Obi Wan. I think, yeah, like we'll we will see him in the future for sure. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. I'd like to see him uh, in this. Honestly, like. This movie could be really cool. Um, fix the lightsaber effects, please. Anyway. Oh, I meant to ask, what color are Ray Stevenson's, is Ray Stevenson's lightsaber? Orange. Orange. Interesting. I didn't yep. catch that. Yep, 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 yep. They're not... Um, a lot of people are saying they're not kyber crystals. Um, oh, yeah? They are... That they are like uh, proto sabers, which are made from something else. Again, like him so being, so it's, it's a more it's a more reduced quality level of saber. Him being right. again it's speculation, but him being from the uh, the unknown regions, like their kyber crystals or whatever they use for lightsabers could be different. So it gives them a different effect, different glow. Interesting fun fact. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was about to say I could have swore there was another. It, it was either Plo Koon or a different Jedi who had a orange saber. I was just about to say, Plo Koon's toy originally had him with an orange saber. Uh, and then, then they... then the, the thing is, like, the light effect on this, even compared, like, against Ahsoka's, it doesn't look like a lightsaber looks. Like, it's not just the color. It's the, different. It's the way that the light is. Like, it is not the same. No, real quick, but real quickly, just to finish... To telling Ben what this is, um, the so it's most likely a reference to the fact that originally in the Phantom Menace they didn't know that the only color scheme for Jedi lightsabers were going to be uh, blue and green. Up until the Phantom Menace, they thought they could be any color, and then George kind of stuck it to blue and green. Uh, by the time we see all the other Jedi, so that's why Plo Koon's toy originally had an orange lightsaber, and that's probably a reference. That's probably why Ray Stevenson has an orange lightsaber because you know Plo Koon is Dave Filoni's favorite character. He probably knows that bit of trivia and was like, "This would be a fun." throwback to that mm -hmm. you know um so yeah that's cool though i didn't notice that and you said it's a it's like a it's like a like a proto like a proto saber 
That's what some people have been calling That's it. That's a speculation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think just like the main thing is if you look at it, if you look at that like shot where him and Ahsoka are clashing, like those lightsabers are very clearly a different light effect. It's yeah. not just the color. Like they are being designed differently. Like they are different types of sabers. Also the way that uh Balin, that's the character like the way that he was just like deflecting was like very like m- like oh. mechanical like yeah. and i'm like this dude's awesome this dude's awesome i cannot wait to see this dude fight some dudes do you some people are wondering like i don't think this is true but do you guys think that they are fighting in the, the world between worlds that i saw people speculating that yes mm. i i would need to really do a freeze frame hardcore because i didn't um but like I, I wouldn't put it past Filoni. I get I didn't, the of like the way that that space looks, but I just don't think that's what's happening. Yeah, I didn't immediately think that, but Ahsoka's logo has the symbols from the world between worlds. Yeah, so I I did expect to see it at least at some point in the show. Oh, um, a fun, fun, another fun thing, um, the Jedi Temple in Octo that 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 Luke trains at in Last Jedi. There's a symbol on the floor, and that is the symbol of the the twenty five thousand years dawn of the Jedi symbol. Yeah. So whatever temple the Luke was training at is a really 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 old temple. Uh, that's cool. I think they. I think the. They, I don't think they said this. I think this might be speculation, <laughs> just some, based on what people said. But it, it does sound like James Mangold will will at least visit Octo at this point in time. Yeah. Um. Because you're right, it is the same symbol. Could be like an, an original old school temple or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, and doesn't Luke say it's like the first Jedi temple? No, they said something along the lines of like, it, I think it was Han who was saying like, last I heard he went to go like, find find, find a way to commune with like, the older, mm. the older set of the Force, like an older Jedi way. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but it's something like that that Han says. Pretty sure he, I think he said the the first Jedi Temple, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm willing to I'm willing yeah. to just. He was looking for something. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's cool. I'm really excited about this. I am too. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to talk about Star Wars Celebration? Um, no, just uh, that watching all those interviews and seeing all those celebrities, and they're all famous, but like some of them, like like a Genevieve O'Reilly, isn't like ass famous so when they come to a convention like this and there are thousands of fans screaming at them they're like this is in- this is insane i can't believe it thank you guys like the mary, actual- mary elizabeth winsett's freak out because she didn't know they threw up the picture of Hera behind her when she uh, was yeah. asked who she was playing so people start cheering before it's even announced and she was like wow that's crazy uh, <laughs> and like so it was sabine Ahsoka and Hera, like those the actors all together, and they were all look like look at they're the cosplayers for your character, cosplayers for your character, and it was just like, man, like I love conventions and like Star Wars Celebration is like extra special because everyone's there for one thing. Here's uh, here's the most important thing I'll say about this celebration that I think like has given me the most like rejuvenation feeling for just Star Wars in general is that this is the first time where I felt like Lucasfilm is showing not telling that they are making good on everything is expanding the same story because we have so much clear crossover between comics books video games animation and live action all right here at this celebration that they are making clear like these things are linking to this story and xyz and all this kind of stuff and like we are bringing these characters over to like that all of this matters all of this is being thoughtfully cared about all of this is being considered for how it expands the entire story of the star wars galaxy yeah uh and i think that's the most 
uh, encouraging thing about it is because like it it does feel like there's a very thoughtful consideration of like we want to tell all kinds of stories across all this space and we are actively thinking about how they work into each other yeah not even if it needs to be direct but like that these things all exist in in the same balance of storytelling right trailers trailers going to the trailer park hypnotic it's like a, a crime film with the purple man. Hypnotic. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good way to put that. It's, There's stuff I, about this that I think looks really cool. Sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I was going to say, because um, I've got to step away to go to the restroom real quick, but I was mm-hmm. going to say this one looks really trippy, and I, I'm i not very well-versed with Robert Rodriguez's filmography, but this feels like something new. From I mean, obviously it's new, but, you know, new-ish, because... It doesn't look like know. a lot of his other films. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. He, uh, this is the most restraining restraint movie he's ever made because he's he makes Machete and he makes Spy, Spy Kids, Kids and he makes Sin City. This is yeah. the most like pedestrian reg- pedestrian movie. Uh, uh, but it's not pedestrian. Oh, he made uh, Alita Battle Angel. It's not pedestrian because we're dealing with like hypnosis and shit. Um, but like in and, like style. Doctor Strange, like things aren't actually happening the way you're viewing them. So like <clears> it yeah. is. It looks it looks really cool. I think the trailer, there's some good shots and some bad shots, some good lines, some bad lines. Like I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sold on it yet. Uh, but I love that. I love Ben Affleck. It doesn't ben. look like stab. That's for sure. <laughs> Go. Um, so I, I think that like, I love you, Ben. Uh, um, I think this is a terrible trailer. Like honestly, like I, I did not care for this trailer. Yeah. And it was only at the end of this trailer that I decided to to see if you guys wanted to include it in the trailer in the trailer section because there's a lot more trippiness happening with like the buildings are moving and the, nothing is out of the scene like that's the stuff that i wish there was more of in the trailer to kind of give me more of a sense because i feel like what's what the marketing team is doing is being like hey here's a crime procedural that that robert Rodriguez is doing but for you nerds we'll get we'll show you a little hint of what's actually going on it does and i don't feel- care no, yeah, I, I did say to, to Sparks, like, it feels like these are two different movies that were, like, kind of spliced together, but not perfectly. Yeah. Like, the, the trailer kind of gave me that, I like, gave me that feeling. Um, I don't, I agree, like, I don't think it's an incredible trailer, but I do like the premise a lot, and I like the yeah. director, and I like the actors in it. Um, yeah, I really like the guy who's playing the, the hypnotic. Yeah. Um, he's, he's very talented, so, like, seeing him, knowing he's going to be doing this kind of stuff, I'm like, all right, that's going to be... That's gonna be uncomfortable and cool. Yeah, I don't think this was. Yeah, I I don't think this was the best trailer, but like uh, it's showing me enough where I'm very interested in it, and I'm hoping a second trailer can 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 be a better representation. Of it. I like I like the idea of like utilizing crime mystery genre mm-hmm. to tell a story where like your character is an unreliable narrator, whether they intend to be or not, because like we'll yeah. never know when they've been told something and they're seeing something <laughs> that isn't real. And like the idea that we're going to be constantly trying to catch that and figure it out with them throughout the film. And we'll never really know, like, you know, sometimes it'll be like, yeah, that was clearly like not real. There you go. What's it's like, illusion? yeah, but was the other thing real or yeah. does, does he just think that's real? And so we think that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope to be wrong about this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah, yeah looks... I think I think this just looks like a very well considered and thoughtful documentary about Michael J. Fox, who of actors I think deserves it, and it doesn't feel as like not to throw Jeremy Renner. I was oh, gonna say, l- I'm like I'm like maybe I shouldn't say that, um, but not to throw 
not to do disservice to Jeremy Renner's uh, thing coming out for Disney Plus. Renner I think you realized what I was about to say. What, throwing him under <laughs> a bus? Yes, I was. Um, I'll say <laughs> it. I realized uh, I maybe shouldn't. But the thing is, I seriously thought about saying throwing him under a snowplow. Yeah, um, there, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, not his, his, uh, I'm sure that is a, like, he went through something very painful in in that circumstance happening but like looking at the trailer for that like it's very very like playing to the the emotionality that they want to manipulate you to feel about what jeremy renner went through and i'm like i i get it i i'll be honest i don't know if that's a story that we need documentaried in that style but like is it a documentary i I, I thought it was just an interview it's 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 like a pseudo pseudo both kind of thing because it's like documenting his recovery process at the same time. Like they're using footage from like the steps through his recovery. Uh-huh. So interspersed with it. So it's like, it, it, I know what you, you get what I mean though. Yeah. Um, and, and like, this seems much more like a very, whether it's full authenticism or not, very, very earnest portrayal of Michael J. Fox, just wanting to sit down and talk about like, kind of what happened with his career and his life as parkinson's took hold yeah. and and he's he's been very good about not really shying away from that and so like there is an amount of like to- i'm most fascinated about talking about the period where like he was still doing a lot of projects and be- dealing with the beginning of parkinson's and hiding it yeah. and i think that like the fact that he wants to tackle that so directly is is really fascinating and then just like on top of that just engaging in like man, Michael J. Fox had an incredible career, right, guys? And, like, just yeah. doing that as well. I was like, yeah, of course. I'd love to do that. I love Michael J. Fox. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm, I am have nothing more to add to that. Oh, uh, still? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm... I'm. This came out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to watch a documentary about Michael J. Fox and all this stuff. And he is... Like, he is a legend. One of my favorite things about Michael J. Fox is that he did a show called the Michael J. Fox show that I thought was really cool where he played a version of himself. And so he allowed his character to have Parkinson's. And so that was something that was like an active part of the character and like the struggle on the show. And unfortunately he didn't get enough viewership to have another season, but the fact that he was willing to play jokes to the extent where like, he was very unhappy with like his boss who had come over for a dinner kind of thing. And so at one point he like plucked a dinner roll and threw it at him. And then the guy was like, Whoa, what the hell? And he's like, Parkinson's. And <laughs> the fact that Michael J. Fox was willing to play with it in like also struggle. Like he's always been willing to engage with both sides of like not allowing it to be a completely dour thing over his life. So I think like seeing a documentary about him really tackling that in a personal way is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, this is a very short thing, but I just thought it was worth it to put it on here because of their first real look at, at the adventures of Superman. The animation looks great, but I yeah. don't think we were ever yeah. worried about that, but it looks great. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the costume or the S design, but I'm pretty sure it'll grow on me. Yeah. I've seen people say that. Um, I love Lois's design. I know yeah. I probably said that when I, when we first got the first look, but like, man, that's a good looking Lois. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something um, about Lowe's with the pixie cut just makes it look makes her look all the better. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Uh, Mag is in the comments about still. I love how he guest starred in Scrubs and displayed his issues and talk about yeah. not being a burden. He actually so, did the... so go, go ahead, ahead, Brandon. Well, I was going to say he... no. You go ahead. I was going to say that he was in Boston Legal, um, playing a character with cancer, not with Parkinson's, but it was very much meant to be like uh, his kind of thoughts on 
dealing with this illness and and wanting to find a cure and things like that. I, I he, so he he started doing that a lot. I think uh, his appearance in Scrubs, his doctor actually has um, OCD, like like severe OCD, because he has to stay. He's a surgeon who stays in, and he has to clean his hands for like five times, and he has to shut the light off like twenty five times before he leaves the room, and like all this kind of stuff, and like that is not Parkinson's, but he was using a translation of like things that he encounters in different ways with how he has to manage his disease uh, to, to refer to that and, and play to the aspects of how that is damaging his life. Yeah. Um, and the, the struggles that he has to do that normal people don't. Yeah. People. Uh, yeah. Very similar to his Boston legal appearance. He's very good in that show. Um, okay. But, but as far as the Vegas Superman goes, yeah, I really, I really like this animation. I hope for a longer trailer soon. Yep. Uh, Clone High. Ah, darn, I missed this one. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of this when I was a kid 20 years ago. Uh, and it's the same humor, it looks like. Uh, it's just like, it's Lord and Miller, and they are like probably like my favorite comedy duo working in like in Hollywood right now. But just, there's just, the, the, this, the comedy just did not work for me for this one. And it's just, not that it's necessarily bad, but it's just like, this just wasn't working for me. This didn't find it funny. God, I was nervous. No, okay. No. no, I was sweating over here. Okay. So like, uh, I also was like, man, this just like. Not hitting. It feels like the 2002 show and maybe not in a good way. Yeah. Because it's like, it feels like it was still written at the same time. Like, I don't think it has the humor sensibility of modern shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Muppets you, Mayhem. What about you? you, didn't, you didn't... Oh, I was never going to have any input into this. I thought I would put it on there because I know you guys had seen at least part of the original show. I, if you hadn't, this wouldn't be on here. Oh no, yeah, I was. I honestly, I forgot it was happening. Um, and I, and then we saw the show. I was like, but yeah, this like um, this is a surprise miss, and I'm hoping right because like <laughs> everything else, Lord and Miller have put out is perfect. Is always intriguing on site, and yeah. like I'm like I, I guess not this though. Yeah, I'm wondering how much involvement they actually have or if it's just a thing where like they help get it remade and like i'd have to look because like this doesn't feel like them and, i think like, they're only producers on this honestly yeah i guess like their writing is so much sharper than anything in this trailer um i did like the final joke where ape lincoln throws a rock at some guy's nuts and gets hit in the face honestly that made me laugh yeah there, there were a couple of funny funny moments but overall um yeah i was just, i was kind of i was left wanting brandon's always up for a good game of cock rock uh the muppets the muppets mayhem not a lot to say about this because they don't show us a lot i'm just happy that they're making another thing with the muppets and i am really excited that it's focused on the band i love the electric mayhem I yeah uh, give me I'm... daisy jones and the sticks but muppets hell yeah <laughs> all right now we now we're getting some meteor trailers with barbie yo this is gonna be one of the top 10 of the year for y'all sure. there's only one out <laughs> There's only one Alan. There's only one Alan. And his name is Michael. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. <laughs> um, what a. And now they tell me John Cena's in this movie too? Huh. Um, <laughs> this just looks like the most fun you could have at a movie theater. Like, it, this, what a ridiculous movie this looks like. This also, I mean, yes, it looks, it's, it's, it looks really a fun time, but also I have to give credit that when you're all the shots of Barbie land, make it seem like i'm looking at a dollhouse or those commercials like those mm -hmm. those old barbie commercials came to life yeah and i feel like they nailed the aesthetic of toys and accessories for barbie and ken and really i am just 
we still this is like the first full trailer trailer but i am still like very very interested of what the story is i you have me very intrigued and i'm i never thought i'd say this but you got me excited for a barbie movie i think what's so interesting go ahead sorry go ahead now you go in I'm not going to do it this time. I went I went last time. <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, like it's something to the effect of that Barbie learns that, you know, like she can only be one kind of thing because there, she is one kind of Barbie. And so she wants to leave Barbie land so that she can be more than that. So yeah. she goes into the real world and Will Ferrell's like, you can't do that. He, Will Ferrell is the president of Hasbro. Mattel. Mattel. Thank you. He's the president of the actual, the actual Barbie company, which is really, really funny. Um, this trailer sold me on the beach scene where where they're all hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Barbie. Like that was and it's all every single Barbie that Margot Robbie says hi to is a different actress. And I thought that was just incredible. Yeah, um, it's an insane cast. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, I love I love the idea of having so many we knew this was gonna happen with like Ken. We knew that there were different Ken actresses playing Ken's, but I don't know if we knew that there were so many different actresses playing uh, Barbie. Uh and that's so cool that there are just like half a dozen, a dozen actresses and playing these, very different Barbies. Every single one is a real Barbie doll. Like yeah. all yeah. of them. And like some of them are like the deep cuts, the really obscure ones. There's one who has a bionic arm, and that was a Barbie that they made. Um and like, bionic barbie uh, uh a prosthetic arm i mean but like um and there's the like pregnant one who <laughs> i forget the name she doesn't her name's not barbie it's a different name maternal barbie. um but like and and they're including her like this is gonna be nuts this is gonna be nuts i'm so excited yeah uh the 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 beach off joke very good i think there's a music there's, there's musical numbers in this because we see there's like at least a dance off i don't know yeah. if there's musical no like a singing musical number but there's definitely a dance definitely off. A dance off yeah i'm really excited for this i think this a is beach great off, if you will a beach off yeah so many people are gonna get beach off beached off in this movie i'm gonna um, get beached off watching god, this like, movie. did you bring your roller blades i never leave i never leave. i literally <laughs> never go anywhere without them god ryan gosling it's so colorful yeah it, there's these are s- such good actors who are gonna play these roles so well. I'm I'm like I'm f- I'm freaking out. This movie's gonna be so what is, good. again like what a silly idea for a movie that looks like it's just gonna totally rule. Uh, God it. bless that it's not Amy Schumer. Yeah, mm. what a different world we would be in if that was this movie. I really, I really, I think the humor in this movie looks incredible. There's so many bits where like where where Ryan Gosling looks like he just nails this with, with like the the um. Uh, I, I should come over. Why? Because her boyfriend, girlfriend, and to do what? I'm actually not sure. No yeah. idea. No idea. No idea. Um, <laughs> I love when oh. she steps out of the heels. Honestly, in the beginning shot, and then her feet stay that way because oh, that's yeah. how Barbie is. That's how Barbie is. Also, Mag is in the chat saying the Barbie and Ken filter or effect is the funniest idea that they thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, those those social media posters have been going off all week. Like, games. oh my god, seeing so many like like. Uh, comic book people or movie people or John Cena. It's just or like Evangel- an empty Evangelion character. You said, yeah, you said Evangelion. Said, this yeah. Barbie is not a doll. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you guys said yeah. What uh, did you said the Evangelion one? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, there was an Oppenheimer one that made me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a great like someone did a great TikTok video edit of like a 30 second t like trailer spot for like the double feature of Oppenheimer and Barbie and like mixed things together in in the footage and i'm like this is is so nuts the closest time this has happened last was animal crossing and doom coming out the same day i i completely agree because i no but there's actually there's a better analogy because mama mia and the dark knight came out the same day there you go sure there you go (laughs) 
god. Another Christopher Nolan, if you will. Another, another Nolan. So pumped, guys. Barbie yeah, looks it, great. Yeah. It does. Good year for movies. Who could believe it? Cool. Blue Beetle. Also good. Oh, baby. Well, um, guys, this definitely is a lower budget movie that looks way too good. This this was mm. not going to be a theatrical movie. Then it became a theatrical movie. Yeah. And people are ragging on how the budget looks. And like, sure, but it does not look that bad. Specifically, no. the suit itself. Especially looks... when it's not being CGI'd by like any extra stuff. Like when yeah. it's in the air, like when it's just sitting there, it's like, that suit looks damn good. That suit good. looks damn good. Uh, yeah. And like all, all the effects, the family stuff, the George Lopez, it all, I'm I'm sold on this trailer. I'm really excited. Excited for Susan Sarandon to play the bad guy. Ben was sold by the Buster Sword. So like, you know. <laughs> I was sold before that, but yeah, that cemented it. I'm not going to lie. Truthfully, yeah. what sold me was the horrific transformation scene. I was like, Hell, oh, it was yes. Yeah, just having the family in there like screaming <laughs> through it, I'm like, this is pretty good. And it like, like... He, and he's like raised up into the, into the ceiling, like with, with the suit that's screaming for it. Oh man, awesome, look, dude. not to like do too much comparison, but it it has to me the same vibes as when the first Spider Man came out. Yeah, like it's I, the, yeah. it feels like the same kind of like let's go have a great summer comic book movie when they were more rare. Like it, it felt like that, that with an Iron Man coating, sure, because <laughs> it's like the Iron Man suit basically. <laughs> I'm really, really excited like for this. It. Yeah, I really like yeah. it. I, it looks very promising. I think uh, I really like that they, that especially with like the Buster Sword, as you said, they lean into some of the more uh, Super Sentai influences uh, yes. with a suit like that. And I, I think the the suit looks great. Uh, the, the fact that it's a lot of, a lot of the time practical is awesome. Um, I really like that they're is dealing with like Miguel's family and kind of, and and legacy because we do see at the end the other two Blue Beetle costumes. Um, from Ted Cord and his predecessor, uh, which I forget his name at this point, but uh, I think that I think this looks like a winner. I'm really, yeah. I'm really glad Zaslav didn't tax break this one because yeah, I think it just I'm looks, happy. it looks, it it looks different from yeah other comic book movie fair we we've been getting and like cool down for it. Love a different mm -hmm. flavor. Yeah, and like the like the hand to hand action looks like really good too. Like like actual like good choreography, not just like CGI nonsense. Like it looks, this looks good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Speaking of terrible gods, this looks awful. God, <laughs> all what well, character development and great animation and like like antagonists who are protagonists. Like, uh, come on, this looks so stupid. Good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Incredible. Come on. Calling it now, movie of the year. Uh, it's possible. Calling it now. <laughs> that trailer, like. That trailer is cemented. It's like you know what? I know we're gonna love this movie. I know I'm definitely gonna love this movie. Yeah. And this is. I mean, here's the thing, Ben. Here's the thing, Ben. To kind of reinforce your point, like if this movie is as good as Into the Spider Verse, it's got a real contender to be the best movie of the year. If this movie is better than Into the Spider Verse, oh, excuse me. So then, then I saw my uncle Ben, and let me guess, he died. <laughs> horse, horse Spider Man. You see the horse Spider Man? I did. I did not, but I the, love or, I love all the Spider-Man. I love how they're all in different designs. I love seeing Spider-Man Unlimited and the PS4 Spider-Man and the the pointing meme got me so good. How they're all just pointing at each other all over the lobby. <laughs> I love that the Spider-Man pointing meme will never die. This is um 
because they used it in the first Spider-Verse at the end credit scene, which was great. And yes. they're doing it in a digital use. Spider-Man is like you and just the way they can expand on it and make it even better. It's just like, this is amazing. And yeah, I am unbelievably hyped, pumped. I need this in my veins. Just like, yeah, hook it up right now. Do it. Uh, so what we're seeing in this in this trailer is that, and we kind of knew this was this was going from the first trailer that Miguel O'Hara and Miles Miles Morales, whatever the the, the plot of this movie is, have put them at odds, and um, Miguel has the entire Spider Verse behind him, and uh, Miles doesn't. And I'm really curious to see how that works. We also get a small snippet that we're going to kind of see Gwen a bit more. Gwen's backstory, we do see uh, her kind of mourning her Peter. Yeah. Um, Really, really into that. Really like that. I love seeing Sparks, Ben Riley, in beautiful animation. Beautiful, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm also like, I'm really interested in whatever like the real villain is, right? Because it's not, it's not actually Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. Because we know we're, we know this is a two of three. Um, a, a part one of part two, even though they've taken away the part one and part two. I'm not like, sure that the spot is the main villain. Uh, no, I don't think I'm so. not saying that either. Yeah. I'm just saying like, um, I don't think we know who the main villain is, yeah, yeah. but like Miguel O'Hara may be the antagonist for this film, but like whatever's happening here is going to carry over into the next one. And like, that's going to be with a, a different big bad. And, and um, I'm just, I'm just excited. I like that. We haven't seen what the, what the problem is in all these trailers, like whatever, Miles and Gwen are doing that the other Spider-Men don't like. Like it is something that is fracturing the Spider-Verse or whatever, right? So like that is going to be exciting to see. Like again, like Gwen says, like like we're supposed to be the good guys. Like what are you talking about? Like what are you doing that's making you feel like a bad guy? And like and even even Peter, yeah, even Peter saying, um, Miguel, this isn't what we agreed to. Yeah, I'm so curious what 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 it is that that makes our heroes fight each other. That's going to be really compelling. Um, yeah, I'm really, I, I really like the animation in this one. Obviously, I knew I would. I think the animation is so vibrant and so lively. Um, there's the Easter, there's all sorts of Easter eggs all over this trailer. When his mom snaps, it's the flag. Uh, that's the that's the sound effect. Uh, the onomatopoeia. Puerto Rican flag. The Puerto Rican flag. Yeah, that, that was really great. Um, uh, the 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 humor looks on par like, on par of the first. Like when he's like uh, he's got a B in Spanish, and his dad goes, Ooh. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, the spot looks great. I really like what they're doing with the spot. Um, uh, it would, please, when he's, please stop having a loaf of bread fall out of you. <laughs> when he, he's looks got like, the... he looks like a small scale Ava Angel. Oh, sure, yeah. like mm. his, the way his white body is reminds me of like the clumpy white body of Lilith before it takes really shape. Really, I'm like, really. oh, it's something. Oof. I love again. Like the spot was very much like like kind of like a known like a like a no name villain, but then. They're like, what? Wait, his powers are actually like insane. Like he has like a portal into like other dimensions in his body. Uh, people can really use that. So like over the last like Mark Wade really did a lot with him in in his Daredevil run from like a decade ago. But like the spot is so cool, and I love that like he's getting a big again a big a big. Hey, look, he's in a big ass movie. The spot. Who, who, it's like that's so cool. Yeah, I'm got I'm goddamn thrilled for this movie. I I can't wait. It looks great. Yeah. Spider Man. Everything about this trailer looks incredible. I love seeing all the other Spider Man. Mayday Parker. Um, I'm. So her yeah love her love peter and mj together uh yeah i'm i'm at least it's happening somewhere yep <laughs> i'm so unbelievably stoked for this movie oh yeah and finally indiana jones and the dial of destiny this looks mid woo 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 
Please allow me to introduce James. Jim. Wait, what's happening? <laughs> He's waiting for you to react <laughs> to what he said. That's James Mandel. Um, I didn't love this trailer. No, I don't love this trailer because of how it's cut. Woo! It's nothing to do with the content of the film. I don't like yeah. the I don't like the, the use of that song. I especially don't like that they keep it going behind the yeah, indie yeah. theme. It I was really, annoying yeah. the shit out of me too. Thank, thank you, because I was so sick of sympathy for the devil. I so when especially when the Indiana Jones theme play goes, okay, now you're done. Now you're done. The whole yeah. trailer. But the one, the only bit where I liked the sympathy for the devil was like when it first kicked off. I was like, I didn't really think about what time period we were in until you did this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that does make sense. I just yeah. wasn't thinking about it, and then I was like, please play sympathy for it's the, the devil. Yeah. I was, I was okay with it, and, and you guys know me. I love that song. I was okay with it for the very beginning. I was like, all right, can can you stop? Give me that indie thing. You're still going. You're you're done. Can, please, please. I'm just sitting there going, shut up. Just play the da 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 da. And I mean, I, they do. They do. But, yeah. Oh my god, Ryan. <laughs> that was interesting. The action looks fun. I'm. I think this movie is gonna roll so hard. Like I'm not like uh uh. You know, we got Mads. We got um Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like we got James Mangold. We got James the, Mangold killing it. The flashback sequences look incredible. Um, that young indie CG is fantastic. It does look yeah. good. Looks real good. Looks real good. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm like, like, like Sparks. Like, I'm not crazy about this trailer, but uh, what you're showing me, I'm here for. I think I love the idea of the Dial of Destiny as a, as a, as a MacGuffin. I love Mads Mikkelsen as an actor and as an Indiana Jones villain. He's perfect. Um, I really think Harrison Ford is delivering something that he's going to, that he's proud of. And you can tell. Um, I hope Antonio Banderas is in this movie a decent amount. He me too. Get a ton of it, but like we get a brief glimpse of him, and we and we get a line from the from the Super Bowl TV spot into this that I really love, which is Sala yelling "Give him hell, Indiana Jones," and I'm like, "Yeah, baby." Um, but I, I wish this was a better trailer, and I wish Sympathy for the Devil wasn't in it. However, I'm still incredibly excited for this trip for this movie. Me yeah, too. it is. It is really really cool that like. I'm not, yeah, again, like, I'm not worried this movie being bad. So, like, man, we're about to get a really good Indiana Jones movie. Uh, hell yeah. What do, do we think, do we think Marion is still in the picture? Absolutely. I, so. I yeah. don't think she'll be, like, a main character in the movie, but we will. I think we'll see her. We'll see her. They'll reference her of some capacity. Do you think they're still married? I hope no, so. No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to yeah. say yes. Because hmm. the, I mean, it could go either way with where we see him in. In the beginning, either he just fell asleep on the chair and marrying somewhere else, or he's kind of slobby now. I'm curious. I wonder if this probably being like the last Indiana Jones like re, like movie movie, they might they actually still might be married to have it be a nice fulfilling ending kind of thing, yeah. or like you know, so he does get a happy ending or whatever. I don't think they're like kill him or anything. So I that. would I would really like to, I would really like for them to acknowledge Marion and have them yeah. still be married. Um I'm I'm not sure we haven't heard anything about Karen Allen being in this movie. Yeah. Um so curious to see. And yeah, we'll see. That's that's it. Unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up? Nah who nah who Alright so let's go into our main topic. Let's go. Let's oh. go. Oh, it looks like <laughs> it, 
it looked like uh, Luigi had just a really long beard. Oh yeah, oops, <laughs> oops. There it is. Um, cool. So we are here to talk about the Super Mario Bros. movie, the latest movie from Illumination, directed by Aaron Horvath, Michael and Michael Jelenic, uh, with co with co directing credits on IMDb at least, going to Pierre Ludu, Ledu, and Fabian Polek. That's what the credits said. I did not see them credited on Wikipedia, but they are there on IMDb. So interesting. They are um, in the movie's credits because I saw them. They were co-directors. And they're written by Matthew Fogel. So let's get into it. I'm very curious, Ben. What did you think of this? I'm in the middle of like it and love it. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm in the middle. There, are, we will definitely get into it. There is a lot of things that I absolutely love what this film does. Does there's a lot of things I really don't like what this film does. Um, I still had fun in the theater. I felt like a little kid watching a Mario movie for the very first time uh, outside of 1993's Mario film. But as a moviegoer, as someone who has um, seen content and films of a beloved video game character from my childhood done very well this movie doesn't step it's it steps up in some areas but definitely falls down in a lot of others we will definitely get into it but all in all i still had a blast well then real quickly if you want in between the lines is that sonic the hedgehog 2 was better (laughs) uh i'm gonna real quickly i forgot to say spoilers full spoilers you've been warned always always Uh, always I know, but I gotta say it. Spar- you don't sit here for three hours, baby, or just jump in on our cinephiles not to hear some spoilers. It's my OCD. I have to say it. Oh, we forgot uh, to plug our D and D cinephiles, and and all the other cinephiles are up this week as well. Oh yeah, Shazam, John Wick chapter four, and and D and D are up, and John Wick chapter three, the audio archive. That's true. Oh. Uh, so you can check all those guys out. Um, Sparks or Ryan? I'll go because I was already talking. Uh, this movie looks visually incredible. Yep. R- Ryan. When I stole your line. <laughs> no, it, no, like when you when when a movie of this of this quality, it's either it's good or it's good. And for me is it's good. Um it's a good. It's a good. Uh I don't love it. I was I was honestly expecting to like it worse just because like I just I do not vibe with illumination whatsoever. And despite this still being an illumination movie, uh, the Mario-ness of it was able to distract a lot from me. And like this is a gorgeous movie. It looks good, sounds good. I had a lot of fun, but like there's just not a lot going on here. And I just I having seen other video game adaptations recently, I I wanted more. But like I'm not mad that I saw this movie. I had a good time. Right. Yeah. Um uh, I'm gonna get us ten thousand views. It's mid. Yeah, I did it. Now, I, honestly, there's really just nothing here for me. Um, I was very bored throughout this film. I oh. did not find it fun. I found it to be a slog, frankly. Um, it's just because it is just a movie filled with references, and there is nothing else to this movie. I don't get the references, so like, yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not the audience for this movie. Did you find it a visual treat at least, like <sighs> I... just in the animation? I do think the animation is very good. I've got positives here. I got positives on my. On no, my, I just wanted to talk about that here. specifically, real quick. Yeah, I did find it very visually, very vis- visually uh, 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 good. It's, it's a very pretty movie. Um, I think the animation is very good. I, th- I like the textures. I, I like everything about the animation. And honestly, I do vibe with the Illumination. I like a lot of their movies. Um, 
at least most of the ones I've seen, I haven't seen all of them, but like most of the ones I've seen, I've liked. This really just, it's not for me, honestly. It's just, there's just nothing here for me. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, to, to like really get into it, because I have been watching in, in preparation for going to, and also to t- kind of temper my expectations a little bit. I have been listening and watching some, making sure there were spoiler free reviews of this movie. So, I knew that the plot was not the best, but one of the best things I could say about this movie, I'm going to take from Gerard the Completionist, because he did a spoiler-free review on this, and he said the movie was very safe. And after seeing it, I completely see, yeah, this is a very safe movie. They They didn't do anything too wild. They didn't do anything too crazy. They did throw in a lot of references in there, and you can tell this is a, a very much illumination film. Well, can, can I take that one step further, Ben, and say that they didn't do anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You most certainly can. Um, yeah. Um, real, real quickly, Ben, um, I do want to ask, I do still have it uh, up. Do we want to bring up the bingo card? Oh, yeah, we didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, didn't get it. yeah we didn't get it. Do we? Yeah, bring it up real quick. I, I made right. it. Let's look at the yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. Um, okay, so if we moved, if, if we moved some things around, we could have gotten it because we get the main Yoshi, we get Diddy Kong, uh, we, the Invincibility Star, which was our our free space, but we didn't yeah. get Booze in the Mansion, and we didn't get a Legend of Zelda reference. We didn't get DK our, throws barrels. Our DK throwing barrels was in the wrong spot, and if we'd moved that and we'd moved Baby Mario and Baby Luigi, we could have had it. Um, Blue shell also, getting used. Princess in uh, another castle. Yeah. Um, Baby Mario. To be honest, yeah, I did. Like, uh, the the one I'm genuinely surprised wasn't in here is the Mario Death Whale. Yeah, same. I'm super shocked that of all of these that we missed, that one was missed. That that's nuts. And he got beat up a lot too. He did. did. Like the fact that like there was never a moment where he fell and went. There's a couple of underwater things. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. yeah we, we would count like the part where they were they were going down and Daisy like, Koopalings Mario is Mario doesn't use the fire, but yeah. like you know we missed yeah. no Wario, no Waluigi, no. I well, I'm assuming no 1993 movie reference because I, I didn't I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it either. No Bowser Junior, no Lakitu. I was also sh- surprised not to see Lakitu. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be. A sh- yeah. We saw every creature basically. Honestly, <laughs> the, the moment when yeah. he's doing like the the the, tr- the training thing with Peach and he falls all the way down, I expected Lakitu to come yeah. and grab him and bring him back up, but he just goes down a pipe and comes back up. Which 100%. I'm like, that makes sense too. Well, but like, that's when I thought Lakitu yeah. was gonna show up. Yeah. Well, well, technically, the Kitu is a uh, is a Bowser villain because he's the one in the in the original Mario game or Mario Brothers game. He's the one who's up in the cloud and throws the spinies at you. Yeah. So no, like when that. Bowser says whatever those things are, and the two spinies go, oh. I'm like, where's the key to? He's like, it's okay, buds. I love you, but he, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we, we we did pretty well, but we didn't get a bingo, unfortunately. You can close yeah. it, Brandon. Yeah. No bingo. Thank you for that. Um, ben, continue with your thoughts. Um, what were my thoughts? Crap. Uh, they didn't do anything. Um, yeah, they did. They, they didn't do anything. Um, when we were in the car ride home or back to um Sparks' house, because I saw it with Sparks and Ryan with my fiance Fanny. Ryan was Ryan said something that. He is 100% right. You don't go to a Mario game for the story. Mm-hmm. You go to a Mario game because it's a Mario game and you are in for a very fun and a very, and at times, challenging platforming adventure. It's cute. It's cuddly. It's fun. It just gives you that bright, um, fuzzy feeling. While there may be a story, I think 
if there is a story, the only the one Mario game that, or okay, excuse me, two, three, four Mario games are Sunshine, Galaxy One and Two, and Odyssey. Those are like the most story and excluding Mario RPG and the Paper Mario games, but like the main platforming Mario games that have a hardcore story that you follow from beginning to end are those four. But still. Ben, mostly... even then, even then, I don't give a shit about what's no, happening. You those don't. are some shallow I, stories. Yeah, Sunshine's yeah. Island, I don't know what's actually happening with the story of those characters. I'm just cleaning up an island having fun as Mario. That is exactly. a shallow-ass story. So, exactly. like, Mario is about the gameplay. They have yeah. story, but it is not, it's not, it's not Zelda or Metroid. Like, Mario oh, no. is for pure gameplay. Oh, no. Um, the point I was going to that is that I feel like if I, because I know I am going to watch this Mario movie again, I'm definitely going to own it on Blu-ray when it comes out. I go to it not because of the story. I go to it because of the character, because of the world they go into. And for – can I just get my biggest negative out of the way? Please. Yes. Get those fucking pop songs out of my goddamn Mario movie right the fuck now. Okay, yeah. so like – yeah, It's obviously, awful. Obviously, this is something we had to address because – um, I'd, I'd seen the discourse about it and looked into it because I didn't care about knowing about this part of aspect of the film before seeing it because um, Brian Tyler composed, frankly, an incredible score for this movie oh, yeah. that utilizes a lot of Mario themes and Donkey Kong themes and all kinds of video game pieces. And if you listen to the album, you can hear in the tracks where elements of it are supposed to exist that have now been replaced with pop songs in the film. It, to bring an example to the class, if I may, and honestly, this is the one that was most egregious to me. So, little backstory: I have been thirsty for this album, for the soundtrack, since it was even announced. I have been constantly checking this just so I could listen to the soundtrack because I just wanted to listen to how he was able to incorporate the the video game music into the film music. And I came across a song called "Driving Me Bananas." You want to know what? Where I was listening to this? I was at work, and dear God, I heard not only the opening to Donkey Kong Country, the da da na na na, but the theme song for the first level of the game. Oh, Two yeah. iconic tracks from that classic 16-bit, and the and it's supposed to play during the sequence where that um, gorilla in a spark coat is driving Peach, Mario, and Toad to cranky kong you know what i got instead a song i've heard 10 billion times <laughs> and on i me. did not need to and holy crap if that if there were those moments took me out of the movie so hard you know who kids one, love 80s music so mm. this is so yeah one real quickly i'm 100 in agreement because the pop songs were awful and distracting and none of them were used well but There's when one exception, and it's the only one that Brian Tyler did not compose a score to go in the place of, and it's um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. No, uh, no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah, no sleep till Brooklyn. Like when they're running through at the beginning in New York City on the platforming thing to go, and it's playing no sleep till Brooklyn. That is the only section where I think a song works. Um, but as soon as, soon as I, I heard I Need a Hero, I was, I was like, why are we? Yeah. Why is this here? Yeah. I, I because it's because it's illumination and that's how that's what they do. Uh, they pop songs. I, I, in, for the Mario movie, more specifically, like the songs that they chose are like thunderstruck. But I think the like, worst. What I think the worst part about this is like you know when this happens, you don't usually have the the release score have the music that should have been in those spaces instead. Mm -hmm. But people have gone to the score and 
noted like yeah this is what's supposed to be there instead of take on me yeah this is what's supposed to be there instead of thunderstruck and like these are not only like good score pieces these are things that are incorporating more music from the game yeah here's here's the thing that i want that i want to kind of rebuttal against with with ryan saying the this is illumination you're right illumination uses pop songs but oftentimes they have made they have written there are songs there that are written for the movie and so they are they are meant to be in that movie they are incorporated into that movie and when they're not i i believe they are better handled uh than what we've seen here what they have done here is just use what feel like temp tracks that they decided to keep in yeah yeah i agree with that yeah Sorry, I am just chomping at the bit here to no, it's the, continue it's the worst, on the music. It's, it's one of the worst things about it because every time like one of them pops up, it's just like, it's a groaning thing. And like, I would have felt that way if I hadn't known in advance that they were cutting out Brian Tyler's score to put those things in. But like, the fact that I know that there was really good score instead is just frustrating. So like- I, well, hold, hold up, Ryan, yeah. really quick. I just, I because I listened to this before I saw the movie. I heard the Donkey Kong songs. I heard Driving Me Bananas before I saw it. And I'm like, holy crap, they're actually putting music from Donkey Kong Country. I heard I discourse on Twitter spoiled the fact that I knew the DK rap was going to be in the movie. That's another complaint I have for later. So we'll put a pin in that. But oh my lord, just changing because the the main point I'm getting at is that the this movie one of my pauses for this movie is that it takes from almost all the mario games not Mm -hmm. just the main one and it wasn't just the classic one from 1985 it takes from everything we see dinosaur island we see the sand kingdom from odyssey we see bowser wearing his suit and peach in her wedding dress from odyssey we see all these great things and there is so much music to take from all those different games there are ha- there are bits of amazing tracks from the mario games in this movie and in the uh-huh. soundtrack but i really really want to be and I wish I was in the room or at least a fly on the wall to hear the conversation of, yeah, let's take on me a song that does not go with this bit whatsoever. And then take out all the, to the great... throat of the man that said that <laughs> pretty much. I'll take a fire flower to that man or that person. I don't care who it is because that was one of the dumbest decisions. And, and even though when you're a kid, when you're like, obviously this is a kid's movie, but they, if they go play the games, they will be like, "Hey, I heard that in the movie." Yeah, no, yeah. you're not gonna pop in Donkey Kong Country and hear "Take on Me" or "Aha." You're not gonna pop in um, Mario Kart and listen to Thunderstruck. It's just dumb. It's yeah. really bad. I was. I'll tell you what. The, the second that the movie opened and the Kill Bill theme song started playing, the dun 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 dun. I was and I I looked at Sparks and I was like, oh, I immediately got worried for the movie. Immediately, I'm like. Oh man, this movie is just gonna look good, isn't it? And luckily, it's not totally just that; it's mostly that. But like, the it, the music is so effing good in this movie. Like, it is so good. Like every time you hear a little like a like a do 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 boop boop boop, like they it, it goes so hard. But then it cuts to just pop song that you hear in every movie. I'm like, why why would you rather have this than great Mario music? Because again, this is a kids movie. This is for children. Children do not listen to ACDC. And in Aha's take on me, no, like they want to listen to the Mario soundtrack. Like, I, is that for the parents who are forcing their or who are bringing their kids with them? Like, I don't, I just don't know. Probably, um, I mean, the Mario Kart scene, like, we do hear music from Mario Kart when they're picking their carts. Oh, it's and awesome. I, yeah, it's great. But then they play Thunderstruck, and I was like, they, you know, there's like 
other great tracks from Mario Kart. I'm not saying throw in Coconut Ball. Listen Ball. to the album and you'll hear what Brian Tyler put in instead. And yeah, it's better. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like one of my, the biggest or one no, of it's the my, it's my number one too. It's my number one too, which is just like that. That's so egregious. And it's only so egregious to me because you already had good score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you decided to replace it. Uh, and Mag is in the chat right now talking about, I can agree there might be been issues using the songs that can, that we can't use or most of the songs from Rare slash uh, Grant Kirkhope. Grant Kirkhope being the gentleman who composed Donkey Kong Country. Here's the thing, Mag. They yeah. don't credit him properly. They just put DK Rap from Donkey Kong 64. He wrote that music. And, and um, Brian Tyler had complete appro- um, complete um blessings from nintendo like if you yeah, that means Spotify, that means that means they own it that means yeah, they own it outright yeah. that means they own it outright um they didn't use it and also they didn't 100 percent credit uh grant kirkhop who wrote the don who would set through he's scenes on twitter and, furious about it he's oh, like i'm gonna listen yeah. tomorrow movie. i can't wait to i can't wait to see my name in the credits and then literally his next week was i cannot effing believe that like yeah. i created that song and they didn't put give me credit like i am like Grant Kirkhope is a huge person in the video game industry. Like that is that's really shitty. That's incredibly shitty. Yeah. There's a petition going around having um to get Universal and Illumination to change the credits to give him the proper credit he petitions deserves. Don't petitions don't work, especially if that movie's gonna make a billion dollars by the end yeah. of the weekend. I got a positive. Still might do. Can we talk about can we talk about some positives? Uh I like the voice cast for the most part. I think the voice cast, even Chris mm-hmm. Pat himself, uh he's not like Again, he would not be my first choice, but I thought he was totally fine. He's serviceable. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is totally serviceable. She's fine. I really like Charlie Day. Jack Black. This movie would not be good without Jack Black, I honestly think. I think without that man saying peaches, 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 with peaches showing up in the background, like that murdered me harder than I could have expected. And I don't think (laughs) him being Bowser, I think I would dislike this movie more. I think he is like, he is like the thing that makes this movie awesome. Yeah. The, yeah, that's my that's one of my that's one of my notes. Love Bowser. Yeah. The biggest standout for me is obviously Jack Black. Um I still love Keegan Michael Key's toad. I think he does a really good job. He doesn't have a whole yeah. lot to do, but he I mean, even non-vocally, he has some funny moments like the Mario Kart scene where he pulls up in this giant monster truck escalator. I was like, that's funny. I like that. Um, but yeah, Jack every other review i've been here i've been looking at they've been saying jack black is a standout for this film and he 100 is just watching this and hearing jack black talk and all those scenes together like when comic comes up the wizard and jack black goes come here jam with me and they do that was so good and he's That's and, so good yeah that he, was so funny bowser doesn't have a whole lot oh, sorry sparks kevin michael richardson as kamek i didn't even know that was him He's so good. Yeah. He doesn't sound mm-hmm. like he usually does. I no. love him. Uh, he does a great Kamek. Um, what was it? To, to praise Jack Black even more. Um, Bowser, obviously, mainline modern games, Bowser doesn't talk. He just roars. Um, RPGs and other games, he does. He has written dialogue. But I, unfortunately, I haven't played those games. Um, the RPGs like Mario, Luigi, Superstar Saga, Paper Mario, and... Bowser's Inside Story? Yeah, I haven't played that one either. Uh, um, but Jack Black's performance just perfectly embodies Bowser. Um, I think the, for the most part, I agree with, but I agree with Ryan that the voice cast is good. I think they all they all deliver good good direct. They've been given good direction. They are delivering the lines well. Um, there's really no problem I have with the voice actors with 
as we're as we're as we're pontificating a lot, Jack Black is the standout. Yeah. Um, but what he does, he brings the menacing uh, the the menace that is Bowser, but also shows Bowser's sweet side because it's true he does want to marry Princess Peach. That's the whole reason why he keeps kidnapping her in the game. So he wants to marry her, and she keeps saying no. And when he doesn't get his way, he goes into the dragon monster uh, we all know and have big to jump Thanos on his head energy, here. big comics Thanos energy. Yeah, will marry me? Well, I just will kill a bunch of people. Maybe she'll like me then. I'll be sacrificing. Oh, you I, did like the, I did like the, I did like the, I did like the nihilistic star. I thought that was funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, um, Luna, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Um, Sweet release of that. It's I, just um, so sad. She's so sad when she's saved. Uh, uh, <laughs> my like like the biggest positive I have, probably besides Jack Black, are there are a couple of like one shot action scenes mm-hmm. that are either like two D, like they're doing the side scrolling levels, or it's the like near the end where it's just like him and Donkey Kong wreck and shop just going everywhere. Or the Mario Kart. Or the Mario Kart. Yeah, they're the action in this movie is insane. It is really, mm-hmm. really, really impressive. Um, and it just makes me so bummed out that like like everything else kind of just sucks because like the action uh, and the look and the feel it's and the visually music, a feast. It's even like, the fight between Mario and Donkey Kong. Yeah. I love it. I thought it was great. Like I was having so much fun. Like all, all the kinetic action of this movie is, is impeccable. I love it. It's just like when mm. everyone starts to slow down to talk, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think uh, for me, the standout is the rainbow road action sequence. I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I, I like, I really liked that. I thought that was really engaging and really fun, really uh, creative um i like that i like really everything they were doing with with that um and how they incorporate mario kart with like the drifting because that is the that is the like one game i play i put the most hours in is mario kart um with the drift yeah yeah um and so i'm so i'm like really so i i really like that sequence and I, I thought that was really good and then you said um the like the the two bit the the, the kind of like the two bit a uh, 2d uh side scrolling scrolling yeah yeah, that was pretty cool. But I also really like how they incorporated the um, power-ups. I thought that was a cool idea. Oh, yeah. That they were just oh, yeah. like, yeah, they are in these question mark boxes and you get them and you do the power-up. Or you mm-hmm. find them in a field. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah, I, I actually just, I kind of love how they just throw say, hey, there are power-ups here. This is what they do. Don't ask where they came from. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And also I was really surprised about the, I like we knew from the trailer we were getting the power-up mushroom and the Tanuki suit. Um, and the fire flower obviously but i also like the ones they threw in that like the mini mushroom from new super mario brothers which is the game of the ds you never have seen that mushroom out as far as i know outside the new super mario brothers games where's the ice flower from because i don't that's a that's a new too isn't it yeah that's also that's also in new super mario brothers or in uh smash brothers yeah it is in smash brothers you're right you're right you can be Um, tiny it's the second time that Chris Pratt has done an animated film where he voices a tiny role when he gets miniaturized, which, you know, that's not a huge deal. It's just weird. It happened twice. Lego? Onward. Onward. And Onward, he gets shrunk as well and has his tiny miniature voice. That's true. Right, right. He's got um, a good miniature voice. He does. Uh, it's Luigi. It's... I, I, I like Luigi in this movie. I think he unfortunately kind of gets sidetracked. And this, and I wish he sidelined. was sidelined. Thank yeah. you. Um, I wish he was a little more because it is a Super Mario Brothers movie, and like I know Mario is yeah. the guy, but like 
specifically like recent like luigi is like he's had a bunch of his own games like that dude's like just as important he is one of the brothers and i wish he wasn't just like oh i'm just gonna capture the rest of the movie like i kind of wish he was more involved yeah honestly that was another big complaint from a lot of reviewers and actually it's one of my complaints too that obviously it's the super mario bros movie but the brothers are separated i do like how you see the bond between mario and luigi especially the, the little cameo with baby mario and luigi i thought that was great and how they just how they stick by each other and how mario's like hey don't talk like when in spike in the beginning of the movie he says don't you talk crap about my brother okay um i like that but at the same time i wish there was more to their bond than them just being separated for the entirety of for 90 percent of the movie yes yes i agree i agree like the problem is that like this movie almost wants to walk up to the line of telling a character-based story and decides not to like that there's supposed to be something going on about the bond for mario and luigi who are kind of ostracized not only by all of new york city but by their own family yeah and then but that they have each other and then paralleling that with donkey kong and the way that his dad looks at him and like they they have that foundation there but they don't do anything with it they just they the, absolutely totally the moment in the, the eel concept of it yeah the, the, that you brought it up earlier too. right yeah where they're talking about yeah. their dad which is a funny joke one of the funniest jokes in the movie is like yeah my dad thinks i'm a joke too oh yeah well, your dad is right. <laughs> Busted me up. Yeah. But like, there was room there also for the potential to like have, a com- like have a bond. Actually, it's one of my problems is like that there's no bond form between Mario and Donkey Kong. Like they just start working together and then it's like, fine, whatever. The same like, kind of Princess Peach like, too, though, is for me a little bit like, well, oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my goodness. When we, because you brought up the Princess Peach thing, there's a moment at the end of the movie that, that floored me. I was so baffled by it because like, towards the end of the movie when peach goes back to the castle and she's like i didn't get the dk i didn't get the kong army and they're like oh and i lost mario (gasps) i was like the last time you saw this guy you all said who is that and she said don't worry about it not important important. (laughs) excuse me yeah the connections with characters are real floppy. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon, I was just. I'm thinking. sorry. Did you just call me Blandon? I did. I apologize. <laughs> he did. I did not mean to say that. I did not mean it. I apologize. Uh, oh, well, f you. I'm hey, it's sorry. your own fault for putting that in our heads with your Instagram restaurant review. That's <laughs> true. Anyways, Brandon, I'm so yes. glad you brought that up because actually when that happened, I was like, but they don't care who Mario. Only one toad in this entire Mushroom Kingdom knows who knows and cares about Mario, and he's on and the, the fact adventure. That, the fact that they're more upset at the loss of Mario than not getting the, D, the, the Kong army baffled me. Yeah, it's like actual character relationships being built in this film just is not important and and it's kind of insane like they don't need to fill these things in at all and i'm like you don't have to do a lot but do do something yeah like these characters should talk and have a relationship with each other like this is a fucking movie um Mm -hmm. anyway i do want to point out something that really bothers me about this being illumination um and what it is is that if if mario and luigi look the way they do and their family looks the way they do, then everybody else in the world should look like they look like the same kind of humans-esque as Mario and Luigi. And the fact that they all just look like other Illumination humans bothered the crap out of me. It bothered me in the baby Mario and baby Luigi. Oh, they're like tiny Italian like, people. And I'm a little, I'm a little like Illumination child that you would see in like Despicable Me or something. And it's like, okay, but a, a next to baby Mario and baby Luigi, this is jarring. 
um, or when they go to the to the plumbing house for the rich people and like they look like characters outside of Despicable Me. And then there's Mario and Luigi, and I'm like, this doesn't work. These characters don't work side by side together. These are two entirely different styles of animation. Um, Secret Life it, of Pets. It drove me nuts. Um, I'm glad that we didn't spend a ton of time with that. Um, and honestly, the movie, frankly, like baffled me with the decision to like take us back to Brooklyn at the For, end of the film, yes. especially because there was no cathartic purpose. For a it. movie that's an hour and a half, we spend the first 15 minutes of Brooklyn and then we come back for more 15 minutes in Brooklyn. I, what? I, I hate every scene in Brooklyn. The final scene, the, the opening scene, hate it all. I, I, mean, I, I like I like the action of yeah. what they do to fight Bowser, but I don't like that it's in Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, but like it, I don't like it because it's boring now. It's in Brooklyn. I don't care. I, also, I the again, like a MacGuffin is not not necessarily a problem in movies. You got to have a MacGuffin, but like having one of the regular power ups from Mario like become like the big MacGuffin of like this turns you. In, this is gonna make me like a, 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 a the, the biggest person in the world, and then just like Mario and Luigi get it and they beat up some goons and then it's over. And I'm like, yeah, was all that. The star seemed like we didn't need the star at all. Let's just let's just have Bowser marry Peach. We didn't need the star whatsoever. I don't think. I mean, the star. Also, real quick, sorry, real quick. Like the whole point of view is like, oh, we need to be confident in ourselves to, to you know to be our best person. But they use a power up that makes them invincible to beat the bad guy, not them actually themselves beating the bad guy. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know what message you're also trying to send here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much more, yeah. honestly. I'm, Yoshi. I'm, oh, you're gonna love you. Bring up the the Yoshi, the Yoshi thing that you'll okay. Uh, he'll so love. so Brandon, do you want to credit scene with Yoshi? I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, weirdly reminded you of 1998's Godzilla, didn't it? Yep, that's a weird. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird thing to put in this Mario movie. How did how did that Yoshi get to the real world too? That seems like an odd thing to have. Why to does it matter? It's there. Yeah. It, like, I why are we spending more time in the real world? Too? I can't believe that they like. It's just it's never important like to the characters. Not really that like they they are appreciated by their family. Like it, even in this context, like it's almost worse this way, right? Because like they go back there, their family appreciates them, and they're like, yeah, but we kind of like the mushroom game better. Bye. Um. Like. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh, I guess. I, yeah. I just it's so it's so when when senseless. the giant bull bill went through the 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 pipe, Brandon. Did you think that the portal was going to explode and they would be stuck in the Mushroom Kingdom? Yeah, yeah, that's what we thought. That's about. what I think the whole theater assumed. But no, it just just the portal's normal and they can just go back and forth when they want. I'm like, but the why? What will we? I don't why, care. Mario, why? I don't care. I I just I really. This is obviously this is not like the worst movie ever, but I'm like, man, I just the, we are we are in a good age of video game movies, and I'm like, man, this could have been more. This could have been more. This could have been the, more. The thing uh, about the thing about this being, look, you're right. It's not the worst video game movie ever made. There are far worse. Yeah. Um, but the problem is this one's bland. At least in my 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 opinion, this is bland. It's getting by on its visuals. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact and and sometimes we, we've said this before. Sometimes a bland movie is worse than a bad movie. It's true. No, yeah. Because there's just nothing at least a bad movie has a something. This has a react to it. Yeah. I yeah. think I think for you, Brandon, it lands particular lands particularly worse because you don't have a lot of association with the games. And yeah. if you have association with the games, it's at least like I said to I said to Ben and Ryan after that, like what I'm really looking forward to is having this movie at home and then stripping away uh the film's 
soundtrack and then putting in the Brian Tyler score where it's supposed to be all throughout and only having the visuals in the music. Like the last and Jedi like, cut. You will still get the entire story. And it's like, I can visually look on the screen and see, there it is. There's the movie. I know what's happening and listen to this incredible score. And I don't need anything else because those are the only things that matter in this it is, film. Because it, it bums me up because I... Outside of peaches. This this is like one of like this might be like the best looking movie of the year. Like this movie looks so good. It's just like what the people are saying and where they're going, what they're doing, I don't care about. And that is unfortunately a movie. This isn't a video game, it's a movie. Um, um no, and, you need to like you need to build these characters. You need to connect with these characters. It's one of yeah. those things that like I do not agree with the like anti-feminism stance on Peach and that kind of thing. I don't. However, I do think it's a problem that the film establishes right at the beginning that Peach is very competent and capable on her own and decides to, use this to random put her man. kingdom at risk to hang back for a whole day to see if Mario's got the stuff. Why doesn't she leave someone else to watch him while she goes to the Donkey Kong Country and she, he can catch up? She was already going to leave before Mario stopped her. So Makes she was no, to... no damn sense. Yeah. Zero. It is interesting to put Mario as like the normal guy when Peach is like the hero of the story, but you need to make Mario the hero of the story. Yeah. And I like, know. you can still let Mario be like a person who also shows that he can be competent and helps and ultimately saves the day. And that can happen. But like, there's no good reason for Peach, who's perfectly capable on her own, to have to wait there for a day to see if Mario can even measure up. That's true. She should be going to the Kongs. She and maybe she gets delayed there and then yeah. Mario shows up. But, like, that's a whole other thing. Peach can do shit on her own. I don't get why they decided to, like, make her hamstrung to, like, this person I just met, I gotta make sure that he can do the thing because he's gotta be the hero. And, like, Mario. what? Why? Why? Right. But, like... <laughs> You can't do both. No, I That's know. the thing. Like, I'm all for you want to make Peach able to do things. Peach should be able to do things. Yep. But you can't also then still write her like she's always second fiddle to Mario. That's true. You just can't. She she clearly can do independent actions. Dumb. Absolutely stupid. Um, but Sparks, she did the thing where she jumps and glides down on her dress. Super cute. Loved it. Great reference. Love it. Um, I also love when she uses the ice flower. I thought that was a really good that's a great action I'm really scene. glad that yeah. that happened because like everybody dies if Peach doesn't do that. And I think that's a great beat in the movie. And that's what I mean by like, that is a good bit of like allowing her to be competent and do something. But also Mario comes in and helps with Donkey Kong's help as well <laughs> to solve the situation because it's not just beating up Mario, <clears throat> saving everybody. It's, and then it's fighting Mar Bowser and all this kind of stuff. But like that particular beat at the beginning where she just decides like, yeah, I'm just going to hang back and like, see if this guy can like figure it out just because, and I'm like, what? That makes no sense. Yeah. That makes absolutely Even though no it was sense. again, uh, uh, the big, the big question block turning into a giant platforming uh, section. That that's cool. It's cool. Again, why are you wasting the visuals <laughs> are awesome. Nuts. Awesome. They're nuts. They look great. Bowser scales. Like he, like everything is so, you said the textures, Brandon, like, man, this movie looks so expensive. I want to see another only because visually I want to be in this world again because Word. it's cool. But also, there's video games. I can go play them. True. I get just as I, much story. I just wish this movie I just wish this movie if this movie wasn't so reference heavy and they even yeah. if it was a reference heavy, heavy but they did do the work to have characters and make them interesting beyond and beyond a reference level then there's a movie here for me, right? Like yeah. I'm not a Mario person, but a good movie is a good movie. I will, I will, I, I have, I have loved lots of video game movies where I never played the video game. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I'm so like, I'm 
I'm here because like, okay, show me what's so cool about Mario. But all you did was throw a bunch of references at me that I don't understand with no characters to back it up. And I don't give a shit. Here's the thing, Brandon. Unfortunately, this is everything that's cool about Mario. Like that's, but that's what those games are. Like again, like it's the visuals are doing what the games do. Yeah. And that's where you go to Mario games, but like a movie has to do more than that. Yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous to me that they couldn't see that all that is sitting right in front of them is that Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, and Donkey Kong are all people who are looking for connection family and are isolated for one reason or another in their own worlds. And the fact that they all just should have become a found family and that that was the point of the film. The fact that that is not what the movie does is so blindingly dumb to me. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's also really interesting because generally with these like big movies, there's like eight screenwriters. One person wrote this script, which is, surprising you think with nintendo and stuff there would be like 400 people to like iron clad it out one 12 year old wrote this script yeah here's what's more confusing about that about that so this guy has only one other screenplay credit to his name he helped develop the story for the lego movie and after that he wrote the script for minions the rise of Gru, which is the second minions movie and then he wrote this man i guess he's just I don't know, like an illumination guy that they got to do it, but I'm like, but he's I not because like... he doesn't have any other illumination credits outside of Minions. It's what what yeah. baffles me so much, and I'm sorry, whoa, I'm sorry, but like what baffles me so much about that is that like you have this opportunity to make a Mario movie. This is Nintendo's second big budget movie ever. Yeah, and they because they only they only did the one and said no more, and now you got it again. How did Nintendo not say you know what? Can we get some more writers in here? Maybe someone who's actually written the movie? Yeah. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. Like a lot of other people I've seen um in the the responses to this of just like, it's a kid's movie. Stop. Like, let it just be a dumb kid's movie. And yeah, I'm like, those person boots. Guys, like you can say that, but like we are well past the age of like kids movies, especially kids movies with this level of thought and budget and IP need to be this character. Bro, I watched Slumberland. Like, that made I'm me sorry. Cry. Come on, I'm we can sorry. do better. Like, you, you don't have to have a kid's movie that's this hollow. Like, it, it, it's just, that's a frail argument to me. Like, shut up. It doesn't matter that the fact that, like, yeah, the kids can shut up and enjoy it. This should be a movie that people should be able to love no Wherever matter the are. generation, and that they should be able to love for decades to come. And, like, that's the aim. Like, I don't, that's not a valid argument. Puss in Boots is a kid's movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it's it, look, and we've talked about like there are tiers of like who you're aiming at and how you're like there are ways to aim a a more child friendly, even more child friendly than like the the general Puss in Boots kind of style audience film to still do that in a way where you're not just precluding entirely like any further adult engagement or thought. Yeah. And like this movie needed that. Like it just needed to have it just needed to have a goddamn story at the heart of it for uh, these characters yeah. that's all and like it's it's nuts it's just nuts i'll tell you don't. yeah i'll tell you what, at, at the at the end and end of the day and the theater that we were at there was a lot of kids and those kids you know they were like five to ten years old they were having a blast yeah they were bouncing in their seats they were screaming they were yelling mario like i'm they they got a great experience because again like they it's easy to it's easy to entertain a kid let's make it visually significant and this movie is visually a splendor so like for the kids they do have a great mario movie i just wish this could have been like a pixar dreamworks quality movie where everybody can enjoy the mario movie that's all you know yeah yeah i have all right uh, oh. final thought no no mm-hmm. i was gonna say i have a, a few more positives and a negative oh um, please 
Uh, I'll get my negative. I'll get my negative out of the way. Um, I get this movie's only an hour and a half, but I do feel like there are times where the movie was going at a breakneck pace, and I was like, "Oh, damn, that was really quick." It's yeah, rushing. I mean, oh yeah, it's yeah, rushing. It is, it isn't, is rushing. It um, isn't interested in taking any time with these characters, so it no. can just it needs to just speed on to the next visually enticing thing. Yeah, like honestly, like Sparks, you were talking about how Peach was take, um, how Peach was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take a whole day." Um, to be fair, she does say I'll leave in the morning, but but I do get it. She's like, dude, you Bowser's coming. Get your ass over the Kongs right the F now. But Peach saying, okay, yeah, sure. Let's little, I'll I'll challenge you. It's like that felt too easy. It felt way too easy. And she was like, Really? I don't know. First of all, you barge in here. I don't know who you are. And you say you are it's like, I'm not gonna take you with me. You gotta show me that you can keep keep up. Or just something, just like more inner. I don't know if like more time would have helped, but I do know like more character development would have been nice. If they like, were thinking this... of character development, then yes, take more time. Yeah, like um, obviously Mario and Peach, more character development talking about where Mario's from and how he's been put down or the stuff with Kong. Real quickly, Ben, just to kind of um, inter- interject something. There's a sequence in this movie that talks about Peach's origin story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how she arrives in the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's and it's done, I believe, to explain why Peach is so fascinated by Mario because he's a human from not from this world. But honestly, mm, didn't need it. <laughs> it's weird. It's it weird. weird. I don't know why it's there. It, like I, it, that's the only time where I think they try to where they try to character development, to add some character development, but it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it's just weird. It's just a weird thing to do. I feel like that's Nintendo putting something in as like why Peach is in the Mushroom Kingdom where everyone else is toads and she's. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. they put that in there. I I I kind of agree they didn't need it. I mean, it'd be, it would because obviously because if she went through the same war pipe that Mario and everyone else did, it's like, dude, how did a baby get that deep in the sewer? <laughs> For yeah, that's a good well, point. I guess yeah. the implication would be that she came from a different world, right? Oh. Uh, or that, that a lot of universes, many galaxies. Does. They said mm. the word. Super galaxy. But <laughs> it's yeah, a uh, word galaxy. They said galaxies. Um should have put that on the bingo card. Yeah. Um, but for my the positive I am going to say, and this is really only a me positive. I mean, you guys were like Brandon, you were talking about all the references and everything. For a fan of Nintendo, this truly is a feast for the eyes. And I have to give credit to them because they didn't take the low-hanging fruits of the Nintendo franchises that you would think would be. The low-hanging fruit, I would honestly say, would be The Legend of Zelda. That's an other Nintendo property outside of Mario that when you say Nintendo, it's Mario, Zelda. Those are their biggest ones. Punch-Out Pizzeria, I loved that. Um, Mario's playing Kid Icarus on his NES at home. You never hear or see anything of Kid Icarus or of Pit outside of Smash Bros. in the modern day. Jump and the, and yeah, the original Mario um, Donkey Kong arcade cabinet was turned into Jumpman, which is what Mario was famously originally going to be called. Um, and not only that, there's a bar in Brooklyn that has the duck from Duck Hunt flying away. And you even have an ode to Nintendo's um, origins as a playing card company with the liking playing cards up on the side. As a fan of Nintendo, I will say they did their homework. I mean, you see, also you see Pauline. She's the um, the lady in the red. 
when she's being interviewed about the the flooding in Brooklyn. There are some great Easter eggs, great references, and hearing Cranky Kong yell, that includes you too, Diddy Kong, and you see Diddy Kong and Dixie Kong, even. He has bongos. Yeah, he's playing his bongos. It's like, man, this is just fantastic. Or even the, the wheels when they're making the carts, just like when they're trying to select how to build their carts, it's just like a Mario Kart 8. That's, yeah, that, that's and, really awesome. Yeah, but yeah. there's there's great video game references. Yeah. Like yeah, we can so, run through a very long list because there's yeah. a lot of them. So like I'm already bored, so please move on. All right. Um, I will say they did their homework. If you're a fan of the games, it's great. Mm-hmm. They did they did the, it's I would say that was a positive for me. It was great. Yeah, you're that. right. They did the bare minimum. <laughs> Sorry. No, they, no, yeah, no. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like that was the bare minimum they need to do in an animated mm-hmm. Mario movie is make all these references, right? Like of course they should have. That's what the were point. they not going to? Like you expect different from the Sonic movie because the Sonic movie is live action. So anything that you get that is an Easter egg or reference is truly like you had to go out of your way to do that. That's yeah. a treat. Like mm-hmm. this is animated. Of course they were going to have all these kinds of yeah. things. Wreck It Ralph has them, then they're going to be able to do it too. That's a good like. I hear what you're saying, and it's great for that. But like, even to me who understands a lot of these references is like, cool. Bare minimum level, guys. Bare minimum. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um. Again, like, I just go to Jack Black, and I love every time that, like, Mario is hanging out with Peach. Bowser's is like, oh, is he impressing her? Yeah. Like, I think I wanna, all that stuff is really funny. I want to go, go back to the to the referencing that Sparks was talking about, that Sparks and Ben were talking about. Because, because Ben, like, you, you were going through all these references, and it's really, um, look, man, I'm really happy that you get to see these things on the big screen. That's awesome. Like, hell, if Halo was just a reference machine, I think I probably would like it. However, it's just also a terrible script. Um this is like but you said the there's a girl with a red dress talking about flooding and i don't give a shit yeah i don't give a shit honestly i i don't mean to be harsh buddy but like you referencing it just made me bored i am now i am now bored out of my skull because you went through all those references I just wanted us to move past it because, like, it's there and it's good. It's good that they did it. Like, I don't want to yuck Ben's yum on that or anything. No, like, I don't mean to. Never... I don't mean to. I just want to. just want to be clear that I don't mean to to yuck your yum because, like I said, I'm really happy that they're there for you. I really am. It's just there's just nothing else here. No, no, I completely that, understand it. That just it, sucks. Oh no, yeah. I actually I completely agree because sorry, I do go on a I do go on a tangent or like because. I, I'm sorry. I like flexing my Nintendo knowledge. I apologize. No, it's okay. I get it. Um, um, ben, if I don't... wasn't, no, no, let me finish. Yeah, sorry. If I wasn't a big Nintendo fan, I'd be on Brand's boat. Yeah, hundred percent. If I if I did not study Nintendo as much as I have, completely agree. And my positive is like, hey, I I'm like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I get that. But that, that doesn't uh, necessarily I, I was, make a good movie, though. No, no, no. It, it doesn't make a good... I'm not saying it makes for a good movie. Yeah. I'm saying it for me as a fan, it's like, cool, I understand all this stuff. But yeah. um, if, the, if once again, because people have been saying this movie was made, and I hate the term, they keep saying this movie was made for the fans. It's like, yeah, but I still wanted more. Seeing mm-hmm. all these great nods to Nintendo history, while good, while that's a plus in my book, it is a very small plus. It doesn't make the movie for me. The story, I mean... I will agree. The visuals in Jack Black saved this movie, one hundred percent. And now I will go on my final thoughts. This movie is fine. I will give it a decently ish high score because I did have a fun time. But other than that, dear God, Illumination, do better. 
please, if you guys keep talking about how there's a NCU in the future, do better. Make give us a story. Put the work in. I mean, yes, putting in a few cool Easter eggs here and there ha- helps a tiny little bit, but does not make a good story. Here's here's I, just real quick, Ben. Here's the other thing. Like, this is not all just on Illumination. Nintendo had is very strict were, with their license, and they had to approve yeah, they are, yeah. Nintendo care a little bit more. Care yeah. a little bit more yeah. about the oh, yeah. adaptation of your character. I just want to bring up the movie that we watched last week, Dungeons and Dragons. That is a movie. That is an adaptation of a very heavy lore thing where all of us were, le- were at least Ben and I, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that spell, that location, right? That's also a good movie. That's not mm-hmm. that's not leaning just on references on your knowledge of, of the thing. That's again any comic book movie, any adaptation. Like you can't just rest on the laurels of of the thing. You have to actually tell the story too. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, uh, the Mara movie is is visual splendor, no no substance. Lots of sugar, lots of sugar in the soda. You know, not not a lot of vitamins, unfortunately. Sorry, Ben, you were in the midst of your final thoughts. I just wanted to comment on that and say, like, you no, know, Illumination is no. part of the problem, but Nintendo needs to care more. No, too. you're 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 a hundred percent right, and they do. Dear God, Nintendo is like all all around because sometimes they're like, oh yeah, we're we're free. It's like do whatever you want, and then their lawyers they sick their lawyers on the weirdest things. It is. Yeah, I've talked about this before. Nintendo, like, they take two steps forward and five steps steps back. It's bonkers. Yeah, but I won't deny I had fun. But they both, your Nintendo Illumination, need to do better. Um, I'll right now I'll give it a seven. The more I think about it, I'll probably give it a six or yeah. even lower down the line. But as of right yeah. now, it's a seven because I did have fun. I'm not gonna lie, I had fun. No, it's okay. I think that's that's totally valid, man. Um, I'll go next if that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I for Illumination films, I I still think that there's you know there visually this is incredible. Like, like, honestly, I, I'm, when I give my score in a moment, the visuals are a point and Brian Tyler's score is half a point. Like those two things are doing so much work for what makes me like the film. Yeah. Um, and there is enough association with Mario Brothers film that that works for me. Um, it, it's it's a big treat, like I said before, that I would just want to watch visually with that music and be like, cool, done. Great time. Um, there are some other like smaller things like the the use of the blue shell i thought was very clever that we yeah. didn't touch on like how he mm-hmm. turns himself into the blue shell and comes after them i thought that was very good um but those those kind of like really fun charged moments are few and far between um i thought the movie would be funnier if i'm being honest yeah um and like at least kudos to illumination for not doing a terrible fart joke in this movie so you know props them they're, they're growing um and I say that, and I'm like, I am not as down as Ryan on all Illumination films, but there is a good bit of their fare where I'm like, it's very, it's very shallow to me. Um, and this is another, this is maybe their most shallow uh, in terms of just like character and story, and like it's running on IP and visuals alone. Yeah. Um, so for me, it is also a seven Ben. Um, again, like a lot of that is because like visually, dynamically, in an animation sense, this is very, very fluid and cool to watch and like cool to see but there's just so little heart and character here it really drags it down yeah no i'm 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 on the same boat like i think the strength of everything else is so positive that this is like you know i i dropped the seven you know like it, it gets it is a passing score for me um not like super uh not super positive but like i think it is there is so much good in here um that 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 doesn't outweigh the bad but like 
again, I would rather look at something beautiful than like uh than not than not. I don't know, that's weird. Okay, okay. Ignore that. Strike that. Too that out of there. Sparks. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, it's a seven. Like, uh, I will definitely if this is on Paramount. Universal peacock. 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 If this is if I ever get peacock, like I'll put this on as on the background while I read a comic or something. Like it's awesome. Like it looks great, but like I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. To be honest, I'll just this movie made me buy a Mario game on sale. That's how excited I was for it. But like, oh man, I'll just I can just play the games. I could have just played the games this whole time instead of yeah. Now Frank, frankly, like even going back to like the visual stuff, like though I I wish that if they were going to be this shallow with the character development, then I wish there were like three or four more of those really incredible dynamic like one shot take kind of intent uh, action things that they were doing because I'm like at least those were really charged and awesome to look at. Yeah. Sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I... Well, let me just say I'm one of the things that I that I walked out of the, out of the theater thinking is I really hope. Ben loves this. Like it really, like it's 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 one of those things where it's clearly made with you in mind, and that's not a dig. And I understand I got a little heated mm. about the references, but it's not a, it's not it's not it was never about you. It was just me trying to say why they didn't work for me, and I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, but. There, I have seen video game adaptations where I've never played the game. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and there's stuff there for me. Arcane, mm-hmm. stuff there for me. I'm sure The Last of Us will be great. Uh, I've never 2. played the game. Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. 2, I really like. I've never played the games. Even the first one, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah I like the first one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Oh, I played I played Pokemon, Pokemon games, but like, you know, um, not in a long time, but like. Warcraft. I never play. I never played Warcraft. I I don't care about Warcraft. I really like that movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just, I am not as down on Illumination as anybody here. I really, I there's some of their movies that I actually really like. Um, this is bad, even for them. This is this is this is a this is a very surface level film. That if they have, if they, if, if it's Nintendo's fault, if it's Illumination's fault, who knows? This is, this is very bad. This is, uh, this is just not made for the general public in mind. This is made for the, the, the really little kids who like to look at things and the, and the Nintendo bros who want to, who wants to do the Leo meme. And that's fine. That's fine. If you want that, if you got that, that, and you like that, that's great. That's really great. Like, frankly, it's great to love things. Mm-hmm. But this it's just not for me. So I'll give it... Not to be too harsh, I'll give it a six. I was thinking a little lower, but I'll give it a six. Because the, the, the animation is there, and it's got some good music. I'll give it a six. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think... I, I think it, comparatively like i think we all are kind of like giving an extra like grade up because we're just like yeah but that animation's pretty good it, <laughs> no, it is it is stunning yeah. like it is like if there is a better spider verse comes out never mind say so if there's a better looking animator this year i'm like nope just kidding we got spider verse jk shit JK. but 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 like it is very impressive what it's yeah. doing visually with the animation of the film. This is the same thing that we said when we went back to the first trailers, but like that is, that is a lot of what this, our scores are riding on. And like, and again, like that's tough. Like like three or four of those action scenes don't have any cuts in them. They are just long, like minutes of action happening. I'm like, this is so impressive. 
I just wish I cared about everything else happening. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe that sequel, because again, like they got, they got, they got so much of it right. If you could just improve the, the script, we got a banger. We have a full ass banger on our hands, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right. Shall we do our book club? All right, Ryan, take it away. Hello, it is me, Ryan Eliopoulos, and I wanted to pick something somewhat related to video games. Uh, And we already read um, Die by Karen Gillan, Volume 1, so I didn't want to do that. We already read a couple. uh, We read, like, a Centipede. uh, So I, I, instead of going to something video game related, I went to to my wheelhouse, the X-Men. What can I do video game related that's about the X-Men? Not a lot, but... There is a uh, super villain named Arcade who uses video game shit and pinball shit to uh, fight the X-Men. And this is a book that, oh my God, I can't believe it came out in 2012. That makes, I hate that. I hate getting old, guys. Uh, I read the first issue of this nine years ago and I liked it, but I just didn't continue it because, you know, because things happen. Um, and it is Avengers Arena number one and it is written by uh, Dennis Hallam and the arts by Kev Walker. Um, with uh, other people included. Um, this is Hunger Games Battle Royale with a bunch of my favorite obscure characters. Very uh, directly Battle Royale. Very directly, yeah. Um, with a bunch of my favorite obscure Avengers Academy characters from um, post-Civil War, Dark Reign era. It's like uh, the Avengers Initiative, the 50-state initiative. Every state has an Avengers team. There's Avengers Academy being led by Taskmaster, training the new Legion of Avengers. I love this era of Marvel, uh, and I wanted to revisit this era. And um, I, I really like this book, and I like that I'm going to continue reading this book afterwards, y'all, just because, like, it is clearly one big self-contained story. It's, like, 17 issues of just one long story. 18. 18, thank you. Um, but, like, I was... I wasn't um, unsatisfied with the ending, but I could just tell, okay, this is a this is one long story. Not so like kids died. Not enough ki- not enough murder in my murder world. Um, but I I found myself really like also because I'm familiar with these kids and I know most of them are probably not for you. But like I I like these characters. I really like Arcade. This is such an upgrade to this character of who used to be just like I'm just a a shitty X Men villain who uses like pinball stuff. But like no, dude, they turned him into a hardcore like bad man. Uh, and I hate his vibe in the best way. Um, I love his white outfit. Um, I just, I this is a fun, you know, uh, Hunger Games battle battle royale with the X Men with some X Men characters and stuff. So I just wanted to get get your opinions on Avengers Arena. This book completely threw me for a loop because you get mm-hmm. the opening shot with a uh, ha- with um hazmat hazmat right yeah hazmat running from X twenty three and she gets gutted and I'm thinking okay we're probably it's everything's gonna be fine i mean she's sex twenty. she's gonna regenerate it's gonna be fine look at that face look at that evil face i love it look how evil she looks jesus christ the art is good the art is great um and i'm thinking oh yeah it's good like no one's they're gonna say like when our um arcade like throws them into the game in this game it's like yeah um i controlled your spines i put your address some of you were naked earlier you're not um obviously i have full control over you and i want you all to kill each other so you're gonna do this because i think oh no no one's really gonna die it's gonna be one of those that they band together and they revolt and when he killed metal i'm like oh yeah oh yeah that's what i knew I was in for a, a book for me. I was like, oh, we're we're starting like this? God, oh my God, I know that kid. You just killed a kid. Yeah, I thought like when Metal sacrifices himself, I'm like, okay, that's he's doing the honorable thing. He's probably going to get thrown into a prison. But the fact that he gets obliterated and I'm like, oh, oh dear God. Okay, this is real. Oh, here we go. Buckle up, buttercup. We're in the shit now. 
um, Red Hawk dying in like the first three pages of the next issue. <laughs> hey, just hey. Like... <laughs> oh boy, that was brutal. Final she got um, she got Chris, Chris Hemsworth in uh, in Cabin in the Woods. She hit the glass ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good um, pull. The Chris Hemsworth from Captain Yeah, Lawrence. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. This book definitely was not what I thought. People do die in this book, and I was afraid for a lot of these characters. Good. I was scared. Awesome. I was like, <laughs> "Don't die, please, don't die." But and like when we get to um, the kid from Runaways with the the magic girl, I forget Chase, his name. Chase, Chase, Nico. Nico. Chase oh, yeah. Runaways, love the Runaways. When um he gets the armor, I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, yeah, you have something to protect yourself. But then I was like, oh no, but the other guy though, shit, Dark Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's like yeah. there's there's some really good like visceral art. I love here. these these type of promo uh, fights. Like you know, this person versus this person. You know, Friday night, eight p.m. Ring, ring the bell, Apollo. Ding ding. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Which what do you think about this one, uh, Mister McClure? I really enjoyed this. Um, I. I'm familiar with some of these characters from my from my own just sparse readings of of like uh, a good Marvel. half for me. What? Like a good half for me. I'm familiar with. I was. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah for, for me, me too. for me as well. Like about half I knew and half I didn't. Yeah, I am, um, and um, I so 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 going into that, and I think it does a good job of catching you up of what of what of who certain characters are. Like if you don't know who they are, you get enough in this first volume to uh, care about them all along their journey. Um, yeah, I I really dug this. I thought this was really good. I I I am glad it was six issues instead of the the standard five for yeah. for many trades uh, that Marvel puts out. Um, but oh, it was six. Shit. Oh yeah, five. it was six. Uh, I read five. Yeah, I, it's six. Uh, damn it. The one, time, uh, the one time I don't check, son of a bitch. Oh, uh, then the final page is a barn burner because more murder happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time, big time page. It's <laughs> when it's when like to, to arcade it is when the action really kicks off uh, because now one of the kids has directly like full blown killed one of the others. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, re- I really dug this. I, I, I wish I wish I wish I could have read more. Uh, because I liked where it ended, and I yep. and it kept me wanting to go back. Uh, but yeah, really dug it. Yeah, I'm I'm also kind of interested in reading the rest of it as well. Um, because n- now I'm steeped enough in it that I'm like, well, I kind of just want to see this all the way through. And it's only 18 um, issues, so it's not that yeah. bad. But um, I I think that th- they do a pretty good job. I think issue by issue of giving you like some flavored bl- backstory on characters and like what what we're doing and, yeah. and where they're coming from. Deathlock, um, Deathlock, it. I yeah. love. I, I, I. Deathlock is such a fun, a fun, silly character, and to have it be like a lady version, but like Deathlock, it. I'm like, I think that was that was really clever and fun. I like that. Um, we got a Bloodstone here. Yeah, you guys get to meet uh, uh, Elsa's little brother, Colin, the little asshole. Love it. We um, um uh, blood, uh, uh, death, death, Deathlock, it. Um, I almost said Deathstroke, it. <laughs> death um, it. Uh, um is really is really fun is really interesting character because when she first meets um the girl who can fly the boy the girlfriend oh oh, girl. oh, oh oh yeah yeah um uh, um i forgot her name yeah but she but but when she says you know and i can convince I don't know, i'm good i'm good at convincing people of things so i was like oh that's your power that's yeah. not the, no. That the, you're 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 saying your power is flight, but your power is that you can convince people to do anything. Right. Um, 
so I clocked the uh, the Deathlock at reveal pretty early. Yeah. Um, I just found a cut on the bottom of my foot. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, I like that Deathlock basically has the, the cyborg origin where, like, she was, like, a, an assassin went back in time to kill her father, which ended up hurting her, and then the father used the cyborg stuff to save his daughter. It's, like, just Skynet nonsense happening. Uh, uh, I really like it. Um, again, like like you said, like, every issue gives you backstory of the character that the issue is focusing on. I love when comics do that. It's just a really easy way to, you know, uh, here's your focus character, well, here's their backstory. And I like the art style that they choose for it, um, that, you know, it's a little different from what you're getting in the in the main pieces, especially, like, when we're doing um, Kami? Kami? Kami, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kami's a, a backstory with Abigail Brand and Sword. Yeah! And I thought that was really good. Um, that was a particular standout where I thought that looked really great. I love the way that they draw X-23 here. Uh, the trigger scent is something from her past where, like, it is a it is literally a smell, a pheromone, to where to, to make her like you put the pheromone on someone and she will hunt that person and kill them until they're dead uh and the second she says trigger sent i'm like oh dude these guys are not gonna make it oh no they have to get out of here because she is savage uh i just love i love the slow build-up where again because like so much more could have happened in these six issues but i think they had they knew they had enough leeway and runway where they can tell a longer long form story so like like the when the murders do happen it feels impactful it does. Like, and again, like that visceral art really helps with it, especially like around the transformation and the attack stuff with Deathhawk. Um, I think all that looks really good. When, uh, when Braddock... Thing... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just to, just to that point, when Braddock is killed, yeah, spoilers yeah. Ben, I guess. Um, and kid, kid Britain I, gets decapitated by the caveman man. No, I, I saw... That's a really... Yeah. That's a really effective kill because you see it. You do start to put the pieces together around that point because um, if his they keep reminding you his powers are are based in and his um, his confidence. confidence and he doesn't have any and we see that confidence wane throughout the throughout the arc um, and the, and then when it, that finally lead, leads into that it's it's such an effective it's such an effective kill. One of the the things that I really like about this comic is every character. Uh, it's gonna be hard to see. By the way, every character has a little health bar. Yeah, I like and that too. so it's not just when they're hurt physically. At it's the end of one emotional. of these issues, like uh, Kid Britain uh, is talking to his like lady friend, his girlfriend, and she like she whips him down, yeah. and he loses a health bar. What what would <laughs> we call that then? What? What would we call that? He was emotionally hurt. Damaged. So, yeah. Damage. I was trying to set you up because you love emotional damage. Emotional damage. Oh, um, the the meme. Yeah, I was trying to set that up. Um, I I one of my favorite things about it is like going into it. I assumed that all of the our our characters knew each other, like they were all pulled from the same place. But I actually like that they all have their own like little pockets of familiar familiarity. And then it's far more like I've heard of you but I don't know you, all this kind of stuff. So there's like more distrust at the beginning than, yeah. than I thought there would be. Uh, I, I love Arcade's reasoning of like, uh, why you? I don't know. Bad luck, fate, Wolverine school having better security. <laughs> and this is the time when Scott and Wolverine have rival schools. Uh, I think Arcade, like I've read a lot of Arcade where he's kind of just like a shitty bad guy. This is, He's really menacing here. Yeah. I think he is like, he is, uh, he's like, like a, I don't know what villain I would like, describe him as but like he's taking on such a bigger a bigger role as just like no i'm i'm sick in the head i like watching people die ain't that crazy and i'm like yes arcade it is i do like the the lines like i got the idea from a movie yeah 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 um uh really great um 
uh, I think this is a great a great starting uh, volume. And I again, like it only being 18 issues, two more volumes, six, 12, 18, two more volumes. Um, I'm definitely definitely gonna read more of it because like a lot of these characters are like around in modern day because like this is pre Secret Wars, so like none of this is like legends basically now, right? Like I can't, a lot I can't of wait to see. <laughs> A lot of them have come back. Uh, Mac yeah. has a comment about the book club. Very rare do, do people comment on the book club. Uh, <gasps> Thanks, Meg. Yeah, Meg. Uh, felt bad for Hazmat since she felt more close to Metal, who was immune to her radiation. <sighs> great comment. And that is a great, again, that is why that first kill is so impactful, because Metal's a cool dude. Um, I love, oh, man, uh, yeah, Red Wing or Red Raven just, just immediately dies. Like, I love I love the stakes that, like, everyone feels like everyone's at, everyone can go at any time. Uh, right. Reptile, the dude, the kid turns into dinosaurs. That dude gets charred up. I'm like, did they just yeah. kill the, rep the the dinosaur kid this fast? Yeah. Oh no! I do like that a lot. I will respond to Mag's thing and say like, I felt bad for Hazmat until Hazmat gets to the point where they burn the tree with the fruit, and I'm like, oh Hazmat, you're so done. <sighs> you're so done. <laughs> that made me so mad. I'm like, I know you're mad, but come on, that's your food. Oh, again, Nico, like, uh, being a runaway, like she has such a cool. Uh, magical power set where like she has the staff of one where she can only cast one spell she can only cast a spell once and she can say it she and she can say it in however many different ways she can but she can only do it once uh and like all right magical tree that can feed us because we're trapped in a murder world i did it you burned it down i cannot do that again that was the one time i could do that you have killed us thank you hasbat uh just good drama love love the use of all all the characters um uh, bring up the runaways like I, I love chase talking about like yeah like my parents were super villains and i'm here like i don't even know what i'm doing like i'm, I'm worthless like i love talks I love about all stuff. talks about the death of the other runaway characters that i yeah. had prior to this yeah yeah and gert yeah gert who uh, was the owner of the dinosaur old lace yeah um again it's reading this from like from almost a decade ago um it's just i love being back in this era uh with all these characters that's really I, for sure i think what's cool about this book is that it gives you an, enough context for you to care about these characters but also um allows them to act believable in the situation what would superpowered kids in this situation act like and we see how they would how how throughout the days go on they get more distrustful and more distrustful and because they have superpowers a lot more volatile than normal than than uh, than like you or i being stuck in the situation absolutely because like yeah like two teenagers who are in, who are like are in oz like they, they will they will throw a punch but what happens when that punch is like radioactive material that will yeah. melt your body like they will still throw that punch, not thinking about it. Um, and that's again, that's what's exciting about following teenage superheroes, because like it's so, it is so volatile. That's why Civil War happened. <laughs> Nitro. Um. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. I. I. Um. I'm glad. I. I. I'm glad I. I dove back into this. I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Uh. I'll probably once I'm. I could probably work my way, work it in with Thrawn stuff. You know, I'm doing a lot of Star Wars reading, but uh, I love this. I thought this was fantastic. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it too. Um, um, it's my book club next week. However, I'm going to be off next week, so mm -hmm. so we'll um, skip next week. We're gonna skip, yeah, yeah. So we'll skip next week, and I'll I'll uh, I'll post what on social media what I pick. I have an idea, but I'm not sure if I want to do it just yet. But we'll see. We shall see. Um, all right, so yeah, so next week, as I said, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be off, but you guys are going to be reviewing Renfield. Oh, Renfield. that's next week. Um, so check that out. Stay tuned for that. Oh yeah. Thank you everyone for watching or listening or being in the chat or whatever's. Um, make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Please do that. That helps us a lot. Liking and subscribing, just liking even if you don't want to subscribe, why not? Uh, but just like it, of course. 
of course you can check out other shows uh that we put out um my new my my show conversation is returning for a second season soon um april 19th is what is is what i'm as the date i'm hoping to hit um I see no reason why i can't at this point so on track um that uh the, that's only audio so check that out but of course there's plenty of other video sh- video shows that you can video and audio shows that you can check out on this channel check out fakeness watch there are two fakeness watch series going on right now star trek picard season three and the mandalorian season three um uh, both of both of those will have new episodes uh, coming up um as well as there's an episode in the description below there's also of course basement arcade uh, Basement Arcade is our is our video game Let's Play series. This Basement Arcade Pause Menu, uh, which just had two new episodes released. Ben, if you want to say a little bit about a little bit about that, yes. So the first episode I want to talk about, I just sat down with musician Jerry Trevino. He has made some really cool uh, covers of Sonic music that are, and other video game music that are up on his YouTube channel and on Spotify and Apple Music. So go ahead and give those a listen. And also myself, uh, Sparks and Ryan sat down and we did our quarterly, which came out right around the end of the first quarter. So we got to talk about video games and news and a whole bunch of other stuff that um, that happened in the first part of the year. So definitely go check that out. It's worth your. It's definitely a fun time. Very cool. Uh, of course, there's also Fickner Book Club and Animation Station and our new show, our brand new show, The Real Score. Once again, that uh, sh- that show is up now. First episode of The Batman, where Sparks, myself, Jeremy, a uh, friend of the show, Jeremy, frequent collaborator, talk about The Batman Score. A new episode will be coming uh, relatively soon, uh, so stay tuned. And of course, uh, subscribe to the audio channel that is down that is linked down below. Uh, you can check out our Patreon and our Tee Public if you want to support us financially. Uh, it would be a big help for us. Um, those are linked below and on our website at, um, uh, at fakenerpodcast.com, which is also linked below. But, you know, fakenerpodcast.com is the home for everything, all of our shows, all of our uh, everything that we do. You can find it on that website. Um, very meticulous about that. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the, the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the replay. Thank you so much, Grayson and Mag, for being in the chat. Mag says, take care, gang. Catch you later. And Grayson says, thanks so much, guys. I'll check out the first hour later. Have a great night and weekend. You too, Thank sir. You. Thank you. Um, both of you, both of you, gentlemen, take care. Um, Jeremy Bellucci, uh, new co-host for The Real Score. You can check out his, uh, you can check out his stuff at Jeremy Bellucci underscore wreck of time um on instagram um and you can check out his podcast suburban proctologist which he, he does he talk about it on the show or after the show maybe after the show um but on the real score didn't he talk a little bit about suburban proctologist yeah so on far? the next episode he mentioned it yeah. just a little yeah well you know hey so that's still alive suburban proctologist official or instagram at subproc podcast honestly if you haven't checked it out please do it's very funny um Check out Mike Batola. Mike Batola did a couple of our logos for us, has collaborated with us on many things. A uh, wonderful person who does line by line posters. Please check him out at Mike Batola on Instagram and Twitter. Nope, on Instagram and TikTok. We love that guy. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com. An Illumination article is up there if you want to see where Super Mario Bros. ranks among all the Illumination films. Um, atomicgeekdom.com my latest article on Willow is up there right now in the description below and kaijuramanmedia.com uh, check out all those Ben 
You could find me playing some better Mario content at BenMagna27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You could also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com, as well as playing Mary Frankenstein in D and Dark. Sparks. Uh, you can find me just waiting for that new visit to Transylvania at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. That's a Renfield joke. <laughs> Ryan. Um, you could find me hanging out with uh insane dark Jedi Joris Sailbath and the uh the Spartai cloning cylinders on Mount, Mount Pantus and Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn at DJ Tony Snark 616 everywhere. Y'all, Star Wars is pretty cool. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. And until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs> <laughs>